Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome. On this week 13 kickoff, Coach Shaven Thursday, November 30th, 2023, the program starts now. What will be happening tonight in a big way. The Cowboys favored by nine and a half at home against the Seattle Seahawks. We'll have Kirk Herbstreit, who'll be on the call, joining us in the third hour. He's all, he's going to up his ass right now about the college football playoffs. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait to talk to him about that and about the game tonight, who might be a good one on primetime here. Yep. Yeah. Monday Night Football is 13 and one to the under. Okay, bad football, bad football, bad football, bad football, good defensive football. Tonight might be a night with the way the Dallas Cowboys have played. They might crack the over by themselves. They are favored by nine and a half against a Seattle Seahawks team that obviously coming into the year after how they performed last year had high hopes and high expectations. Still above 500. Can it still make a run at this entire thing? But they got their asses beat on Thanksgiving night by the San Francisco 49ers. How did Gino and the boys respond? And can Dak, Micah, Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn and everybody down there with a star on their helmet continue to just dominate in boat race teams like they have the last three weeks. We're excited for this evening. The toxic table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Ty, see you wearing that Iowa wrestling hoodie trying to get a little championship mojo. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I just figured, you know, hey, Thursday, we're only a couple days away. I got to break out the big guns. You know, got to break out the big guns. I mean, you see the banner right there. I don't know if a lot of people ever see it, but it shows all of uh, Iowa's national championships on there. There's quite a few. That's quite a long list. Wrestling uh, national championships. Wrestling national championships. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they recently, you know, beat Iowa State for the 19th year in a row in the uh, the Cyhawks series. So I just said, wow. all the good juju that Iowa wrestling brings, I mean, that's a they have championship medal. They're a championship program. By osmosis. The football team's going to need some of that this week. Are the wrestling boys traveling to Indianapolis to watch that football team? This My week? guess would be no. They probably have a dual meet coming up. Uh, they're they're going to. Are we in wrestling season right now? Yes, we are. Okay. Yes, we wow. are. Yes, Which we are. one of them are going to go on to become stars at WWE? All of them? Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is may- maybe, but uh, the, like the really good ones, we're we're trying to go win a gold medal first, and then oh, we'll, of course, and, and then we'll worry about the WWE. Is there any that. pizzazz on the Iowa wrestling team? A lot of pizzazz. A oh, lot yeah? of pizzazz. Actually, okay. the uh, the Iowa Iowa State meet was on ESPN two on uh, Saturday, not too long ago. It is a sight to behold. If you've never you know been to a wrestling meet or watched one, that's one to check out. But I just figured, hey. These boys are champions. We got some other boys coming into Indy who want to be champions. So it was time. It was time. Those wrestling dudes are different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Hey, big, massive respect to the uh, the wrestlers. Had a couple friends of mine that were wrestlers, and they were just different. Yes. You know, like mm-hmm. The mindset's different. Whenever you're a kid and your face is just getting rubbed into a mat, and then they tell you to just go run and run and run yeah. and come back, it's a physical toughness. It's a mental toughness. It's a commitment to discipline that I was not able to ever pull off. But a man who's joining us on the stage right now was a high school wrestler. Oh, yeah. An absolute dog <laughs> on the mat. Didn't care if there was ringworm. Give it to me, he said. Mm. He would go on to play football in college at the beautiful Wyoming, and then he would be a football coach for 36 years. 18 in college, 18 in the NFL. Every Thursday, we're lucky that he joins us. Former head coach of a team that I was on, and a man who's 8-2-1 against the spread on Thursday Night Football Picks, Paisano Chuck Bagal. Coach, good to see you. That wrestling mindset is a different one. I have nothing but respect for all the wrestlers out there. Uh, Yeah, unbelievable. You know, Dan Gable was a a hero of all of us wrestlers growing up. I mean, that guy. You guys know Call Flyer. What you wear the you wore the things, headgear. Oh yeah, you wore the headgear. Yeah, 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 just to avoid that. Yeah, Yeah. But how about all the things that you mentioned and put sweats on and then put a rubber suit on and don't eat anything and get in the sauna for like three hours. 
Lot that of, would go over well today, wouldn't it? High school kids. Like, I mean, come on. Hey, what, am I, what yeah. am I doing? Oh, I got soccer practice today. Oh, it's going to be so much running. And then as I'm going to my soccer practice, I see guys in garbage bags on the side <laughs> yeah. of the road yep. and just spitting out there. I'm oh, like, starving. This is your life? Yeah. I have to wait to see what I do. Trying to win a state championship. I wait to see what I do. Like, nothing but respect for the wrestling uh, community. And also, if you end up at the wrestling house, you know, at the end of a party night, they're not done. Those, no. The mental toughness that they have for conditioning and cardio mm-hmm. also goes into the stamina in which they party. Never want to be the one that isn't a wrestler around all wrestlers whenever the party gets going, because then you are the target, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been there a couple of different times, both at a professional level of <laughs> wrestling ah, yep. and then also college and high school. Great group of dudes. Next day, always terrible. Oh, yeah. Always terrible. Brutal. Oh, yeah. So shout out to the Iowa wrestling team. Shout out. Quite a dominant performance out there. Is Gable Stevenson going back for another? year in Minnesota? I don't know. I think he has another year of eligibility. I don't know what happened with him in the WWE. There actually was rumors that he might take you know, a, a graduate year and come to the Hawks wow. and win, a, win another national championship See, with he has the Hawks. Some, he does his backflip. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What did happen with WWE? I have no idea. Me neither. He kind of he he showed up and he was supposed to be kind of you know the big baby face getting a push and then for whatever reason I don't think the crowd they were kind of booing him and just kind of weren't really? fi- weren't feeling it from anyway, the get go. That WWE universe will decide real quick. <laughs> yes, yes, they will. Yeah. That is a business where the crowd will let you know. Yeah. Hopefully he comes back and hopefully Iowa football is able to do what the Iowa wrestling team has been able to do. I mean, it started in '75, this dominant run. Oh yeah, crushing all the way through 2021. What mm-hmm. a bunch of years on that pennant down there. That's right, just win, baby. Hell yeah! And hopefully, Kirk Ferentz is able to kind of summon the power of the Iowa wrestling team to get a big time dub. Is there 23 and a half point dogs this weekend in a championship game mm-hmm. right here in Indianapolis against Michigan? And the more I thought about it, the more I dove into the film. Okay. Because I'm doing a lot of Big Ten talking this weekend on game day. Absolutely. Okay? I love it. So that means everybody knows how I operate. I'm always like saying this is going to be all. I, I will find a way to find myself in a position of thinking something's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a 23 and a half point spread, it's like if I have to talk about it, I'm going to be at it. Yep. Or 21 and a half, I'm sorry. And I'm going to be at it and I'm going to be doing it. Like, let's look for some positives here. You know, Iowa can pit them deep. That's right. That's right I was defense is stingy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're stingy. Mm-hmm. Now, Penn State just. They did. They did. Which Michigan has the capability of doing. Absolutely. But fans knows that with the boys. He knows. And again, we've talked about it. Okay. Lucas Oil, Canick South. All right. That we, we East? Yeah, it's technically not South, but, but it's just, you know, that's that's kind of the way you that's kind of the way you do that. But, you know, we ain't playing in Happy Valley. All right. We're not playing in Ann Arbor. This Again, this is basically a home game, okay? And the boys will be ready to go. 20, 23 and a half is what it started at. 21 and a half, got a little Iowa money coming in. Ooh, the boys, that feels like a lot of points for an Iowa Hawkeyes football team. So I many. agree. You know, they are making it, they'll make it ugly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And normally it'll be close. With that being said, though, Harbaugh's back on the sideline. For sure. And everything that this Michigan team's been through after that big one, what's still ahead of them, mm-hmm. what happened last year to them. Mm-hmm. There's a chance they boat race you guys, too. I, I am very torn because I watch one play and I'm like, a pretty gap sound defense. You know, maybe Blake isn't able just to run all over them. And then I'll see another play, and I'm like, ooh, Blake Corham probably runs for about 60, 70 yards right there. It doesn't matter if Tory Taylor pins him at the one. Nope. I think that's just more yards for Blake Corham <laughs> yeah. to potentially get. And then you see another film, and it's like, Tory Taylor's pinning him again. This dude's 6'4", 230, by the way. How? This punter for Iowa. Big some bitch. He is potentially the first punter in the history of Power Five to maybe be a team's MVP numerous games, numerous seasons. I can't wait to watch him one last time do it for the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
But it's going to be him and that defense. Yep. And that is literally the conversation. Can they keep it low and ugly enough that their defense can score against Michigan? You're summoning the power of the wrestling team. Hopefully they'll be able to do it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, every once in a while, you get a little treat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure, or, yeah. You get a little treat. Something that just happens that brings joy to everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Today, on this particular Thursday, November 30th, it's the return of a man that we lost for a few days. Mm-hmm. He's telling me he was a little sick. Yep, that's right. He's a little under the weather. Yep. And he said, I don't want to bring any of the boys down, so I'm going to stay away. Smart. Today he is back. Ladies and gentlemen, one half of the Hammer Dad Cowboys, Tone Diggs. Back, 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 Absolute pleasure to be back. Yeah, I had a had a little tummy thing, you know, both ends. Maybe a little upper respiratory thing going on too. Uh, a lot of people, maybe even some people in here, said that I sold my health to the football god, so that Ohio would have a terrible football weekend. I don't know what it was. I was. A little I under- do appreciate the fact that we found out that you were not going to be at work on Monday because you felt so ill mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we check X, mm-hmm. and you're just out there firing things off. Living. I appreciate that in your weakest moment, yep. in a moment in which you said, I'm not going to be able to go to work tomorrow, you said, I still got to let this thing out there. Cincinnati with an L, Cleveland with an L, Ohio State with an L. Right. You were certainly celebrating that, but you felt terrible through it all, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I did feel terrible through it all, but Cincy and Cleveland, they lose all the time. But when you package that with an Ohio State loss... Since he was in the Super Bowl just two years ago. Come on, Tone. The stars aligned, and I don't care if I was on my deathbed, okay? I don't care if it was my Which you did sound like. You sound different now. You still still sound like you're coming out of it. But when we chatted on Sunday, thought you were potentially on deathbed. Happy you weren't, by the way. I I appreciate that. Whatever it was, got through it. But it's, it's a pleasure to be back with you boys. I miss you guys a ton. We see the cowboy hat still on. You see that, boys? Oh, yeah. We didn't know. Last time he missed an extended period of time, it was during that uh, that one particular sickness thing that was yeah, happening. Correct. Yeah, That yeah. bowl. Do you remember the... Uh, SARS? The, the, no. The bat thing. SARS-2. Swine flu? No. It wasn't swine. Swine flu was crazy. Malaria? COVID. Ah. Well, it was COVID. It was just sure. a couple years ago. Sure. Do you what's, remember that? What's 19. That? It was uh, it, told, it was bad. The it, hell is it COVID? Was bad. It did a lot. Anyways, Tone missed like a week with COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came back wearing a cowboy hat because uh-huh. he watched Yellowstone. Yep. And he became Kevin Costner. Correct. And then he also became like the greatest sports gambler on earth because all he did was gamble and watch Yellowstone. Yep. Sleep and then have food delivered to him by his wife. Yes. Because he was in his COVID game, which is what you now. You know, didn't have to go back to the cave, thank God. It's 2023. But we did think after a four-day or three-day absence, there was a chance maybe the cowboy hat is gone because you've talked numerous times about traveling with that thing's not easy. Oh, my God. The cowboy hat has brought a whole new level of responsibility and accountability to you. (laughs) And it's kind of something that's been wearing on you a little bit. There's one thing that birthed the cowboy, and it was COVID. And there's only one thing that can kill the cowboy, and that is COVID. And this wasn't COVID. So if it was COVID, maybe the cowboy hat would have disappeared, but it wasn't. So hmm. I do appreciate appreciate the fact that it does sound like a lot of people are taking the Coach Mullaney uh, idea here. <laughs> what? Uh, the LSU women's basketball 
uh, coach. Yeah. Where she said, I might have COVID. I don't know. I'm not getting tested. And she just walked away. Yep. And all the press were like, whoa, whoa, you can't. You inside voice. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't, can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that. It's 2023. That's 2023. Yeah. Is. It's great to see you back, Tom. All right, let's talk about a little bit of football. Tonight, Cowboys, Seahawks. This is a good one, Chuck. You're 8-2-1 against the spread. Don't need your pick right now. No. But Dak Prescott's playing his best football. Aaron Rodgers yesterday, or on Tuesday, he said it's not just he's playing his best football. He's playing the position. So whenever he's seeing cover zero, tight end maybe supposed to have a route. Instead of that route, hey, Bout, you're coming in here. You're protecting. I don't care what the play call. This is me making a decision. He's utilizing his cadence. He's doing uh, different audibles and checks. He's playing the position of quarterback now better than he's ever played. And those intricacies, I think, are only something that another quarterback who does all that type of stuff would be able to acknowledge and recognize. And obviously, he has a great history with Mike McCarthy, so he knows everything that Dak Prescott supposed to be doing down there. He's playing his best football. The Cowboys are playing their best football. Why is that? And do you see it continuing against the Seattle Seahawks team? Yeah, I think for everything that uh, Aaron talked about that you just you just mentioned, I mean, at home, they're 5-0 and at home, right? Averaging 40 That's a tough pl- place to play. I don't 40, remember that. 40-plus points a game. Buzzsaw down there. Yeah. They're hitting on all cylinders. The defense is, I mean, this Duran Bland – what he's doing, Dog. making history, five pick sixes in one season. He's got more touchdowns than, than half the league has uh, as wide receivers and tight ends, right? I mean, Big named wide like, receivers. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. And, and what Dak's doing, because everybody just can't wait. Like, Stephen A. and the rest of everybody, like, oh, they yeah. just can't wait for him. Oh, They're yeah. like, hey, just wait, right? I don't think it's going to happen. 18 touchdowns to two interceptions. Since week six for him, twenty three and five, you know, overall for the season. Oh, he, he, he's doing a great job. Let's go, Dak. Yeah. Good for Run you, Dak. And shocked. they're throwing, the, they're throwing yeah. the ball down the field to figure it out. Hey, we got Brandon Cooks on this team. We might as well send him deep. To that point, right there, Hembo sent me uh, some stats. Interesting stats from Hembo. Cowboys have twenty four explosive plays over the last four games. I think it's supposed by. I don't. I, I think there was. What's he? When was their base? Thanksgiving last year, that they had their bye, I, th- I thought, like week nine. Okay, so post-bye, they've mm-hmm. been a very different animal. But they haven't really played a lot. So, like, they've just boat raced people. And it's just been like, yup, they're handling business. Yup, they're doing their thing. 24 explosive plays over the last four games. And that's where they, that's what they didn't have early. And then if you look at the Cowboys targets since the 49er game, CeeDee Lamb, 69, Jake Ferguson, the tight end, 30. Uh, Lamb has become their Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. He's become their go-to, which I think, you know, if you listen to Dan Orlovsky speak, he was the only one that was saying that on TV. Yeah. I don't think any Dallas Cowboys fans are saying CeeDee Lamb needed to get the ball anymore. No. Sure. It was just Dan Orlovsky that kind of brought to everybody's mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. He is the offense coordinator for the NFL. Correct. But CeeDee Lamb has become a weapon, I think, that we all dreamed of him becoming. And he's also, oh, yeah. he is entertaining as hell to watch. Yeah. This could be a good one in primetime, finally, Conman. I am so jacked up. I'm turning my TV to 100, and I'm listening to Dak yell, Yep, here we go, all night. Because that is the best cadence in football, and everyone deserves to hear it. All the wide receivers, for some reason, I don't know why, it feels like a uh, Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdell game. Uh, maybe okay. they might focus on those explosives, like you're saying, because Brandon Cooks, too. He's come on. I think he had 170 yards two weeks ago. He had another touchdown last week in Thanksgiving. It, it feels like maybe that's what Seattle's going to try and, hey, we know what you're trying to do. We have that stud rookie on one side. We got the other stud, Tariq Willen, on the other. Diggs, Adams, that's secondary. They got guys. And then Pollard, who's kind of been quiet. He had a couple pretty unbelievable runs last week, just pissed off. 
Rico Dowdell, also dog scoring touchdowns. Cowboys feel like an absolute wagon right now. Nine and a half on a Thursday night against the Seattle Seahawks team. That isn't bad. Uh, one half of the hammer. Dad! Cowboys Bubba Gumpino just made a face that he did not agree with everything you just said, Con Man. Uh, Gumpy, what was that face? Looks like you were about to puke. No, I just, I think it's a lot of points for the Seahawks team. Yeah, as soon as I said here. nine and a half, he went. Mm. Just Thursday night just feels like a lot of points for the Seahawks team. I know they haven't been playing great, but I think Geno plays bad against the Niners every damn time they play. I did not expect, okay, it to be nine and a half whenever I looked at it. No. Yesterday. It, it's I more didn't, of like a six. Yeah, six and it, and a nine and a half is a lot for a yep. Thursday night football game for two teams that are still very much in it in the NFC. But I think that's a respect that they have for what this Cowboys team has been over the last four weeks. They have been the best team in football, seemingly, over yeah, the last yeah. Operating offensively, obviously, at a rate that Dak has not had in, I don't know, maybe his whole entire career. And then on the defense side of the ball, you mentioned Bland. They're, it's just what Diggs was doing last year. Yeah. yeah. Now they lose Diggs. They kind of lost it for a bit on the defensive yep. side. They have that buy. They kind of figure it all out, and Bland becomes their guy. The call for Jim Nance is so unbelievable. By Jim Nance here on this fifth return for a touchdown. This is history. He's screaming as he's running down the side. Phenomenal. Be excited to hear what Al Michaels does. Yeah. yeah. Here tonight. Yep. It's a Cowboys game. It's in Jerry World. Al Michaels going to have the tie. Oh on. yeah. He better. Oh, yeah. He's going to have the tie on. It's going to be a big time night for them. I bet you they're looking forward to this one as well, Toad. Yeah. And uh, you guys were talking about the nine and a half. That's not scaring betters away. I think over eighty percent are on the Cowboys. Now that's kind of normal. Um, but even like. The nine and a half isn't scaring away. When I was looking at it earlier today, Dallas is number two in third down defense and number two on third down offense. Seattle's bottom five in both of those in that matchup, I believe. So, like, my look look tonight on third down, like, if if the Cowboys are getting off the field and they're staying on the field, then I, I, I don't mind taking the, the Cowboys. Some more interesting stats from Hembo to that point. Cowboys number one in scoring offense. Cowboys number two in offensive efficiency, uh-huh. uh, which accounts for who you play. Dak's number one quarterback in the league versus man when blitzed versus four-man <laughs> rush right. out of pocket and on third down. So, basically, every stat that Hembo's pulling is like, Dak's the guy. Yeah. Just everybody needs to understand that Dak's the guy. And to your point, Chuck, everybody's wondering when, when's it going to happen with Dak? Feels like he's just a little different right now. And that might be the big Mike McCarthy effect. Could be. Legitimately might be the big Mike McCarthy on him effect. It could be. And that's kind of what people, you know, want to talk about with the Cowboys or the knock on them is like, this is kind of what they do on like mediocre and bad teams. They beat the shit out of them. And then the good teams, they kind of struggle a little bit. But, as of right now, like it, it's tough to kind of point at a different team and say, in terms of how they've been winning and how they've been playing, Dallas really has probably looked like one of the you know one or two best teams in the NFL. And then Seattle, the last couple, uh, couple weeks, you know what they were five and two a couple weeks ago, and like were leading uh, their division and kind of safely in that playoff picture. Like they need to stop the bleeding, otherwise, because you know, there are a couple other teams in the NFC who are kind of nipping at their heels now. To your point, teams go in two different directions. Yeah. Okay. Pete Carroll, great coach. We all agree with that. Yes. Great coach. Great vibes. Great everything. Great gum chewer. Great. Maybe. Yeah. Ah. No, starting to lose it. Starting to lose it. Remember La- last week. Uh, last week on the sidelines against. Uh, Niners, it looked like he was chewing the hell out of his gum. But remember, just a few weeks ago, the gum was kind of yeah. Chinese finger trapping his yeah. teeth together at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't seeing as explosive as an 
open no. and we had seen for a long time. Agreed. Thought Pete Carroll's jaw had potentially lost its fastball. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's great to hear that he's back yeah. being able to chew explosively and that gum isn't keeping him down because it was like quicksand. He was going down and that gum was like holding on and then he, a little late on the pot. Sure. Sure. It, the rate of close that we see from Pete Carroll is something that we've all kind of marveled at. Yeah. Yep. So whenever yeah. so whenever we saw that gum kind of uh, slowing and fighting back a little bit, we're like, well, father time does defeat everybody. Got him. Mm-hmm. And Pete Carroll said, nah, nah, is what you're saying. Yeah, last week it looked as though he was chomping on it harder than ever. And it might have been because they were down by 20 points to the 49ers. All but still, emotion. yeah, maybe, maybe he needs to get a little pissed Absolutely. off. Maybe he comes into this game, you know what, not today, gum. I'm going to be pissed from you know minute one instead of the last couple minutes. Chuck, you're talking about teams going two different directions here. Since by, Cowboys have been going like this. Uh, Seahawks, to Ty's point, kind of been going like this. What is the messaging that Mike McCarthy saying to the boys? Because success can sometimes be a lot harder to deal with maybe than failure, right? Yeah, because if you look 10 days from now, they got Philly. Then they got Buffalo, I think. Then they got Miami. So they're going to start playing some teams with some winning records. Everybody's been talking about the Cowboys have beat nobody with a winning record, right? The teams they've lost to, they've all all have uh, winning records. So five out of the last six for Dallas. Seattle's lost three out of the last four. Kenneth Walker, the third's been out. He's been injured. That hurt. The quarterback, Geno's been beat up. He's been turning the ball over. Look, in in three, I, I look at Detroit, Baltimore, and San Fran. Okay. All right. Three teams, all right, that Seattle lost to. Three good teams. I think I put, I think, not not Detroit. They beat Detroit second week of the season at Detroit. Okay. But if you look at those three teams. That's I look a winning at those team teams, that Detroit has played against. Over time. Those teams are like comparable to Dallas, right? Good offenses, good defenses, upper echelon in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they've a, they average 17 points a game versus those three teams. Oh. They average giving up 33 points. A game that's losing that's versus those points. three teams. It's yeah. minus sixteen, and they average giving up over four hundred thirty yards a game versus those three offenses. Seattle's defense. So when you guys ask Chuck, about the line, like, Buff, yeah. like, no, I'm not. I'm not. Too late. No, I'm just trying to. To your point about nine and a half, nine points. That seems like a lot. Well, if you dig 16. a little bit, we're getting good stuff from Hembo. You guys are throwing out great numbers. We look at these numbers. I think that's probably what people are looking at. If you're Mike McCarthy, though, what are you saying to the boys to continue to ride this wave of momentum? As you do have a very tough stretch to end the the season, uh, they just pulled it up right. Zito just pulled it up back here on this. They got Detroit last. Damn, I, I believe that is who that second to last. Second to last, there. Can we put this, there? It is. Yeah. Can we put it back on the back wall here too again? Or that's Dallas's right. Boom. Yeah. Here we go. So Seattle, obviously. Then they got Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and then it ends with the Commanders. And who knows what the Commanders are going to be at that point? Right. That would be actually a good bet. Who's coaching? Yeah. That team. Who's playing for that team? Mm-hmm. What is Magic Johnson tweeting after that game? Yeah. Something straight to the point. Right after their demoralizing loss. I could not. I almost put out a tweet like, the only reason why I'm watching this final quarter Come on, mate. is so that I can get the Magic Johnson's tweet saying, boy, we were beat on first down, second <laughs> down, Five. third down, Five. and fourth down. Magic Johnson's one of the most prolific Xers in the history. Yes. Who knows what that team's going to look like then? But what are, is Mike McCarthy saying think, coming off these waves of being a wagon over people? I think the same thing that I heard Jerry Jones talk about on his radio show. Uh, over there, 105, the fan, whatever that is. In is that with Shannon or Jay? I believe <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Shannon just ripped our video and put it up they there. Love, they love Jerry. 
Um, but Shout anyway, Shan, Shani. Uh, I, I think you've said terrible things about us in the past, but yeah, just reference. Yeah, okay. yeah, they were just know, talking about you're welcome. Okay, any given Sunday, right? Any team can be if you don't prepare, if you don't go play, if you think you can just roll a ball out like they rolled out at Arizona in week three, I think it was, oh, and they got yeah. the ball mm-hmm. shoved right up their ass. For, that was know, a Josh Dobbs conversation. Almost 300, yeah. 300 yards rushing that, that day, I think, by, by Arizona. So they have one in recent history that Mike can look to and just say, hey, look, if we don't prepare, if we don't practice, if we don't do all the things that we've been doing to this point, and we start looking in 10 days that we got Philly and then we've got Miami, we've got all that, that ain't going to matter. Because to keep pace in the NFC East – they got they got to win this game. Big Mike like swings the sledgehammer and stuff, right? Oh yeah, hits watermelons yeah, like watermelon. he's uh, like, Gallagher, like he's Gallagher out there. Mm-hmm. Sad story about Gallagher. I guess he's, somebody took advantage of him. He passed away, right? What? Did he? I, I think somebody managed one of his managers like took a lot of money from Gallagher, like Elvis. I think so. Yeah, kind of happens to people. Son of yeah. a bitch, Dan Cook. I hate that. that happened to Elvis too. He did pass away. Gallagher did, did pass away. Yeah, Dang. recently or uh, last year, yesterday. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Gallagher. Thank you for just swinging that hammer. Mm-hmm. Why do you drive in a parkway? In park, in driveway. Oh, give me that watermelon. Boom! <laughs> Shout out to him. Yeah. Watch, I spent plenty of nights watching oh, him. Yeah. Late night on Comedy Central. We'll talk more about Cowboys Seahawks this evening. I, hey, sick. You see his three-quarter zip? He's got oh, Pebble yeah. Beach. Good swag. That's a John. Pebble Beach three-quarter zip right nice. here. Ooh! Jeez, you hey, do well. T- Tiger Woods golfing today. Yeah. Tiger Woods is back golfing. Tiger. He's, do- he's doing a tournament a month, he's saying. Yeah. And that's huge for golf, obviously. Yeah. Huge for everybody. He's also launching that uh, league, the... TGL. TGL. Yeah. Pushing that Push back, back a year. Yeah, it's because their entire uh, dome collapsed. Correct. Yeah. So maybe it was spread a little bit too thin. They need to get the, the people that are building these warehouses for Amazon and Walmart yep. and everything out here in Indiana. Oh, yeah. They put up like 10 million square foot warehouses in a matter of four days. Mm-hmm. And somehow they're not just going to fall over with one gust of wind right. in the middle of Indiana. Feels like that is maybe what they might need for that golf thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, kind of collapsed. It looked like that uh, Minnesota dome. Yeah, oh, Metro yeah. Dome. Yeah. The Metro Dome at the end of its days. It kind of went down. Call the Amish. That's going to be awesome. Definitely get some Amish people out there. I think it's down in Florida. I don't know if, how many Amish people are in Florida. I don't know if that's necessarily their I'll bag. Hmm. But who knows? I mean, they'll make the trip. Yeah. They will yeah. certainly take their ponies, yeah. 10 of them. Take a minute to get down there. They'll forge the river. Yep, of course. They have to. They'll do the whole thing. But him getting back onto a golf course is awesome. I just saw some videos of him at the range, and I'm like immediately, oh yeah, holy hell, this yeah. guy still got it. He's a nostalgia pop every time he swings a golf club. Good yes. for golf that he's all the way back. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of one of those things where you just, anytime he's out there on the course, you get excited and you kind of think back to like, oh, remember when you know everyone was already counting him out and he won the Masters? We just hope that he can stay healthy because I feel like this in recent memory, it's been like, hey, Tiger's going to come back and play and that's kind of his mo is he'll play on thursday he'll be in you know decent shape and then on friday he'll you know triple bogey the first hole double bogey whoa, the second whoa, hole whoa. and then he'll kind of be like oh my glutes were not activated and whoa what are you doing that's hurts. not what's gonna Time. happen and then he wds that's I mean, not i i love tiger like no but it's not one of those things i actually love tiger i want to see him in contention I just hope that he is actually physically capable to get out he there. Is. He is. You think he'd just be doing this? No way. You know what this is? And, um, you know, I, I have a baby girl now. Right. She's shuffling her feet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Walking, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's happened with Bill Goldberg as well when he went back to WWE sure. whenever his son was old enough to kind of see something. Get it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I'm looking at Mackenzie. I'm like, oh, I got to stay in shape because she's got to be able to see dad do some stuff that I used to sure. be able to do. Yeah. So she has a little bit of respect. You know what I mean? She can hear the stories of things that happened. He did a what off a what? Yeah, off, front, off the top of a cage, front mm-hmm. foot, nobody, right, yeah. right on no the one wood. Caught yeah. No one caught him. Yeah. Right yeah. Damn, right killed up. himself. And he just got right up and just walked away. Yeah, that's, you got a dog out there. Like, I, I start, like, I think about that as I'm holding McKenzie. And then Goldberg went back to the WWE, which nobody thought was going to happen. But he's even said, like, he did it because his, his kid was at an age where he was like, want it, I want my kid to see what it was it's like tiger's at that point now oh, yeah. i think like charlie very much in his own he's a dog he's yeah. great i think tiger's competitive juices that he has is like this my boy my needs man. to see me be tiger mm-hmm. like needs to see it i think that's an added motivation for him i think he's enjoyed the time on the course with charlie where he's the caddy yep. i think maybe there's a newborn love for the sport because he's playing it through his son's eyes as well maybe we get a tiger in a resurgence that isn't filled with what you're seemingly hoping for over there sounding like a hate asshole. not hoping for it not hoping for it just being realistic because this has been kind of the tiger story the last couple years hey everyone's excited this is awesome. we had another surgery he's playing it. at augusta what does he do? He shoots a 71 on Thursday. That's awesome. Tiger's two under. Can you believe that? Let's bet, let's bet on Tiger to f- win this whole thing. What does he do on Friday? Yeah, but Augusta's got those rolling hills. It's tough to walk from what I've been told. Brutal. I agree. From what I agree. I've been told. But that's part of it. You know, they're not he Tiger would never use a cart. He's not gonna do that. He's gonna have to walk. I just I just want to avoid the Low round on Thursday. And if he is limping, let's not put him on TV. I agree. I don't Please. want to say you're kind of ruining it. He, great, you know what I mean? Wait till he gets to the ball. Great yeah, gate yeah. earlier today. Not walking with any gingerness or anything like that. He looked very good today. He we also, almost got a chance to interview Tiger one time. Yeah, very close. Oh, yeah. We were very, very close. Yeah. about that. Yeah. That was the first time we were ever said, like, here's the things that we think you should ask Mr. Woods. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I'm never going to do that. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, this is these are good conversation stories. I'm like, we'll see You know what a good conversation story this is what is the, like, yeah, it's not going to work. We probably ruined it forever. So uh, great to see him golfing again. Yep. We'd like to see him win again. And when he starts making those media rounds, now that we got a little ESPN. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. So maybe we get Eldrick on. onto, yeah. onto the program. That'd Just want to let you know, he piped it 325 right down the middle off of one today. So, okay. Oh! We're going Tiger. And he walked every single yard right to that next ball feeling great. He said, Charlie, this is how you do it, son. Absolutely. Love it. Let's see if that's still the case on it's his very you know, 35th hole. That his golf league collapsed before it even started. It's just like him trying to make another comeback. He's going to get everyone all hyped up, and then everything yeah, goes that. to hell. Next, you, I did not know that we... You I'm, two sitting, these two sit yeah, next to each other. I'm not. Oh, yeah. These two sit next oh, to each other yeah. over here. I'm not saying that. I had no idea this was. Chuck, did oh, you hear this? This was Absolutely. Absolutely love. Yeah, right? No, I mean, I'm in shock. Especially with the Iowa game this week. He's bringing his negativity. This happens every time. Nick, you do not love Tiger. Nick's been talking shit about Tiger for years. Foxy knows I do love Tiger. Yes. Yeah, but you let Nick kind of infiltrate while you guys are having your little milkshakes at 9 a.m. You two are kind of doing the whole thing. We all get so excited for him to come back and prove he's dominant once again, and it never happened. He did. He won the Masters. You got your little gloves on today? What was that? He does. You got your little gloves on today? Exactly. Yeah, you better keep us on Tiger's bus. He would have won two Masters if it wasn't for the flag stick, too. Yeah, people forget about Amen. That. Let's pivot away from golf, even though I feel like we just had the most in-depth conversation we've had about golf in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to your three-quarters if we would have never had that conversation. Yeah, thank you, Chuck. If it wasn't for that. Have you played at Pebble Beach before? Yes. Wow. wow. You do well. Wow. Holy hell. My God. This guy does well. How, how'd you play? Did you play pretty good? 
No, but I saw Bruce and his son Jake both birdie. Springsteen? Same, same hole. The boss? Arians. Bruce Arians. Oh, 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 got it, got it, got it. That's who he went out there and yeah. played with. But Did B. he drown B. any B. clubs? B.A. and Jake both on number seven, that part, part B. three. B.A. drown any clubs out there? Um, no. No, he keeps, Imagine keeps he old, but, he, but he's so awesome. <laughs> that would be so he, awesome. He'd throw out a couple, you know. Oh, yeah. Bruce Arians, if you ever get a chance to be around him, uh, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have no idea what he sees, how he sees, how he's going to react, or what he thinks. I got a chance to sit next to him for a team meeting pretty much all year, uh, whenever he was coaching at the Colts. And boy, just the subtle things that are coming out of his mouth. He's one of the most competitive people of all time. He's also been there, done that with everything. Let alone his resume is Hall of Fame worthy, so he can talk shit about anything, and he does. And does it well. <laughs> yeah, it he does is. it as good as anybody. It is awesome on a golf course, though. I, I didn't really know him at the time. I was two holes over, and in Indiana, everything's flat. So you can actually see the hole that you're golfing towards, Sweet. which is vastly different than Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I grew up, where they're like, yeah. aim for the third tree, and then it's like 250 yards down to the right there. <laughs> and golf sucks that way. I mean, <laughs> when you don't know where it's at. Indiana, you can see the hole, and you can also see other things. I see Bruce Arians take a wedge, hit a ball, looks good, and then he just turned casually right to a pond, one-handed, and then just walked off. And it was like... Oh, that guy's hilarious. So two holes later, I get a chance to catch up with him. I said, I think I, I, I was a couple holes over. I saw you put a wet, like from 40 yards out, into a pond, like pretty good. He goes, yeah, sometimes you got to drown those bitches. <laughs> sometimes you got to you gotta punish them and let them know that they, what they're doing is not good. I'm like, so what do you – he said, yeah, now I'm out of 56. <laughs> no, no. But I'll get one again tomorrow. He is awesome. I'm happy you guys are out living your lives. Two retired football coaches. Let's pivot away from golf and football. Let's go to the NBA. Ooh. A lot of news in the NBA. Biggest news is from the biggest man. Zion's all the way back, dominating basketball again. And anytime that takes place, our show goes to one person and one person alone. Senior NBA insider for the Athletic and the Stadium Network, I do believe. Incredibly handsome. Ladies and gentlemen, Sham Sharanya. Whoa, whoa, look at the backdrop. You're so cool, dude. Where are you? Baby blue, baby blue, I like it. Yeah, I'm Baby blue with the fit out here. No more black. We're getting rid of the black. No, 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 no. We're oh just getting God. a little thinner. You know what I mean? We're getting a little bit thinner, so you're allowed to wear a little lighter colors. To be clear, uh, every once in a while, I'll get a glimpse of myself on that TV. I think it looks weird, too. <laughs> you know, I, I think it looks weird, so I'm not 100% sure. We're all here for Pat and Baby Blue and in suits. The suits on game day. Oh, yeah. I, I, I dig it. I dig it. I dig your fashion, Pat. Hey, thank you, Shams. Uh, I want to let you know the suits are 100% David Allen Productions. Mm-hmm. They just show up here. I don't even say anything. Some of them he sent have been absolutely awful. I sure, will say. Yeah, sure. he's, he's really taken quite a shot on. But he's given me like 10 suits over the last like four months or so. Fantastic. Shout out to da- hey, David. Thank you, pal. Thank, thank, you, David. thank you, David. I'll never be a suit because, you know, and the white trash folks need to know that I've never forget where I came from. And I've been doing arms more than I've ever done in my life. So why are we covering them Hell up yeah. now? But on game day, on that set, Saturday morning, feels like it is owed the respect of having a little something. So I try to I try to do couth stuff as much as possible, like running a show for 15 minutes whenever everybody thinks the game is on, then counting those ratings towards the entire show's rating. That's good couth. Classic. Yeah, that's, that's good couth. Anyways, what was what's, that? What's that? What was that? No, no, no. Yeah, no, you no. Heard. no, and then idiots, Marks, have no idea how to write. Yeah. No, <laughs> Anyways, let's move along. Uh, NBA, 
Zion Williamson's back. Are we full go? He's playing all season. We're talking MVP. What do you have to play? 65, 65. games or whatever. Are we full go uh-huh. with Zion right now, especially after what we saw last night, Shams? Was that 11 for 11? I think one of 15 players in NBA history to do what he did last night 30 plus 12, points, 12. 11 of 11 shooting. 12. Zion Williamson, right now, this is probably the best we've seen him. When you think about overall, his ability, Pat, I think when you think about Zion Williamson, six foot six, 280 pounds, oh. how much ever he weighs. He's wow. a point guard right now, Pat. That is the thing that we're not talking about enough is he's he's embracing this role of having the ball in his hands, playmaking, and the coaching staff in New Orleans, they've really entrusted him. At the beginning of the year, he spent a lot of time, Pat, playing off the ball, playing in the post. You think of a guy of that frame, you think of a, of a post player, you think of a guy that's only going to be dominant inside. And, yes, he can bully any anyone in the league pretty much. Uh, the other day, uh, he literally snatched a rebound out of James Harden's hand, like bullied it out of his hands. He is a one-of-one player, and when he's healthy, this Pelicans team last year was competing for home court advantage. Right now, I think they got off to a slow start. Zion Williamson wasn't playing that point guard on the ball, playmaking role. But now that he is, his numbers have been off the charts, like 25 points a game, seven, uh, you know, seven eight rebounds, six assists. What he's doing night to night right now is, oh. is something that's one of one. And deals. we all, I mean, as, as basketball fans, you want him to stay 100% healthy. You want him and Brandon Ingram to keep developing this relationship and, and cohesion. And they just got CJ McCollum back last night as well. And Trey Murphy, who might end up being the, the, the third best, fourth best player on this team. He has not played yet this year. He's coming back from a meniscus tear. He is very, very close, Pat. Uh, I'm told he's going to work out today. He could be back in the lineup as soon as tomorrow's home game. Um, and so, you know, barring any setbacks, he could be back tomorrow. So there's a lot of optimism going around in, in, in New Orleans That's, right now. I don't think I've heard what you just said there at the end. That's a big deal. Old buddy's coming back tomorrow, seemingly? There's Listen, it's, it's, a, it's a meniscus there he's coming back from. He's been rehabbing. A lot of this is day-to-day, like how these guys feel. I mean, there's been some interesting injury situations this year. Brad Beal was supposed to play, and then he tweaks his back in pregame warm-up sits. So right now, he's got, Trey Murphy has to go through workouts, doctor's clearance, but tomorrow's home game against the Spurs, I believe, on Friday, from what I'm told, that is a game that is at least going to be within his window, potentially, to return, if not shortly thereafter. There you go, Murph. Murphy. Yeah. Hey, Murph. he, there you he, go, he's Murph. Murph. Dog. He, he's a guy that, that for the Pelicans, this is a team that I think could use some more shooting, right? We know C.J. McCollum. He just came back in the lineup. He's a sniper. Trey Murphy is an absolute dog of a sniper. Oh, he, can, he can shoot with the best of them. And around Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, if you have shooting, uh, th- th- this Pelicans team, I'm not saying Uh-oh. they're they're a contender yet, but I'm saying they they have a chance if they're healthy to be scary. Uh, if Zion's on the court, they're a contender. Duh. Okay, and we knew that's when Coach K lost his fastball. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. When he had wanna, Zion and everybody yeah, went. got beat in the first. I don't want to say they're a contender, and then you know we, we've seen over the, over the years in New Orleans. We just, I think, as basketball fans, everyone just wants you know them to be healthy for sure because this team. And what Zion Williamson does on a night-to-night basis. I mean, it's, it's sports media. Just say, just, just say, just sports on. media. Just say, what you say today, and then what you basketball say. Basketball fans, basketball fans. Shout uh, out to basketball fans. Yeah, shout out to basketball NBA fans. Hey, let's talk about the NBA a little bit more here. Big move. Okay, so not only Mark Cuban quit Shark Tank, which he has been a staple for a long time, retire yeah. Yeah. from Shark Tank. He also sold the majority of the Dallas Mavericks, but will still be the operating partner of the Dallas Mavericks to Miriam. 
Adelson, who sold like a couple billion dollar worth of stock out of her business to do this whole thing, kind of came together overnight, seemingly. Are we worried about Mark Cuban's financial status right now? Why is he selling everything off? Why is he leaving everything we know he's from? He's running for president? What is going on with Mark Cuban and what's going on with the Mavs, Shams? Well, with, with Shark Tank, Mark Cuban uh, will be on through 2025. So we haven't seen oh, him. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 I never read the headline. That's good. But he still, has, he, still, really he still has a year and a half left at, at Shark Tank. Um, but I think when you think about the Mavericks, I've been hearing that Mark Cuban has been talking to the Adelson family for the majority of 2023. And this deal developed this week uh, at the conclusion of it. But the, the biggest reason, and like you said, Pat, he sold a majority stake. This is arguably one of the most – famous, popular owners in pro sports, let alone the NBA. Definitely the, the most popular in the NBA, but one of the most in pro sports. You think about him, Jerry Jones, et cetera, especially in Dallas, he's become a staple. And so for him to sell the majority stake of the Mavericks, let's look at the totality of the deal. Why? $3.5 billion valuation. So he's going to be pocketing 2 to $3 billion in this deal. Um, and, and I think for him, keeping a stake, he's going to continue to have a stake in the Mavericks. So he's still a minority uh, owner, I'm told, in the Mavericks. And he's going to have basketball operations control. So final say in all basketball decisions moving forward. So the trade-off, you think about the Mavericks, is a $3.5 billion valuation. The Suns just sold for $4 billion. So could it be that 3.5 is a little bit of a, a haircut off of you know a, a saving? Potentially, but when you look at the totality of the deal, he's keeping a minority stake. And he's keeping basketball control. So I think that was the trade-off in terms of get, getting a little bit of saving. But I think the why in this deal was, at the end of the day, Mark Cuban, they needed an infusion of cash. They needed an overhead, someone to come in to partner with Mark Cuban. Because there's two things that Mark Cuban has been trying to do for the last two years, Pat. That's one, he wants to build a new arena in Dallas. And the other thing is he wants to build a casino district in Dallas, from what I'm told. So partnering with the Adelson family, they're a casino tycoon. Oh. Um, Mark Cuban believes with their backing, with their support, with their partnership, they're going to be able to really funnel billions of dollars in the marketplace oh. in Dallas. And this, yeah, the sell, the sales for $3 billion, but he believes this will be hundreds of millions and billion potentially annually in revenue from, from casino district, from a new arena and everything around that city. So th this was a play. I think a lot of people were surprised and for sure, even, even to a degree, I was surprised a majority stake in the Mavericks. So we're going to see Mark Cuban at games still. We're going to see him involved still, but he's, he's taking a little bit of a back seat. He's going to be the alternate governor, not the main governor of the Mavericks. I think he, yeah, it's hilarious that that's the title governor. Yeah. Um, the, the hilarious, there's a, a very hilarious situation mm -hmm. over there. That is, that is a funny thing that we got to that point mm -hmm. and it's, it makes sense. Okay, cool. Uh, the thought that he bought that team for like 285 million or something, I think is, is what I saw. Yeah, let, 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 let's give that love too. He bought the team for 285 million in 2000 and now tw these 23, whatever years later, he's selling it, uh, for $3.5 billion valuation. So I guess, I guess Mark, Mark did a good job. That's his best shark tank ever. Yeah. That's his, be yeah, that's his best deal. move of all time. And I think when you look at Mark Cuban, he feels like he's going to get the he's going to get the best of everything. He's going to get his cake and eat it too. He's going to be able to keep um, he, he's going to be able to keep a stake in the team. He's going to keep basketball operations control, which he loves. He loves being involved. He loves to be in the day to day. And then he has some help and some overhead and some financial support. We all know Mark Cuban. He can delegate when need to. When when he knows he can't, you know, run a you know 
company, he's going to go to Shark Tank and hire someone to do it. And in this case, he felt like he needed to su- some support and some some partnership in terms of building out real estate casino district and and bu- bringing the first ever casino license to Dallas. I think is something that Mark Cuban has been trying to do for two years, and he feels his case will be stronger than ever now. That'll be a very NFL move by him to do that. That's what uh, NFL teams have done. Obviously, Jerry is right there in the. Uh vicinity he did it. i'm gonna buy the land build the thing then i'm gonna put an area around it that i own lambo has an entire thing with green bay packers own up there in new england they got patriot place that craft kind of owns it all so anytime anybody comes to a game it's all going to the organization i assume that is a similar thought for the mavericks and for cuban down there yinzer done very good yeah proud of you mark go, there you go pal. uh speaking of being proud how about the nba trying something new this yeah. year pacers about to win this mm-hmm. whole thing go ahead ty yeah shams the uh, quarterfinals are set for the NBA in-season tournament. Uh, we've seen kind of all the stuff going on with it, with the the crazy fun courts and you know all the the pomp and circumstance surrounding it. In your opinion, and in NBA circles, do you think they would consider the in-season tournament so far this year a success? I know maybe a couple teams who the NBA kind of wanted or you know perceived being in there just in terms of. Fan appeal uh, didn't necessarily make it, but what what is your take so far on the uh, inaugural in season tournament? Which, which teams didn't make it that fans would want? I mean, I feel like you get Utah. Eight. We wanted Utah yeah, to win that seventy six. Ryan maybe. Smith might have had a parade for winning the in season parade mm-hmm, yeah. through Salt Lake. I hope a team that wins this really cherishes this first ever title. I assume they wanted guys like Let's, Steph Curry in there. You know, maybe not though. Yeah, it's true, but I mean, you got KD, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis, you have Devin Booker, Keegan Murray, Tyrese Halliburton, Jason Tatum, Thank you. Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brunson, Zion, Brandon Ingram, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, Keegan Murray. To me, it Keegan Murray. We'll see if he plays. He's been out the last few games with a back injury. But I, I think, hey, we tried you. I, yeah, I, that's right. Still work. Good work, to players. When I talk to players, when I talk to people around the league, I think it has been a success twofold. One, I think players, when I talk to players, 500000 Pat. The, the winner yeah. of the in-season tournament, the champion, $500,000 per player. And I think that, whether you're a max player or whether you're at the end of the bench, especially when you're at the end of the bench, that 500000 we had Lou Williams on one of my shows. Like He said, 500000 I don't care who you are. You want that five hundred k, And so Absolutely. I think that's an appeal, but... The regular season games, I can't remember the last time in November where we're talking about who's advancing into what for the next week of the regular season. Like, people cared to an extent, and I think there was, there is a level of We did care. It's before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. We cared. Yeah. Big deal. Got who's the new advancing? It's, it's the Mega Bowl. Yeah. Games, like, the fact that we care about who's advancing to December 7 and December 9 and who plays in Vegas in regular season. We games, knew it was in Vegas. To oh, yeah. me, Adam Silver, this is a win for Adam Silver because the fact that people are putting all this, uh, I think, equity, uh, this levity on regular season games, yeah. to me, is, is a massive coup for the league. And, and, again, we'll see how this competition plays out. You know, I, I think there will be a high level of competition because at the end of the day, guys want to play for 500K. Guys want to advance to Vegas. Guys want to go to Vegas. You get a free trip. Listen, you get, you get to go to Vegas in the middle of the regular season. Oh, a little flu. What's that mean? Whoa. What are you saying? What, what are you, are you doing? Vegas? You're saying, I'm just saying Shinsane? Vegas is a good getaway. I'm saying Vegas is a good getaway. You know, you have 500000 You could leave with $2 million, potentially. 
Oh, because you're saying yeah. you go do the Dana White, I'm, Black yeah, Jack right. thing, yeah. mm-hmm. where you're counting the cards, you do this number here, mm-hmm. and then hit me. And then Louisville, yeah. said, Louisville said to me, listen, I'm, I'm either going to leave with 500K, I'm, or I might leave with nothing, or I'm going to leave with way more. So, See? Okay. Yeah, listen. That's what Classic we're saying. Yeah. Hey, good luck to all the boys out there. <laughs> yeah. Go get it. And we definitely knew it was in Vegas, too. Oh, yeah. We knew that. Obviously, yeah. the Mega Bowl, that's when it's going to wrap up. I think any promotional activity that gets people excited is smart. I don't know if all the court changes were good. I think yeah, some of those yeah, courts were yeah, disgusting to see on TV. What, what, what did you think about the red on red, Pat? Yeah, so like that's one of the terrible ones. There, there's a few others, you know, but the pa- oh, Pacers oh, got it right. It was sick. Yeah, Pacers sick. got it right. It's been good for Indiana, I think. Like, I don't want to say that we're uh, a simple bunch out here, but pretty much. You walk, oh, oh, look at the court. Oh. Cool. You know, like it, oh. is, it was smart. This is good promotion. This is business. Happy the NBA pulled it off. Let's talk. A little bit more about a man who's been the NBA. Go ahead, Tone. Yeah, LeBron. Almost 39. He's averaging 25 points a game. It was awesome to see him go back to Cleveland and get a win uh, last week. The picture of him with his championship in the rafter was awesome. AD's playing well. DeAndre Russell's playing well. Like, Are the Lakers, like, is this their best chance you think they've had in a while to maybe potentially not just bring home the in-season tournament? Because obviously that's... 1A, but an actual... LeBron NBA wins size. the first in-season tournament. Oh, doesn't that feel like... Yeah, it, it does. Wants it. It does. That does. I mean... They, they won it all in, in 2020, but I think in terms of the last few years... The I COVID Cup. Cup. We remember years. the COVID That's Cup. That's the same as the in-season tournament. Bingo. Kind of. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they lose to the Nuggets last year in the Western Conference Finals. So I think, obviously, they, they, they've made advancements. Last year, they started the year, what was it, 2-8, and 2-10. and 10. Like Off. They didn't have a great start to the year. And then, you know, everyone's talking about what moves are Rob Palenka and the Lakers going to make? Because everyone knew people were calling for change. And they went after Kyrie Irving. They were trying to find a third star. But what do they do? They go back and they do what they what, what the recipe was in 2020, which is surround LeBron and AD with a bunch of role players. And I think what you're seeing with this Lakers team this year, they, they still have to get chemistry right. They still need guys to get back in the lineup. Jared Vanderbilt has not played yet this season. He oh, started man. for them on their run to the Western Conference Finals. Gabe Vincent has barely played this year. He was supposed to compete for the starting job with D'Angelo Russell or back up D'Angelo Russell, and he's been out for the majority of the year. So getting those two guys back in the lineup will be big, and I, I don't know if we can really judge them until we see them with the potential you know, two starters, uh, at least backups back in, in their rotation. But there's no question, this Lakers team will have a shot as long as LeBron James and Anthony Davis stay healthy, and it's crazy. We're in year 21 for LeBron, 39, about to be 39 years old, and he's still at the top of his game, and he's still putting up big numbers on a nightly basis. And I think we've been waiting for the last few years, when's the drop-off, when's the drop-off? And when he's hinting retirement, we're thinking, okay, maybe he might take a step back, but wow. he's only going another level. He has a torn tendon in his foot. He rehabs that, recovers from that, and we're seeing him still play at an elite level. I mean, this is definitely something we've never seen before. He tweeted, too, about Aaron Rodgers saying, back where we need to be, eh? I like the fact yeah. that he's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. oh, there's another old guy doing things that people don't think they're supposed to be doing. The amount of minutes that this guy's playing, the amount of points he's putting up, you can't help but marvel at the spectacle that is LeBron James. Keep going, Braun. Keep going, Braun. Proud of you, buddy. Hey guys, how, how is Aaron Rodgers coming back in like 75 days from a tournament? Well, 77, 11 weeks. Listen, Shams, these humans, they, they this one, the LeBron one, the Tom one, the yeah. Peyton one, Biden. the Wayno one, the Serena one. Biden. Like, there's just, there's a group of people up there that are, Michael, obviously, yep. that are just more competitive than everybody else. That's just a matter of fact. That is why they are the elites, is because their competitive drive is at a, 
not only matching their talent and their ability and their body and everything like that, but their competitive drive yep. is just higher than everybody else. Some people say, oh, these are assholes because of how competitive they are sure. and what they demand and command from their teammates and from themselves and from people that work alongside of them. That makes them accomplish things that other people haven't been able to accomplish before. And accomplishing things that other people haven't accomplished before are things that they these types of humans want to do. Aaron definitely wants to be the guy that looks science in the face again oh, yeah. and said 11 months, huh? Is that right? And then comes back at the age of 39. That is in his DNA, and that's the DNA of those people that are up at that, you know what I mean, Shams? There's levels to this shit, you know? I'm, I'm waiting for an NBA player to ask me or ask out loud, like, how the hell did Aaron Rodgers do this? How can I do this? So, I, I mean, I'm very It's the Achilles factory the, out yeah. there. The return. You know, it's the Achilles I'm factory. I'm very interested to see the return. So he... Remember, Aaron, this has been very well documented. No family, right? Not yep. married. Yep. No kids. A lot of money. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he's invested well, and football has done very well for him. And he knew the doc, like the doctor's, Kobe's doctor, I'll trust out there. So his entire life has been rehabbing this thing every single for 77 days pretty much it's just been full-time commitment nothing really distracting him and a drive to kind of put a middle finger up to a bunch of people that were saying things so it's like i think it's pretty pretty in depth it's remarkable the recovery and rehab gotta, it's not like gotta an easy give your thing. flowers for him to even be practicing is insane Bro, how about him so. doing that? yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. he and they Tim Boyle was standing at the point. He's not going to do a drop back. He's like, oh, this guy. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine he drops back, tears his Achilles oh, on his hole. Oh, and Tim Boyles. They'd kill him. In slow yeah, motion. They would, have it yeah. to, hey, this oh. is what happened, by the way. Here's Because he, he's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sleeping with the He was good to go to me. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Hey, look how clean that. Yeah, good. Still, still got it. I mean, that that's all he needs to do, really. Well, with well, that, uh, you got to get uh, that O-line. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that later today with Chuck Pagano, <laughs> noted defensive coordinator yeah. around the NFL, what he would do and what any defense coordinator in the NFL would do. Let's get back to the NBA, though. Chuck has a question for you, Shams. Shams, I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I'm a huge fan of yours. Hell yeah. Since seeing you come on this show. Got so. a baby, Shams. Sweet jacket as well. Um, <laughs> the Bucks, Adrian Griffin. I saw the other day. I think he pulled Giannis Antetokounmpo off the court. Nice. He went over to the bench, kind of sat on the bench, and then they were talking. Uh, TV telecast people were talking about this relationship, how he's coaching this guy. How do you see this thing? Is there an issue here? Is it gonna? Is it sustainable? I know Nick Nurse is out now. Adrian's in. He's trying to impose his own philosophy or whatever on on this on this basketball team. Is this going to be a deal, or are they going to be okay? That's a good coaching question. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, Chuck, I, 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 think, I think this is something definitely to monitor. I think oh. with, with the way – you know, Giannis wanted Adrian Griffin as head coach. He stamped Adrian Griffin, from what I was told, as the head coach of this team. When they were going through the head coaching process, they looked at Adrian Griffin. They looked at Nick Nurse, a couple other candidates, Kenny Atkinson as well with the Warriors, and they went with um, Adrian Griffin. And I think so far along the way – and this is stuff that Adrian Griffin has said publicly – uh, there was a moment, and this is simple stuff, right, Chuck? Like you, as, as a coach, when you come in and take over a team, you want to adapt your philosophies. One of the philosophies that was adapted is Brooke Lopez, who's been in contention for Defensive Player of the Year, one of the best defenders, especially for a big man. He was playing, he was, throughout his whole career, especially in Milwaukee, he's been playing what's called drop coverage, right? When pick and roll, he's dropping back, protecting the rim, playing, you know, inside so he's a force in, in the pick and roll coverage. So when, when the when the offensive player, perimeter player is driving in, he's helping and, and he's supporting and he's so lengthy, he's able to be everywhere. Well, the, the, the defense this year had him 
really showing on the pick and rolls and playing on the perimeter. So players went to Adrian Griffin for a period of days and told him, we want our defense to go back to drop coverage, which is what Mike Boonholzer had for years in Milwaukee. And they go back to the drop coverage after days of players pleading, and then they win the game, and Adrian Griffin credits his players. And I think okay. that's what we've seen, Chuck, is is just the the players and kind of their philosophy and how they feel like they can win games. And Giannis is a champion, how he feels like he can win games. And how can that mesh, how can that come together with Adrian Griffin? Um, and, and, and I think we're seeing kind of the schisms right now of, of that process. How that develops <laughs> over the course of the next few weeks, how it develops over the next few months. I think it's too early to say whether it's going to be a success or a failure. I think we have to see how it plays out. But one of the, one other thing, Chuck, is Terry Stotts was a lead assistant for Adrian Griffin, and they parted ways at the beginning of the season. And Terry Stotts essentially stepped down because uh, you know, in part of an incident, a, a back and forth argument with Adrian Griffin at a shoot around. So I think yeah. we've seen a couple instances here where, you know, for Adrian Griffin as a rookie head coach, there's already been a couple moments that have been challenging, but listen, he's made it out and they're winning games still. So even though they're sorting through the stuff, they're still winning at, at, a, at, a, at a solid clip. And um, I think they were 13 and five and yeah, made it in season tournament. Yeah. So Good I, I, I think, We'll see how it develops over the next few weeks. All right, Chums, we're coming up against a hard out. Just want to let you know, get to the bottom of that Giddy situation. Yeah. yeah. Good okay, get to the bottom of that Giddy situation. We need to learn more about that, and we'll continue to follow along with your Twitter account and everything else you do throughout the rest of the NBA season. We appreciate you. Handsome, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sharonga. The boys. Joining us from his attic in Ohio is a college football national champion, a man who's an expert on primates and how they will kill you. Yep. Also a guy who won a Super Bowl champion, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, the current president of Ohio, A.J. Hall. Oh, boy, oh wow. nice haircut. Oh, nice haircut. Wow. Killing it. Yep. Finally got one. Yeah, my dude Jake hooked me up. But also, I'm not an expert on primates. I'm not an expert on anything. I am just curious about you know, how they kill people and how we need to make sure we uh, we use caution, I think, when we're around them. Yesterday, you were portraying yourself as an expert. Yep. Yes. Just never, you know. never said I was an expert. Never, never. You, know yeah, you did. You, you did. made up your own fact, mm-hmm. and then you told us you know that as if you as were. If, do you know that it hasn't happened? Do you know that they have not done that to humans? I do not. I have not. But you, portraying as an expert, said that it did happen. Yep. You're also an expert on Ohio. You're the right. current president yeah, of it. Right. How about tackling people? All-time leading tackler yep, for one for of sure. the longest reigning organizations in the history of the NFL. I think you're an expert on that. I'd say so. Yeah. Expert on great haircuts. This uh-huh. is called yeah. the A.J. Yeah. Hawk. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Making you know I mean? children. Expert on that. Ten kids. Yeah, you're an expert, dude. Just get it in. You're an expert of a lot of things, A.J. We're proud of you. Okay. Is Coach Saban on yet? Why do you you're not an expert at this, I guess. Yeah, you you know, you're doing a show for five years somehow, and you know there's still moments where you think to yourself, this guy's never done a show before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's That happens for all of us. So we're all trying to get to the expert status of this particular profession. That's never going to happen. That Spotify rap thing, mm-hmm. I was seeing a lot of people uh, in the amount of minutes that they've spent with us on our podcast. Crazy. 
crazy. We appreciate the hell out of you. Like, thank you so much. Love you, people. And the way I ended my thank you ex uh, post to those people was like, we'll try our best one day to put out a good show for you guys. Mm -hmm. Okay? We're about five years into this thing. Not sure we've been able to make contact on the ball yet, but we're going to continue to step in the batter's box every single day, and we can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your life. It is an honor. It is a privilege. We will not take that for granted, and we will continue to make a terrible show for you. Yeah. For sure. Hell yeah. But, uh, to your point, Our duty. you see some of those when, you know, people in the top 1% or 0.01. 40,000, 50,000 minutes. You that start doing the math. So much time. So much so time. So much time. And I get it because, you know, we do, there's a show every single day and it's usually somewhere between three and four hours. But when you see it in minute form like that, it's. Boy, I tell you, my head was spinning yesterday. Ty edits, posts, and writes the recaps for those podcasts every single day after the show ends. And we don't view ourselves as a podcast. We're not talented enough to be podcasters. Podcasters have big brains, and they have to think it's the stuff. They do stuff. It's a head. It's a much higher quality of product. We've always just viewed ourselves as a live show, and we don't really think about the podcast much. You put in a lot of work in it. The amount of people that listen, we need to pay attention to our podcast being a little bit more, I think. And we also need to thank you, Ty. Great work out there. My pleasure. Hi, you've never sharted while editing a podcast. Yeah, no, I don't think I have. I don't think you I sure? have. Uh, it sounds like you have. It's been close a couple times. Joining us now is a man who uh, I don't think he's ever done that in his life because he is obviously uh, an adult. That's right. A super adult. Everyone does it. Well, I don't know. Is that what the messages you got after <laughs> yeah, you started on this show? Yeah, a lot of people say that. Accidents happen. A lot of people say, hey, thank yeah. you for doing they that. They just don't do it on live TV. Oh, okay, got it. Which I don't know if I have in a while. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I do. You never know. First time I've done it in quite some time. Ah, it doesn't sound like it. It was. All right, anyways, this guy doesn't do it because he's a professional. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's not just a professional human. He's actually a goat. He's the greatest of all time whenever it comes to college football coaching. And this weekend, boy, is he in a big one. The SEC championship is just two days away, and we're five days removed from one of the greatest endings in the history of college football. Ladies and gentlemen, head coach of Alabama, Nick Saban. Yeah, coach. Coach, coach, two days away uh, from a massive game. Biggest game of the year, obviously, because it's the next game, but it is also for a championship. We apologize for having a little short conversation. It did happen. We have a little adversity here. Capability gap is getting smaller, and we just kind of go right past it. You know what I mean? We put our blinders on, and we go to work. We learned that from you this year, Coach. Yes, sir. Well, this is all about maximizing opportunity. You know, guys have worked hard all year to create an opportunity for themselves. And, but you got to be able to turn the passion into execution, which takes a lot of discipline, a lot of focus. You got to practice right. And I told the players at the beginning of the week, you know, you got six days. You know, this time of the year, everybody's a little beat up. Everybody's a little tired. Everybody's a little hurt up. And a lot of you guys have played the sports. So you know what I mean when you get into the 13th game of the season. But, you know, you got to take that passion and be able to convert it into great preparation, right? So that when you get out and play in a game, you got confidence in what you got to do against a really good team. Before we look at this Georgia team that is very good, and I'm sure you've heard what Kirby has said about your quarterback, let's go back just because I haven't had an opportunity to ask you directly about it. Fourth and goal from the 31 in the Iron Bowl. And are you kidding me? We saw your reaction on the sideline. And you said, we work on this? I believe the term name is... Grave Digger. Grave Digger is the game. You said immediately afterwards, we actually work on this. When you see this ball flying through the sky towards Bond, Isaiah Bond, at the end of this whole thing, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? And what did you learn from your quarterback who seemed to be poised in the biggest moment of the year thus far for your team? 
Well, it was a great play, no doubt. And it's going to be one that's historical in terms of people remembering, you know, that particular play. But, you know, we've played some crazy games down there. Uh, and a lot of them get decided on the last play of the game. And I was standing in a great view of right where the ball was heading and right where Isaiah was. And when I saw him have an opportunity to catch this ball because he worked away from the defender, worked the back line and came back out, I said, you got a chance to catch this. <laughs> and um, when they got all those guys in the end zone and there was only two guys rushing, you know, it's tough to find an opening, but it was a great throw by the quarterback. It was a great catch, but it was a great job of Isaiah Bond working himself open relative to the design of the play. Yeah, it's going to be remembered forever, much like the kick six is and the amount of tears. Oh my I don't know God. if you watched clip back. A lot of Auburn yeah. crying fans Hell after yeah. that one. And there was a couple Alabama fans. We showcased them earlier in the week. Right before that play, there's an Alabama guy with his hat on. He's standing in there, and he says, come on. Here, this guy right here, fourth and goal on the 31. He has, come on, he had faith still in your team, as did everybody on your sideline. It pays off. The Iron Bowl delivers yet again. Let's talk about Jalen Milrow. Kirby Smart uh, was asked about him, and he said, hey, no offense to Tim Tebow. Okay, no offense to Tim Tebow. Anytime you say no offense at the beginning of your thing, what you're saying is this is a tough comparison, and this guy may be better. He said two different running styles. Then he says Lamar Jackson, he's just bigger, more physical, and everything like that. When you hear others talking about the quarterback that you've seen develop this year from being benched to where he is now, how does that make you feel? And what do you think you're going to see from Jalen Milrow this weekend against his Georgia Bulldog defense? Well, I hate to use the term that he was ever benched, uh, I think it was an opportunity to see what other players could do because we struggled a little early in the year. Okay. Uh, because he responded the right way uh, and worked on trying to become a better player at his position to be able to distribute the ball to the players so that they could make plays and not think that he just had to make plays. And I, I think, you know, he's a great ad lib guy when it comes to the play breaking down and being able to ad, ad lib because he is a great athlete. He is fast. He is physical, but he's got a great instinct for that. And I think that's what makes him, you know, most dangerous. Uh, but he's also a good passer and he's become a very good uh, processor of reading coverage and throwing the ball to the right guy. So all these things have contributed to, you know, his transformation as a player, our transformation as an offensive team uh, because of you know, the production that we're getting from the quarterback position and the execution we're getting from that position. And I think that's elevated the confidence of everybody on the offensive team. Yeah, I love watching him play. He is so much fun because one weekend he can go for four rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And then fourth and goal from the 31, he can put it into a bucket yeah. if he needs it. It's been fun to watch him develop. Just a redshirt sophomore, by the way. A lot of years left. Yeah. A lot of development still potentially out there. Go ahead, A.J. Coach, uh, can you talk about Milrose kind of progression as a leader? It seems like when you watch your, your team play, like they, they seem to the team responds very, very well to Milrose. He seems to have a good feel for the game, never seems too big for him. And guys seem to respond and really like him. Have you seen that kind of grow over the course of this season? I don't think there's any question about it. I think um, with his confidence, the confidence that the players around him had and um, how excited and enthusiastic they were about playing – and then, you know, Jalen has a great personality, so he's well-liked by his teammates. And then because of his performance, I think it developed into this tremendous respect and trust, uh, which is always, you know, a great indicator of someone with great personality that has this respect and trust of his teammates. 
know, that's what makes you a really good leader and people will follow you. And I think he's had a, a, a real positive impact on all the players on our team. He's, uh, we see him laugh. And then after that Auburn game was the first time I've seen like the Heisman, mm-hmm. give me that thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved watching him kind of develop into who he is this year. Let's talk about the team that you got to face on Saturday in the SEC championship down there, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Cannot wait to be down there and get a chance to feel the energy. Obviously it's different down there. And this is the two teams that everybody assumes and thinks is going to be playing against each other in this particular game. When you look at the other side, Whenever you look at Georgia, Carson Beck, you, you two are kind of similar, you know. Beginning of the year, nobody really knows what they're going to be. Brand new quarterback, Jalen Milrow, how are we doing? Are we playing our best football? Develop, develop, develop. Now Carson Beck is like 300 yards a game. Lab McConkey's healthy. Brock Bowers is out there. What do you see from this Georgia team that you guys have been, uh, I don't want to say worried about, but thinking about? And what do you expect from their offensive side and Carson Beck this weekend? I think this is the the most dynamic offense we've had to face all year long uh, because, A, they have great balance. they got a good offensive line. they got good runners. They can run the ball. Uh, then Carson Beck is an outstanding quarterback, uh, really makes good decisions, quick decisions, gets the ball out of his hand, hadn't been sacked much, and then he's got some mismatched players down the field. You mentioned both of them that are hard to guard. Uh, they do a great job from a, a scheme standpoint you know, putting those guys in positions where they have opportunities to make plays, and they've they've made them, tons of them. And this is a, a really, really good offensive football team all the way around. I mean, run, pass, play action pass, taking shots down the field. I mean, they're really well tied together, and they do a good job of executing. These guys are really well coached, and they got good players, and they execute well. Both teams seem to have a very blue-collar mentality. Had to get better this year. Different than years past. Can't wait for it. Feel like it's all adding up to a big one down in Atlanta. Tone has a question for you. Yeah, Coach, speaking of the blue-collar mentalities, I assume that's because of, of you and Kirby. And we, when we were down in Georgia, Kirby talked about you with great, great respect and um, kind of like your, your friendship. I, was, I, was asked, I wanted to ask, like, how is your current relationship? Will you talk before the game? Do you talk after the game? What is, what is yours and Curry's, or, sorry, Kirby's? current relationship well it's great uh, i think you know i'm I'm not one i don't think that you know we do a lot of talking during the season i don't spend much time on the phone during the season i don't think he does either uh, besides recruiting and um but i think there's a tremendous admiration and respect i mean kirby worked with us for what 10 11 years um and you know came up through the ranks as a really good assistant coach to becoming a coordinator uh, to get a head coaching job. And in each one of those venues of his responsibility, he did an outstanding job. I mean, he did a great job when he was here. Um, you know, you have a guy with you for that long. You know, your wife's in the hospital with his wife when he, she's having kids. I mean, so it, it's, it's a long-term relationship that, I, I mean, you got to play against each other. He's a great competitor. I respect that. Um, and we have a tremendous admiration and respect for each other. And, you know, I truly like Kirby because I, I really appreciate all that he did to help our program be successful for so many years and certainly respect what he's been able to accomplish as a head coach of Georgia. I mean, winning 29 games in a row, I mean, that is unbelievable. I mean, really. I mean, we won 19 games in a row twice here. And that was really, really hard to keep your players sort of doing the things they need to do. Don't allow any complacency. 
and all those things to creep into their preparation and how they go about their work. And he's done a phenomenal job. And friendship is great, but respect professionally is even greater. Your coaching tree is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not coaching, bad. coaching tree is pretty good. You should take a lot of pride in that. I assume you do. At some point, you'll look back upon the amount of lives you've changed, schools you've changed, programs you've changed. And this weekend, we'll get a chance to see a little bit of uh, branch on tree crime, potentially. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, AJ. Coach, does uh, playing in a so-called neutral site like this game is, I know you've been a part of a lot of these. I'm sure some of your players, obviously, as well. Does it uh, present any kind of unique challenges for you as a coach and your team? I think it's a little different probably playing indoors. Uh, that's probably the, the, the biggest difference. Um, you know, we all have indoor facilities, so you've been practicing outside all year, and then all of a sudden you're practicing inside, and it's a little bit different. Uh, but I, I think if you're a competitor and you're focused on what's happening on the field, the field's going to be 53 yards wide and 100 yards deep, whether it's inside, outside, on turf, not on turf. So, um, again, you got to – Focus the passion on the execution of the play and be able to do what you do better than the guy that you're playing against. And you're going to be playing against probably the best player you played against all year. So that that's really, you know, kind of my message to uh, what we need to do and what we have to do. And I don't think the circumstances of where we play should have a, 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 a big impact on that. Coach, it's a really cool stadium. The ludicrous dropped down from the sky last yeah, week. Yeah. It's really in the, in the top. It has like, <laughs> uh, I don't want to, for lack of a better term, sorry, I apologize for my cue. It's kind of like the way it opens up is an interesting manner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like a balloon knot almost. It's sure. a beautiful stadium. Beautiful stadium down there. Coach Pagano has a question for you about coaching. Hey, Coach, I know these are two teams. You just talked about Kirby. Um, two teams that know each other very, very well. Um, from a game plan standpoint, strategy standpoint, do you to counteract that, do you go and try to do things maybe a lot different, some different, or do you just say, hey, look, they are who they are, we are who we are, and you just you just go play the game? Because I've, I've overcooked it. I've, I've changed signals. I've done all sorts of stuff going up against Brady or going up against Manning, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, what, what do you think on that, on that coach? I think if you change too much, uh, first of all, you got to adapt what you do to what they do. All right. So that's some change in and of itself uh, that the players have to go through. And I think if you change too much, you know, two things can happen. One, the players can look at you and say, why don't you think we can go play well enough in what we know and what we've been doing to be able to execute in this game and do a good job. Why we have to change everything. I mean, so you're dealing with that psychological aspect of it. But the second part of it is, is you want to put your players in the best position relative to what they got. So you have to tweak some things uh, to be able to do it. And, you know, we all as coaches, you know, we look at the games that they played and we say they had issues with this. So maybe we should, you know, try to do that. And I, I think you do a little bit of that, but, not more than the players can actually um, handle in terms of uh, the execution because you got to adjust this stuff out against everything they might do. And if you want to focus on execution, uh, you may not be able to get that done as well as you'd like to. I think that's my favorite part. And, AJ, you'll probably agree to this. This is just another game. This is just another game. With that being said, 
Change everything. Hey, look, we need we need a whole new line. It is coaches and players are like, wait a minute, what? Uh, okay, this is not another game. Uh, clearly, nope. let's talk about this game. You're going to win another SEC championship. Okay, that's the goal. That's the mission. I don't know if you've paid attention to the conversation much outside of that, but if you guys go in there and win, and I'm obviously just two years into this entire world and under not nowhere near understanding how it works, but learning of it, they're saying you guys win. Maybe no SEC representation in the college football playoff. Is that something you've heard? How do you compartmentalize that going into such a big game? And what are your opinions on that even being a real thing that's happening right now? Well, I I think, first of all, I haven't paid a lot of attention to it because, um, you know, we don't really control that. We have no control over that. We have control over how we play, uh, how we execute, how we prepare our team, and that's where our focus is. I think there should be some representation from the SEC, regardless of who wins the game. Absolutely. I think this is one of the best leagues, um, you know, in the country. Uh, And if you're a one loss team and you play through this league, uh, I think you're one of the best four teams in the country. So there's some kind of way there should be representation, some kind of way uh, because of the league itself and the competition in the league. So, but I don't pay a lot of attention to it because we can't control it. And I don't really want our players to pay attention to it either. I want them to focus on what they have to do to play well and have a chance to be successful in this game and have a chance to win the SEC championship. That, that's the opportunity they created for themselves. I love that. And I can't wait to talk to you next week, depending upon what happens here. You are the man. Thank you for allowing us to ride this season alongside of you. And good luck to the boys on Saturday in Atlanta. Hey, I appreciate it, but I have one question. Why, why are we beating up on AJ so bad? Listen, AJ said some things yesterday. Just a primate, mm-hmm. just a primate Yeah, thing, he coach. said some things know. yesterday, Coach. He said some stuff. They can't handle the truth, Coach. I mean, he seems like one of the, not no disrespect to anybody else, but one of the nicest guys on this oh. program. Coach? Thank you, Coach. Listen, you we'll can get, be nice and still talk about primates at the same time. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Everything else you talk about, there. Coach. We'll get a chance to hang out in real life one time, and you'll get a chance to feel the toxicity actually flowing out of that one over there, but never out of you, which is what we are incredibly appreciative of. You've been very professional with us all year. That's very kind of you. And let's go get a championship this weekend, Hell Coach. Yeah. Let's go do it. We'll do the best we can. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, man. Ladies Have a good day, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Coach Nick Saban. Yeah. How do you feel like you duped that man? How do you feel like you duped that man? I hear a lot of people. What does he think you guys are picking on me? What do you see? I assume there was just a lot of videos of us saying, is that right, AJ? Okay, Hawk. A lot of that. You know, I get that from numerous people, by the way. They're like, AJ's a good boy, isn't he? Just kind of. They don't know. Just kind of be a good boy. They don't know him like we know him the same way. I'm like, just, okay. (laughs) Just listen to what he's saying. And instead of saying he's a good boy, think like, oh, that's the most toxic human on earth. Mm -hmm. You're like, what? No, that's no. that's the toxic gotta, table. I'm yeah, like, have to define what toxic is first. Also, like, you got to define toxicity. Also. You know I mean, it. You know yeah, exactly. Know. If you're trying to redefine what toxicity is, probably rather toxic human being. Yeah, I mean, he exudes being a sack of shit. We know that <laughs> right. being around him a lot. You know, I mean, to the outside world, yeah, he he's a nice boy. Look at that haircut. He's a good, a great father, and he is a great father. But he is also Ohio. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. An Ohio he, sack. He invited 50,000 people to the Capitol on his birthday for his party. Okay. A lot of conversation oh, about that here a couple years later. AJ, hope you're happy about your birthday party on January 6th. That is his birthday. We're just letting it you is. know. Yep. It is. That is his birthday. Yep. You know what's so there. cool about that, AJ and the boys? What's that? Like, he's got the biggest game, right, of the season coming up in, what, two days? Yeah. And you and you alone – and the rest of the boys on it can only bring that out of coach right there. What's it uh, like hey, for him to get have a little bit of jocularity at this point? I know that is. Uh, like, I lo- we love the no, jocularity. It's, it's no, it's awesome, and to see him be able to relax like that, and then and then those you know, college coaches. What you were there for? Because you know, years. coach. I mean, yeah, I saw yeah, they'd like, be on at all times. Always, always. It's got. And if you lose one game, the whole season's everything you did all off season, pretty much done. Yeah, it's like th- how tightly wound these college football coaches are. It's a different level than I think the NFL guys, I, personally. Yeah, I mean, especially down there at that level, the expectations are what they are. Yeah, like think about Ryan Day. Bingo. Think about Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Day. He comes on our show. He's talking to Lou Holtz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets off that stage immediately. He's like, I got to win every single game because they're going to bring up me talking to Lou Holtz. If I lose this weekend, it is. They're going to kill my family. They're going to kill me. I mean, that is that is not a job that I desire at all or envy anybody that's in it. But what I've learned here is the traits that you have to have is you have to be super focused. Yeah. And if you're not, it's going to be held against you, not by other teams, but by your own fan base right. who's going to be looking to get rid of you and find somebody else and get you out of town. I mean, where else outside of maybe like four or five places could you be like 50 and four or whatever he is and then <laughs> yeah. being like, we need to get this son of a bitch out of town right now. Get his family out of the state. <laughs> yeah, absurd. It's this, absurd. Is, this is an embarrassment. It's like NFL guys, NFL coaches come on uh, the show. And Artie Smith was getting a little bit, but not if Artie Smith, whenever they who's in the lead in the NFC South right now, mm-hmm. but when he was coming on the show, if he was a college coach and they would lose Whoa. when he would come on the show, he would they would have burned his house. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, it, it, it's a whole different. You can't be having fun if our team's not winning. That's college, and I want to let you know, I respect and appreciate the hell out of it because it's the reason why the atmospheres. Mm-hmm. Are what they are. That amount of passion and like live and die with every single snap that college football has, it's tough to find anywhere else in the world. They say soccer, right? They say Mm -hmm. soccer, they do that. Is Burnley calling for this guy, company's job? That would happen in college football three, four, five weeks ago if that was happening. So I understand the hooligans of Europe are certainly a, a loyal crew and it's our city that we are fighting for. And we have a lot of respect for that. And the fans in Europe are awesome. The way they can make a song, the way they can have the amount of energy that they have, how dedicated they are, sweet. But in America, like college football is the closest thing we have. They're not, they don't have time for the coach to figure it out. It's you went, you went in now or you are the hell out of our school. You don't deserve to represent our school. It's bananas. So I do. Jimbo. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Look at Jimbo. You're paying Jimbo $76 million to fire him and then bring yeah. another coach in and hire and pay that guy a bunch of money too. Like, yeah, you have to win. That's, that's the difference between college football and yeah. soccer. It's yep. like, and I assume they get loud about their coaches too. I'm not saying you don't, but I'm saying in college, at that level where we have the fan bases that we have that we're talking about right now, it's like we do, we do not have time. We, and we need to – if the spread is 20 Oof. and we don't win by that, that means you're underperforming yep. how we could be playing. And are we going to let that happen? No way. you got to win by the amount you're supposed to win. And if you lose, don't even go in public. That is what college football is. It's a beautiful thing, but I would never in a million years want to coach it, ever. 
Not never nope. no, out there. And like a bunch of these schools in the SEC who see like Georgia has won 29 games in a row and you also have Alabama and it's like teams that haven't been nationally relevant in several years and their fan base is still like, uh, yeah, you got to go win the SEC this year. Okay. Like we don't like Mississippi State. It's like, hey, we need to win 10 games this year. Oh okay? Miss. Yeah, exactly. All those schools. It's like it, it does not matter that you have the top dogs in your conference. Like just by association, it's like, hey, if, if you don't win this year, we're going to fire your ass. We're going to find someone who will. Shouts college football. Yeah. Yep. Shouts to say. Let's get back to the NFL. Big news at your team, oh, yeah. Boston Connor. Let the world know. Yeah, huge news. Uh, Mac Jones sitting behind in practice yesterday. They're doing during the media portions. Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, the only two quarterbacks throwing with the offense. Now, obviously, you know, we've seen Mac. He's probably done in New England. I think all signs point to that because of this now. And they'll put zip on the ball, Zappi, in the game for sure. Uh, I'm not too too happy about it, really, just because any change, sometimes I can galvanize a team. We need these boys pissed off. But uh, then, you know, you hear what Juju Smith-Schuster has to say about Bailey Zappi. I think, Foxy, you got it, yep. Uh, he's a handsome dude, man. Uh, he plays very well. And uh, when he makes a decision, he, it's, it's made. Yeah. He was right behind the reporter that asked that question. Yep, uh-huh. We have to clarify that. Unbelievable. I mean, think about what he said. He's handsome. He, when he makes a decision, that decision's made. Uh, we've broken Juju Smith-Schuster. I say, that's the not New my Patriots. Juju. Yeah, the New England Patriots have broken Juju Smith-Schuster. It is very easy to tell. Uh, I don't know if he's still doing TikToks, which if he isn't, that that's bad for Juju's mental health. But from, from hearing that... Sounds like nobody likes each other on the offensive side of the ball. He went on to say about Malik Cunningham, like, that's a dangerous dude right there. You do not want to see him. Didn't really hear that about Zip on the ball, (laughs) Zappy, but I I still appreciate. Nah, the reporter that posted that video said that Bailey Zappy was standing right behind him. So Juju was talking to Bailey Zappy. He was was actually in jest. He was... That's kinship. Well, yeah. not sure. I'm not sure if they played the question. The question was, what, what are the strengths uh, at quarterback that Billy Zappi has? That was the question. So for him to just go right to handsome, I, I, I know what you're saying. We all saw what Zappi did last week, okay? What was that? We all saw the fake spike interception. Excuse me, that was two weeks ago. Holy shit. That's how bad this team is. We all saw that happen. And then last week, Zappi comes in and Chuck Ryland, who again, great kicker at Maryland, Drafted him in the fourth round over Nick Folk. And a funny stat about Nick Folk, I think he's hit about 50 field goals straight inside of 50 yards. That was a 35-yard field goal Chad Ryland missed. Now, no one was happier in America than myself when Chad Ryland missed that field goal. But when you got wide receivers coming out talking about the quarterback who you're going with this upcoming week against the Justin Herbert Chargers, who absolutely, that is a firestorm in itself, but they are still, what a ball. That's Mac, okay? That's not the handsome quarterback. Oh, never mind. That is Bailey Zappi. That's how bad he is, too. They all look the same. Jeez, what? All white people look the same or throwing picks for New England? No, no, no. For a game-winning game-winning field? Everybody is much better looking than I am as a white person, and you can actually kind of just go that across the board when it comes to humanity, but when we're talking about New England Patriots football, when it's a white guy and a quarterback, yeah, they all look the same right now because they're all throwing picks and none of them can throw for over 200 yards. And I believe what I heard you say earlier, to stay on that note, you do not want Malik Cunningham touching that football. Not once. Now, this is week five. Why is that? Because Malik Cunningham is going to around and win probably the last six games. And we we can't have It's too late. It is too 
late. I, I love the fact that Malik Cunningham is finally on the active roster. You know, it, it was fun, you know, week seven when he was on the active roster and we would run, run a read option where it wasn't even a read option because he just handed off. So even if he could run, they wouldn't let him. But it's too late, okay? It's week 13. I wanted to see Malik. I think all of Patriots fans want to see Malik after we lost 38-3 to in Dallas, okay? That is when it was, okay, this is a Super Bowl defense, 38 to 3 against Mac Jones. He had a pick six in that game as well. Deron Bland, shout out. You're welcome. And that's why now seeing Malik Cunningham come in, it's just painful because if he does well, then it's. It's okay. only affected. But then you don't have to draft one of those top quarterbacks if he does. Because you got well. Malik. Yeah, sure. And, and I'm, I completely agree. That, that's possible. I want Joe Harrison. Okay, I want. He I want, said he might go back to Ohio State, which which would be valid. Same with Caleb Williams. You guys want to come out this year? Sure. Mar- no, sense. Caleb Williams, uh, different reasoning than Marvin Harrison. Did you hear this? There was a quote that came out. I don't know if I got God or not, but Marvin Harrison Jr. still wondering if he wants to come back, beat Michigan, and win a Big Ten title. There you go. Maserati Marv said that. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if he's calling himself that, but like the uh, the his great nickname, Love mm-hmm. Gus Johnson. But yeah, he is that real? You saw that as well, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I think everybody's hope hopeful here in Ohio that it's real. Yeah, I mean, and if there if there ever was a star that would do that, Marvin does seem like you know he's he's a unique dude. He is such like you've never heard anything bad about him. He works so hard. He treats everybody unbelievable. You saw when he came to the the set when we were there for game day. He took pictures of all my kids and their friends and was super cool to everybody. And I only hear great things from everyone inside the facility too. So if there was somebody that would come back, it would be a guy like Marv. But man, that's a that's a big deal. How many million are you guys paying him over there in Ohio State? How much does he get? I think honestly, I don't. I don't know. I have five. no clue. It's got to be a couple. It's, I, it's, I think it's. He's taking less. I, I think he easily could get more other places. They. He's like loyal and everything. This is what that. we're talking about with that nil money potentially being like. Uh, can you wait another year? Maybe we'll give you another five million. Maybe we uh, just continue to build upon it. You'll be the first non-quarterback taken in this draft. I assume that'll happen again. But if he gets hurt, yeah, and he's not able to do it, I guess he could get hurt in the NFL though too. That's yeah. a whole different ball game. Whenever you talk about it, Coach Pagano obviously coached. In college football for 18 years, very different now than it was back then. And I think the Marvin Harrison Jr. NIL money conversation leads perfectly into what Coach Rule of Nebraska said just yesterday. I didn't know that this is kind of how it is. Coach Rule was either giving an announcement to the Nebraska boosters or to the college football fans as a whole about the state of where we are right now with the transfer portal. Someone who's uh, instant impact upgrade, you know, like someone who can make a difference. Um, Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 on the same page, right? Just so, so we're all. Um, let's, let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So um, a couple of press people um, looked at him like, what? You know, there's some yeah. people that have six, mm-hmm. six yeah. or seven million dollar players playing for him. So. Yeah, and that was an announcement to the boosters, I think, just like Ryan Day did a couple years ago where he was like, this is how much it's going to cost, this is going to cost. But anytime you hear actual numbers being projected in this new era of NIO football, it is, it's like, damn, good for these guys. Cam Ward, Washington State, I believe he's got a couple million dollar offers to go somewhere else in the transfer portal. Chuck Pagano, how do you think you handle that? What What do you, you were 18 years in college, vastly different. You guys are paying people under the table yeah, cheating right, at the time. Now it's just kind of standard operating procedure. It's like free agency almost. Chuck and I, DJ who was at Clemson, then he went to Oregon State. He's in the transfer portal now. Uh, Guy down in uh, Utah State, Levi Levi Williams. Levi Williams not going to the transfer portal to go anywhere else after leading his team to a big-time win over New Mexico. He's going to the Navy SEALs. This guy is our hero. 
Levi Williams, quarterback of Utah State, who literally just put the team on his back this past weekend in double overtime to beat New Mexico. He said, I'm foregoing my final year. I'm going to go train to be a Navy SEAL because I love this country and I want this country to always be great. Hey, Levi, we salute you, pal. Love you, Levi. Let's go. We need more Levi Williamses out there. Now, if he had the chance to go make one, one and a half, two million dollars in the transfer portal, I would be singing a different tune. I'd say, hey, Levi, I appreciate your mentality and your mindset and what you want to do for this country and for all the citizens that live here. But also, let's get our money. You know, let's go say, we'll let the other people who have your mindset do it. But the fact that he's like, nah, I need to go right now. Levi, we love you, pal. We love you, pal. We love Levi. But Chuck, aside from that, whenever you think about free agency in college football, what do you think that Matt Rule is dealing with, and why do you think he's telling us publicly? Do you think he's just as surprised as everybody else about the state of college football right now? No, but he wants to, to your point, he wants his boosters to know. He wants everybody to know that, hey, if I don't have this money, I can't go get player X, Y, or Z, and they go somewhere else, and then they end up coming back and beating us. So I I tried to tell you guys, we got to have the money to go get these guys. And from a loyalty standpoint, you know, there isn't any anymore. Like if a guy, like you're talking about Cam, what's his last name? The guy Washington? Ward. Ward. Cam Ward, good player, right? Yeah. So would we hold it against him if somebody came and, and offered him him and his family life-changing, life-changing mm-hmm. money? No. You can't do it anymore. And like Marvin Harrison Jr., you're talking about that. AJ, I mean, he is a different kid. He is a great kid. We know how good a player his dad was, what a good person he was and all that. But if I'm him and I'm his father and I'm – Educating him and consulting him and, and saying, hey, no, I am not. Yeah, let's going. see what Justin Jefferson's deal is. Oh. Let's see what the next no. – uh, yeah. obviously, Tyreek, I paid a bunch of money. You know and- what I'm saying? How, how can you risk that? You talk about injury. You can get a Lloyd's of London. You can take out an insurance policy or whatever. But I got a Lloyd's of London can't, one time. It was 60-some thousand dollars for nothing. I would have had to get my legs school, sawed off like by somebody else's school pays clean. for it now. I think they'll pay for the Lloyd's of London for you now. It's expensive. It's just quite a but racket. Still though, like, but if it's, more, if it's a player, you can get a Lloyd's of London worth 100 mil. Like, If you can't play football again, that's, that's everything. Like, That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's what, and that's, that's what, what has to about. happen to get that's your payout yeah. from Lloyd's of London, yeah. pretty much. Oh, yeah. When I got franchise tagged, you know, everybody was like, you, all, you know, you got <laughs> yeah. to do something. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll look into it, did the whole process. How much am I paying? Jeez, that's a lot of money out of my pocket. You, but, and then you start reading through the contract, and it's like, what has to happen for me to yeah, collect? As a punter, though, to do it as, a, as like a specialist is weird because it has to be, you can't play again. You basically, like you said, you have yeah. to get your leg chopped off. Paid for that, but at a football, yeah, it, it not, yeah. can't even can't even just have a good friend of mine who might be Italian take the wood chipper to my right leg mm-hmm. and just say, "Hey, we're getting twenty five million. It's gonna suck for a little bit." Mm-hmm. You know, can't can't just even do that. It has to be it's, it has to be like a a football like a football has to get thrown by somebody mm-hmm. and it has to pierce my quad oh. and go through my femur out the other side and I can never punt a ball again and get it. It's like this feels like a racket. Really, you gotta get it. Got Never it. know. So like Never a Vince McMahon punt yeah. to your knee would have done. Yeah. Bingo. Okay. What he did to my lungs yes. and to my ribs mm-hmm. in Jerry World, the site of tonight's Thursday Night Football game, mm-hmm. right in the middle of it, yep. with 100,000 WWE Universe members looking on where he punted that football. What was it? Four ribs. I don't remember. Yeah. 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 Yep. Four Dirty ribs. Dirty move. Dirty move. Where'd he get that football? He pulled that thing out of his ass? I didn't know the match was happening. All of a sudden, he's got a football to punt through this entire thing. But yes, that's what would have had to happen. But Vince McMahon would have had to be a football person. Right. Damn. So he would have had to be a football person that did that to my leg. And it's like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be, I mean, who knows how many trades for quarterbacks there will be up at the top. 
you know, especially with the way they're talking about quarterbacks these days and the action. Everybody's saying he'd be the number two overall pick, number three overall pick. Well, that's not going to be the case because they're going to trade up to get quarterbacks yeah. before him. But he's going to be a top five pick. The money he's going to get in his rookie contract, huge. Yeah. And that next contract yeah, that Justin Jefferson and Tyreek and everybody said in there is about to be massive. But he'd never beat Michigan. Never. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he didn't beat Michigan over there, Tone. Yeah, it, it rules talking about million dollars for these quarterbacks. Like to some of these boosters, like if you're a quarterback away, like that million is not like who's it? KJ Jefferson's out there, Riley Leonard's out there, Will Howard's out there, DJ Uyunglele's out there. Like a lot of these teams, like a lot of these quarterbacks are, I think they're worth it these days. Like, like what is, um, what's his name? Sam Hartman did for Notre Dame. Like if they didn't have a quarterback, they wouldn't have been even in the conversation at all this year. They're allegedly targeting Riley Riley Leonard Leonard and Duke who went in (laughs) to the transfer portal. But, you know, Mike Elko is a Texas A&M. Yeah, that would make sense. Riley Leonard was his quarterback there. Texas A&M got money. They do. A lot of it. So with the free agency potential thing there, good luck to Riley Leonard. Good luck to all the boys. Good luck to all quarterbacks that are bouncing back from Achilles tears in 11 weeks. Yeah, sure. Yesterday, obviously, Aaron Rodgers hit the practice field, and the world was a buzz. Not only the internet, because this is ridiculous to watch, this slow-motion video has been seen by millions millions of people that are fans of Aaron and the Jets, and those are haters as well. Completely baffled by the fact that this is just 77 days removed from an Achilles surgery. He looks comfortable, he looks in control, and the arm is as good as it has ever been. Chuck, we talked to you a little bit about if Aaron Rodgers returns. Now, they got to win like two of the next three games. He could potentially come back in the next 21 days. That's why they activated him off the the IR. His window opened up yesterday. You made a, a pretty quick point immediately upon learning that he could potentially be a quarterback in the NFL, former defense coordinator, defensive-minded guy. What are you doing with this Aaron Rodgers news? Well, if he if he lines up under center, like, to his point, he said, I'm not going to come, if I can't protect myself, right? Yeah. So the first thing I'm thinking about is, if I'm the first defensive coordinator to go against this guy, I'm going to find out if he can. If he can, if he's mobile enough. And so, and he's got... We know how smart he is. He's seen everything. He has great recall. There's not a blitz that he has not seen. But house, I don't care. We're bringing it. I, I don't care. Double mug, eight guys up, zero look, picket fence in the back end. D-Butt shows you all those looks, right? He's going to see it all, and he's going to – you got to find out if he can move, if he can – can you imagine the first time he's really got to, like, take first one. and take a, take a hard step right, left, up, back? And try to get out of harm's way. You got to you got to find that out. He understands that. He knows that. And then the the offensive line itself in front of him. I mean, there's a lot of people that are saying, why Why would he come back? Why exactly. would he come? Why Why is this guy? You know him better than anybody. And I know him a little bit, obviously, after getting a chance to chat with him for the last four three. This is year four, right? Yeah. Four four, yeah. four yeah. years getting a chance to chat with him, learn about him, hang out with him a little bit. Him being able to come back at 39 faster than any human in the history of science is obviously a piece that's sitting right there on the shoulder every single day whenever he wakes up, motivating him to go through this rehab and recovery the way it is. But the the narrative now has become, and that's the first time I've heard about, like, he literally said... If Aaron comes back, defense coordinator, that's his first thought. He's like, we are bringing eight. I mean, it is first play, then what? Second play, then what? Third play. Mm -hmm. We are going to find out. I haven't even thought about that particular thing yet because it's like, should he come back if this team isn't in it and they're not that great? What do you think is the big motivating factor behind Aaron? And how do you think this whole thing plays out over the next few weeks, AJ? Well, I think it definitely depends on how the team does. It would be nice if the team could get a couple wins 
uh, for him in the next couple weeks to kind of keep that, that trajectory where he feels good about continuing his rehab to, like, to potentially play in a game, which is crazy to think of. But I, why not? Like, it's a terrible – like, everything, all the buildup, we all saw everything that happened. He runs with the flag out there. He's, all these people are on the sidelines. Then, bam, he, he pops out Achilles – I think from that and like probably the following morning, he probably was thinking, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing this. Like I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna find a way to get back on the field." A because he loves playing football. That's the number one reason. He's a competitor, and we all know from him coming on here. What did Osho he say? Proving people wrong too, and stacking chips. And yeah, why wouldn't you? Like he's gonna be working to rehab anyway. Why not rehab to get on the field? Osho said something about attention. And yeah, he doesn't oh, care really? about his teammates. Only wants attention. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. It's like how come never, nobody ever because he is this hippie and everything. You ever film? You ever film like a birthday post where he was like sitting outside of the house, like saying happy birthday? To <laughs> All right. I mean, there's a lot of things we could potentially dive into this one. one with that particular statement. We will choose oh, not to. It's your birthday today too. All right. So let's just uh, <laughs> a lot of things. We could potentially go in, but it never gets talked about. Like that dude loves football. That dude loves ball. He's old school football guy. Yeah, that is, that is literally in his think heart, of, in his think soul. Think of how, how pumped we were. How pumped Greeny was. Everybody through the whole offseason. Once he signed training camp, we watched Hard Knocks. I'm sure he was very excited about everything. And so then for that to be taken away like it was. Yeah, he wants to do whatever is possible to get out there as fast as he can. Everything that he does that people attack, you know. It's all so he could be a football player. Yes. You know, people say like, uh, "Well, he, he does. He is not married. He doesn't have kids. He goes and does weird ayahuasca and darkness retreats." It's like, well, ayahuasca. He was trying to get better mm-hmm. mentally yeah. so that he could become a better human, a better himself, a better football player. He doesn't have a family. He doesn't have kids. It's like, well, you know, that's because <laughs> the guy's a football. Like, yeah. nobody really talks about how this dude is addicted to football. He's a lover of ball. Like, that is what he – he loves football. Football, it's not his identity because whenever he's done with football, he'll be able to go on and do whatever the hell he wants. We all know that. We understand that. And most people haven't even really heard him play the guitar yet. Oh, oh man. <laughs> he can really – he can shred the shit he out of a guitar. Pick. I did not expect that. I walked into a room real high over mm-hmm. there in California, <laughs> and all of a sudden I see this hippie with long hair just shredding yep. on a guitar, and I'm like, of course – that's, uh, of course, mm-hmm. of course you can. That's just how it is. But he he is an old school love football guy. So this being away from football, like I think his first post was a picture of him staring at the field. And he was like, great to be back out here. I think a lot of people think that they'll be able to leave the game and it'll be easy. Aaron's been in this thing for 18 years at the highest level, let alone his entire childhood. Football has given him so much, and he has given football a lot. Him being taken away from the sport, I think he's only reinvigorated his love for this entire thing. So maybe he just wants to get back because he loves ball. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Has that ever been something that has uh, been chatted about? I do not think so. Yeah, and it it makes sense why he would, too, because of how much he loves the game. You, You can see that when he talks to us. But by all accounts, old school guy... As someone who cares for Aaron, we just need to say, look, you did it. You made it back. Please do not. One series out. like preseason. Exactly. Make it like preseason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do a couple drives. Maybe. You know, do a couple of these. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Throw a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Do whatever you need to do. Back shoulder one. Ooh. Late game. Give, give the Jets fans like, oh, this is what next year's going to yeah. be. This is why we're not firing Hackett. This is why we're not firing yeah. Salah. Yeah. Bingo. If he wants to do that, sweet. But we do not recommend getting out there. I don't want him on the field if, if there's 15 minutes on the clock and it's the first quarter. I, he can go out and do all that stuff if, if they are down by. He can't be starting the game against the ones in a close game. I'm sorry. I don't want him to get hurt. I want the full season. And unfortunately, we didn't get that this year. And that's just the reality 
of what it is, okay? The the other reality is if he goes out there and there are a bunch of chucks in the NFL, which, which there are, which there are, yeah, there's about a thousand of these. Yeah, guys. and they line up that eight, and I'm assuming even if they were to line up that eight right across from Aaron, he's probably still throwing the ball back shoulder. Garrett Wilson having success, but just the off chance that something goes wrong and next year is screwed up for not only the Jets and Aaron especially. It just doesn't. It doesn't sit well with me. See, okay? Aaron, Aaron doesn't have this negative mindset, though. I agree. It's all exactly. positive. Nothing will ever go wrong. It's going to be a great experience for next year. It's going to get the boys juice for next year. It's going to go. Is great. it uh, December twentieth? Twenty fourth is the Commanders game. Yeah, yeah, and that's the Christmas night before Christmas present that he's given everybody. As we get to watch him play Commanders. Yeah. Yeah. One Christmas present you get. Jets are out, but Commanders stink. So. Yeah. You got a good defense, huh? Yeah, the they two, guys yeah. two in the middle. Fired two of the, the highest paid. Though. And well, the secondary coach. Up. There's yeah, a little dust up. There's a little uh-huh. dust up over there. Mm-hmm. That commander's defense coordinator. Yep. Sam House still lead the league in passing yards? Ooh, I don't know. We got some interesting stats from him, though. I do not believe any commanders once have made it through. That yeah, makes sense. Not many. I think he is. I think Let's talk about a couple other things that are happening, especially because we have Chuck Pagano. There's a lot of rumors that Jim Harbaugh is going to be back in the NFL this upcoming uh, next season. Now this is every offseason since Jim Harbaugh has been a successful coach in the NFL. Now Diana Russini on Calling Cowherd Show basically hinted that the Chicago Bears have had conversations about bringing Harbaugh in. A lot of people have kind of connected Harbaugh Harbaugh to the Chicago Bears because of the area he played there and also the new president he knows from the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. I've continued to maintain the fact that I don't think Jim Harbaugh is a guy that necessarily just forgets stuff. Him and Kevin Warren did not get along at the end of his Big Ten commissionership. No. But Diane Rossini obviously has sources. Harbaugh coming back to the NFL, we don't know if it's true or not. Chuck, as a coach in the NFL, massive respect for Harbaugh as an NFL coach. And what do you think Jim Harbaugh looks for in a team that he's going to come back to the NFL if he chooses to do so? Well, ownership, first and foremost. And then from a GM standpoint, if he, if he does it, I think he'd be fabulous. He, he's awesome. He's a, the personality, the sound bites, the pressers, all that cleats. comes with him. Yeah. Cleats, right. the khakis, right. the Carhartt. Glasses, you know, glasses are absurd. Right? Yeah, yeah. Milk. I mean, and, and think what he did, you know, with Kaepernick all the way back in the day at San Fran. He was doing what everybody's doing now, and he's bringing that back with the with the college quarterback and the college system and the RPOs and all that stuff and the way he loves to run run the football. Yeah, make, it makes perfect sense. And if if I'm an owner and I got a proven product, why am I going to go try to find you know a needle in a haystack when I can go grab this guy who's got a 44 and I think nineteen record. Is that good? in in in, in is that pro football? Why, so so like why that. am I going to go try to get one of these? You know. Okay, so let's go to another place, Carolina. They got a lot of money. They got an owner that's very active, though. Is that a desirable place for a coach to go to? Obviously, there's only thirty two head coaching jobs. But if you're Harbaugh and there's going to be plenty of suitors, we're not saying he's leaving Michigan. Just if it was to happen, there's a lot more smoke coming from that conversation around the entire NFL, as there always has been. And maybe that's just Harbaugh's agent to renegotiate another deal sure. with Michigan, which has certainly happened in the past. But if Harbaugh has a lot of opportunity, and there's other coaches that potent Ben Johnson, who has potentially a lot of opportunity out of Detroit. Are you wanting to go to Carolina at this stage? And, and how do you feel about <laughs> how that no. all worked out? No, no, no. Okay. Why would you? I mean, other than if, if hey, I need a guaranteed contract of 15 million. Okay, fine. But they're competitors. <laughs> they want to win, and they want to win championships. I listen to Elko, right? Mike Elko going to A&M with the reason. He wants to He doesn't give a shit about any of that other stuff. Yeah. He wants to win. 
and Ben Johnson, Brian Johnson, whoever these Mike McDonald at, at the Ravens, these young guys, these guys that are going to be getting interviews. You want to go somewhere where you got great ownership, you got a great partnership with a GM that they're going to put you together with. You guys are in lockstep, and you guys have a same vision, same philosophy about players, about whatever. Jacked but up. you can't go down to a place that. No, because you can't. You can't be successful. Sounds like. Right now. By the way, he's he has a lot of coach friends mm-hmm. too, and he immediately. Now, yeah. if you want just the money, go get the money, get the check, and get run out of town after you know That's eleven it. ball games. Speaking of money. There's a bunch of advertising coming on the other side of this break. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow. Feel good Friday in about 20 hours. I think we got it. Let's go. Good work on that. I heard the music. I heard you. You adapted there. Yep. Look at you, Chuck. Look at you, TV guy. Uh I think I heard the music. You did? You did not not hear the music? No, hell no. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Play that? You can't hear that? I can hear that now. Oh, but you were oh, so no, 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 beat up the mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did beat the hell out of the mic and jacked up about it. Let's talk about that Tepper situation down there, though, because that was awesome. Big yeah. fan, huh? That was, that was awesome. Love, so, so what do you? What exactly is not ideal down there? Yeah, we'll why get, is that not a desirable job, Chuck? Yeah, what's not yeah. ideal down there? You think? Well, say it, Chuck. Don't be. Come on, don't be over a lot of coaches right now. I mean, the owner, the owner's been through. All right, six. Yeah, head coaches. Mm-hmm. Okay, four. I think in the net was it three? How many with the soccer team? Two, 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 and then four. Yeah, but interim head count interim. Co- it's it's well, they're still. It's yeah. just. It's still. Th- he still gave the job to Wilkes a year ago, right? Yep. And then let him go. So it's not like you're saying fired him, but he didn't keep him, right? So so there's there's the laundry list. So. What gives you any, I mean, trust and hope that you're going to go down? Like, ownership is everything. And then that GM, that, that you know, Jim always talked about the three pillars. Yeah. Being all connected, all on the same page, same vision, all that kind of stuff. No, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't give you a chance. What about Tabor? And, and you look at what they gave away to get Bryce. Yeah. You know, people still trust in Bryce and feel like he's going to be okay if they get you know, the right coaching around him and, and, and some peep and some pieces, the offensive line, the way he's been hit. I mean, for his size, I credit him because everybody talked about him being so small and so frail and to get beat up like he's been beat up. That left, that right or left tackle, which one of those tackles Icky. did they take a few years ago? Icky. Yeah, six, six overall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a damn turnstile. <laughs> coach. I mean, he's like going to the mall. He's a good kid. He's trying, <laughs> Coach. Come on. Oh, oh no. Kill him. Sure. 180. Kill him. <laughs> I mean, it's awful. Okay, so let's talk about Tabor, though. Tabor just got the new job, obviously. <laughs> Love you know Chris him. Tabor. He's, Love he's awesome. He, we were together in Chicago. He's our special teams guy. Um, his units have, have performed everywhere he's been. He'll, he'll, do a, he'll do a good job down there. Made some other changes, I guess, but he, he's, he's awesome. He's, he's got a, no he's shot keeping his job, though, right? I. I, no I don't know if he'd want it. Don't he want Ben Johnson? Don't he, didn't he want Ben Johnson last year? Yeah. He wanted yeah. it a year ago, and Ben said, I ain't going. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he's going to change So isn't he going to throw him a bunch of money, try to bring him over? Yep. That's what you're saying? It's like a $50 million guarantee, like one of these college deals is what it's probably going to take to get So a if you're Jimmy Sexton or whoever Ben's agent is, which, whichever guy it I is. I love that Jimmy runs the college coaching thing and also the NFL stuff. He's got it all. Hey, way to go, you Southern yeah. handsome bastard. You. What if Tabor fired Deuce because... Tapper asked Deuce to be the head coach, and Deuce said no. He's like, fine, we'll give it to Chris Tabor. Chris Tabor's like, you son of a bitch, now I got to do these Monday meetings? Yeah, I wonder Get if... Get the fuck out. What if Tabor actually loves Deuce Staley? 
Yes. He loves Josh McCown. He's like, go get a head start. Yeah. Get, <laughs> get away. Get out of here. Incredible. Run as fast as you can. <laughs> Don't you ever come back. <laughs> yeah. You know what's incredible is as much as we heard all the pundits, all the, you know, the D.O., I love D.O., but all he talked about is what an all-star Davey staff O'Brien. they put together at Carolina. Who are you talking Ad about? Ad nauseum. Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. Oh. We talked about him a couple times today. Yeah. yeah. Right? You, love, you guys about. talk about him in the coaching What'd world, you call the Dan Orlovsky? What do you mean? Pick his brain. He's the league's offensive coordinator. He knows ball. Yeah, he does. I think he does. Smart, Tepper no, should call him, actually. Well, he did last year, right? Wasn't he down well, there? Didn't he talk yeah. about, yeah, hey, I could have... Yeah, he's yeah, too yeah. Close. I've heard him he's sit on your show staff, and say, yeah. hey, I you know, had some conversations, talked to those guys. Yeah, might as well. Have to. Yeah. See if he's got those glasses on stuff. Is he working today? He's almost, he's almost doing the league a disservice by not taking an True. OC job. Yeah. He's the league's offensive coordinator, Dan Orlovsky. Dude is eating. Hey, we're live. We're live. I got you, bud. Hey, Chuck Pagano just reminded us. You said that coaching staff down in Carolina was going to be good. Do you think they failed because you didn't take that job, Dan Orlovsky? Um. I don't know why they failed. It's I, I thought the coaching staff would be a lot better. I was dead wrong on that one, man. I thought the structure around it would be so much better. Ah. Um, I, I just I, I don't think that, that they screwed up. They ideally built around Bryce and kind of some of the, the strengths of his, but also like minimize the flaws of the football team, specifically their offensive line play. And so yeah. um, I, I'm shocked that that they were that bad, dude. Hey, my new thing is I'm going to call you the league's offensive coordinator. Is that okay? Yeah, so you can do whatever you want, bud. You're the voice of, you're the, voice of the people. Would he take the camera? Whoa. Yeah, so, he take the I mean, that's the league's offense coordinator saying it, so it's real. Yeah. I guess that's a quite an honor wow. that has been bestowed upon me. I feel good about it. What do you got today? What are you guys cooking on? Uh, we're going to obviously uh, two two segments on tonight's game, really going Dallas offense, Seattle defense. I think this is probably the best secondary Dak has played since San Francisco, Seattle's secondary, so... You know, a ton of zone. Quandre Diggs is one of those mother effort safeties. Whoa! Whoa! Get him out! 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 Oh, fuck. Fuck. Fucker. Fucker. Oh, yeah. my God. Damn So you made me swear. I don't like doing that. Poop mouth. What the hell, dude? <laughs> um, so I'd be really interested to watch that secondary tonight. Obviously, Dak in that pass game has been super hot to that. Uh, then Dallas's defense, Seattle's offense, ridiculous defensive line. And I'm getting a little bit of San Francisco, Philly, obviously massive game. And then Houston's defense. All right. D'Amico's doing a great job down there with the boys. They're flying around. We... Can yeah, ask him if Seattle can rush like get any pressure on that. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Good deal. Can Seattle get any pressure tonight? I know, Mafei, they haven't really got any pressure the last three, four weeks. You, you know what, Coach? I don't think so, but I, I don't know if they have to. You know, like, I don't – and this might sound ridiculous. It's more – for me, no. I think it's more Dan keeping him know in the shit. pocket. Like, he's, he's been so good. Dak has been so good two or three times a game at getting outside the pocket and – making big plays in the pass down the field. Can they keep them in the pocket? Because I think their zone coverage, you know, back playing a cover, ton of cover three. Like I keep their, I think their zone could have some success if they can kind of keep him contained in the pocket. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Can't wait to see you call some plays tomorrow for last night's game. 
What are those glasses? What are you doing with those glasses? The internet certainly had a little conversation about those glasses you had earlier today. They were Molly's. I stole them from Molly for a second. You looked cool, dude. Put, put them on. You look super. Do you still have them? Big blue light blue. No, no, they were Molly's. I, I gave them back to Molly. They're cool. All right. Catch them out. Hey, have a good one, pal. You too, bud. Great to see you, man. Great to see you. Thank you for your service to the NFL being yeah. the league's thank offense you, Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate that. <laughs> You guys are the best, man. The worst, but the best. No. <laughs> I don't know how he feels about the league's offense coordinator new title there. Yeah, it sounds like he doesn't love it, but he also knows that he has no say in it. Yeah, no, ah, who cares? Deep down in his heart. The last time he somebody was. asked him Sorry, Daniel. about if he would make that, like his kids are young, right? I think yeah. that's yep. the one thing right now that he doesn't want to just totally abandon his wife. You know, and the kids. Who are you talking point? about? Uh, coaches. Oh. He's talking about coaching. The coaching lifestyle is yeah. okay. what he just said right there. Yeah. yeah All right, six no months, more. I'm going into the cave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we got Turn your light on. Yeah. It's life splunking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you, coaches, dedicating your life. Thank you, coaches. Dan Orlovsky knows what he's potentially signing up for. He wants it, though. Every he time does. you see yeah. him on TV saying, they need to do this, they need to do this, owners are like, we do. That's right. This guy's a genius. What if Tepper? What if that one play? Oh, that was from the Browns. Never mind. What? Because remember, Tepper gave the OC, allegedly, gave the OC a piece of paper. He said, hey, I saw Cleveland run this. Yeah, so who was it? Did you hear this as well? I just read it. I mean, gave it to him on a napkin, right? A bar napkin. Yeah, you start going through the offensive coordinators. Um, They were Joe Brady. I would assume it was Joe Brady. Yeah. Is who I'm thinking he would do it to. Because Norv Turner was one. Right. What He's happened? not going no. to Norv Turner saying, hey, no, here's no. a good play. I don't, I, maybe. Maybe not. I, Probably I Joe Brady. McAdoofus, maybe, with the reclamation project. Ben McAdoo. I don't think he's given him a napkin with a play on it uh, because McAdoo was a head coach in the NFL. People forget okay. about that. Mm-hmm. Not from Western Pennsylvania, by the way. Just from Pennsylvania. Yeah, McAdoo. Not a, not a, and then... Um, who was the, the Thomas Braun is the current one. The current and he did a, so I think it was Joe Brady that he would. But yeah. Trying to guess who potentially was the anonymous source is an easy one. There's only four. Yeah. There's only four options. So that's a fun little game. Whenever you hear something that definitely has an answer, it's like, oh, who was this? Okay. I think it was Joe personally. That's who I think he, that he would have felt comfortable enough saying, "Hey, kid, with that little haircut." Yeah. Why don't you try running this thing one time, Tepper? What a weapon. See, I feel like Tepper would be comfortable saying that to anybody. See, yeah, uh, there's a chance, I guess. It's going to take some like some alpha to come in and challenge him. Be like, no. no, we're not doing these Monday meetings. We're not doing it. And Tepper's going to be like, okay, I quietly respect this guy. Yeah, that's what I think he's been waiting for. I, I think that is what he wants, just personally. Yeah. As somebody who had an incredible opportunity to work for a long time in a business that I am a massive fan of and have been for my entire life, and the guy that was running it is a super alpha human being, you hear stories about business and how it's all gone down. Like, those guys are – you got to be right whenever you you take a stand and say something. But if you just get rolled over the entire time, the respect level yeah. just ends up being – it's like, what? this is not what we're looking for. So you're going to be an owner of a foot, national football NFL team some, someday, right? That's so, cool. Okay, so if you're if you're an owner, right? Me. Who are you going to go hire right now? Say you got no idea. You're you're Tepper. You've run a hedge fund. You've made billions and billions of dollars, right? Okay. Who are you going to go hire? 
to help you navigate and, and learn the NFL, the ins and outs, who you're going to go as your GM, as your right-hand man. You've not, you know get, how to, I operate. To get this right, yeah. You know, fucking me. I don't, I don't need a, I don't want to hear from anybody, you know, but I'm in the NFL. But no, I feel okay, like every so single you were about came from football, though. Yeah. You came from football. I'm yeah. just saying. But you know who, how I operate, too. Okay, I'm not listening who would you to tell? Who would you tell for, Pepper? Yeah, I bet Bill Belichick would be somebody. Who would you tell Tepper well, to go? Bill Parcells. Because everybody's talking about he has no idea Tuna? about the NFL. <laughs> he obviously doesn't have a really good feel about vetting coaches and hiring because he just gets rid of them after a year and they've had no success. So who would you go hire? Would you go hire Lombo? Would you go hire some guy to consult? So, that and is somebody. I'm, I'm talking a consultant. Yeah. Just to, hey. So Lombo is somebody that I personally call whenever I'm going through something anyways, Mm business-wise. Like, Lombo is, like, one of my first calls. Like, hey, Lombo, this is about to happen, this is about to happen. I'm about to tell this person to go fuck themselves. Should I? Huh? I should pull the trigger here? Just what are your thoughts? And he'll go, Pat, you know? Yeah. And when they do this, they do this. He kind of does it. I think he would be a good guy. But if, like... So Belichick would certainly be a guy, but if you bring him into the building, he's just going to take it over. Yeah, then it's not your building. It's not your building. Thank you. Pepper's going to bring in John Gruden. What if, so Indiana was allegedly going to hire John Gruden. Did you hear that? What? Oh, yeah. The, no way. Yeah. There was like numerous people. That was quite the rumor. Yeah. There was numerous reports. Oh, man. That were like, Indiana's no, thinking about hiring John Gruden. And I was like sitting the, here that just. That wasn't in The Onion, was it? And no, 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 no. Real reports. They changed it on his Wikipedia page, too. They were already. They did not hire him. Yeah, you see who they did just hire. Friend of the program. Mm-hmm. Done deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, done deal. Done deal. Who? Yeah. Kurt Signetti. Out of James Madison, 62 years old, said he wants to coach for another 13 years. Yep. So we got a long-term investment here in Indiana and Bloomington. Go, who, 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 who's yours? He led JMU to an 11-1 season in 2023. Obviously, that one would be App State whenever we were there staying on the table for it. Oh, yep. yeah. That's yep. a tough loss, Great. but it's not Signetti's fault. He, he would have strapped up the helmet if he could have. Great oh, news yeah. for him. Uh, I believe their number one NIL donor just saw us. Sold his business for three point five billion dollars. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, one of his businesses. Yeah, that'd be Mark Cuban. Yeah. Who's an Indiana guy? A lot of money for Indiana folks here in Indiana. Oh yeah. People don't know that there's a lot of fucking money in this state. There's a lot of people with a lot of money. Now, do we have relationships with any of them? No. no. Uh. Uh-uh. I don't. Not a single one of them. But Indiana is like taxes are great, things are cheap. A lot of headquarters here in Indiana because of the distribution possibilities out of Indiana, and there's a lot of Hoosier fans. Now, does that mean they're going to invest in Hoosier football? No. They have never done that. (laughs) IU basketball, absolutely. Bingo. No one gives a fuck about Indiana football, unfortunately. And that's a real real statement. Yeah. Now, will that change with the hiring of Signetti? Was he promised some things coming here? Because I assume there's numerous schools that were potentially looking for his services with how he was able to rally and everything like that. We shall see. That's That's a great, it's like Stoops at Kentucky. Like, you just win eight, nine games, yep. knock off somebody, a top ten team, every two or three years, graduate your kids. Yeah. Got a good Represent. Life. And you – Stoops is what, 12 years now at Kentucky? Yeah. But no expectations. Right. Yeah. Zero. Doesn't want to, to your point. <laughs> and zero. So all you got to do wow. – the last guy to win down there was Coach Mallory, right? Bill Mallory? Yeah. Wild Bill. But basketball team loses, everybody's up in arms. Oh, yes. Football team loses. It's not a bad game. Now, that's in the SEC, too. Just make a bowl every year. Need to figure that out. Let's get to a break. Uh, We got Kirk Herbstreit, I believe, joining us on the other side. He's fired up. Let's go. Love that. Hey, he's fired up on the internet, AJ. You seen him? Why? No, what happened? He's just sick of this college football playoff game. Done with it. Oh. Sick of it. Boy, the guy gave a great answer to Reese the other day. (laughs) Which one? 
Uh, I don't know about 35 second one about <laughs> I don't know what he was trying to say but yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he's going to be on game day I think he's going to be on game day Sweet. I, I don't know if I get to question him but God bless America if they do Yeah. Amen. if I'm allowed to uh, who, boo? yeah yeah I think I was at his house one time down in NC State. Really? Yeah, because we called um, NC State uh, versus oh, yeah. North Carolina. Yes. Mm. And it was in NC State. And that was the only place where, like, the athletic director would like to have you over to the house for dinner and some drinks or whatever. Would you like to do that? It's like, yeah, I'll go do this. Incredibly nice guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously has some power, say. Oh, yeah. He's the chairman of the college football playoff committee. But I have some questions for some people. That's right. Reese asks great questions in. Mm-hmm. Reese really takes it like as a duty to the sport to ask questions in a manner in which you can get an answer. Book Oregon's Roger Goodell though. Yeah. I mean there ain't nothing coming out. Nope. It's phenomenal. And he knows it. Yep. He does. You just gotta catch him. You know what I mean? You gotta try to get him into a that's a game if you're interviewing people for a living. If anybody would like to do that in the future. It's like yeah it's hard to get answers out of people. That is just naturally going to be people's instinct is they don't want to tell you things. So how you phrase questions and how you get to the question is a nice way to maybe drop a little bit of a wall and let them know you're not trying to kill them. It's just a matter of fact. Sometimes that can open some things up. Sure. That is our tactics. And our tactics our tactics are just to have a good conversation, but also letting people know we're not trying to fuck you here. Yeah. We are just trying to get an answer. Would that work with the Roger Goodell? We don't know. He's too scared to come on the show. Coward. Yep. Too scared. Too scared to come on the show, AJ. Right. You've seen it. I like how you, Put on I your like big... how you keep publicly challenging him. Well, He's an alpha. Yeah, Here we go. Put on your big boy yeah. pants, Rog. Yeah. You do everybody's show. You go over to fucking England. He does everybody's show. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Roger Goodell's coming on a podcast. Oh, really? Is that right? Roger, mm. That's really nice of Roger to do that. Okay. Hell, okay. my. Yeah, McCarthy, I think, is the PR guy for the NFL. Don't be scared. Quit dancing, Mark. The guy's a professional. We're He's nice. Paid 40-some million dollars. Let him dance. We're nice people. He doesn't have anything to hide, though. That's the thing. There's nothing to hide. Like, there's, he can't. Or does trouble. he? We got questions. I mean, I'm sure he our questions are going to come from him. questions better than him. Nobody. Zero. He's the greatest talker He's on unbelievable. earth. unbelievable. I know. He's the greatest talker on earth. Joe Biden. I yeah. <laughs> knew that was coming. Let's get to a break. <laughs> That's good. Let's get to a break. Roger Goodell danced with politics one time. Oh, yeah. They called him into that committee. Yeah, Mr. Goodell. And we were excited for him to get in there. Yeah. And obviously the politicians let us down. Of course. Asked him a bunch of questions that he could just home run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Goodell, do you think this is a good usage of taxpayer time and money for us to be talking to you? He gave us the, are you Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah he did. All time. He did. Are you talking to me? I do, I'm not here to say what is. It's like all oh, Roger Goodell baby facing his way through this entire thing. Classic Goodell. You're well, our commissioner, Rog. Quarter zip or a tie during that? Quarter zip. I think he had a quarter zip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was on a Zoom. Looked super casual. I think he had the peanut M&Ms next to him. Absolutely. Yeah. He doesn't go anywhere car. without him. Rog, we got respect for you, pal. Just have some questions. It's a conversation. That's all we're looking for. Yeah. He's having a lot of them. Come dance, Rog. Come dance. COVID, COVID dance from the chair. That was awesome. Remember when he was... Oh, yeah. In his basement watching NFL football. That's right. Damn right. That big leather recliner. Oh, yeah. 32-inch tube TV. Yeah. Wooden shelf. How sweet Mm -hmm. was that set up? Can can even tell like, can I do this every year from here? People are saying that was a set. That's not actually his house. Come on. I hope it's not his house. See, we'd ask him. These are the things. You're welcome. We're giving you the questions we're going to ask. Exactly. Okay, McCarthy, PR guy. What are you guys going to ask him? There's one. 
Boom. Full that cup. wasn't your actual basement. We know it. Yeah. There's Ooh. no way that you have not upgraded your basement exactly. in 60 years. You make $60 million a year. That looks like my grandma's basement, and she hasn't changed anything since 1983. There's one of the questions, Rod. You're welcome. Bingo. Come dance. <laughs> Football! He's happening tonight. That man played a lot of football. He's the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. That's A.J. Hawk. The Toxic Table is here, a dog at Boston Connor, and an Iowa wrestling fan who is hoping that a championship like the wrestling team has of Iowa can maybe permeate its way into the football team this weekend in the Big Ten Championship against a daunting Michigan team at Ty Schmidt with a fresh haircut. Hell yeah, thank you very much. Shout out, JC, uh, getting me right for this weekend. You know, as the minutes... Well, I should say seconds, seconds, minutes, hours, days pass by and get closer to Saturday. I'm just feeling more and more confident and just feeling better and better about the Hawks taking over Indy. Okay, right now is the time. Uh, We'll do a little check-in on this particular Thursday. First week was our first day, uh, Tuesday, I believe. It was 14-10. Correct. Is what you thought Iowa was going to beat Michigan by. That's right. Yesterday, you changed that a little bit to 12-10, I think. I believe it was 12-6. 12-6. Four field goals going to win that thing for Iowa over Michigan, who's kicking field goals as well, not even scoring a touchdown. Correct. No, Okay, I didn't know if it was going to be a miss. Here we are Thursday, two days before the Big Ten Championship. 8 p.m. Eastern in Indianapolis on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. What do you think the score is going to be, the final score? Iowa 17, Michigan 11. Wow! More points than ever right. in your projection. You know, there's a stat that's come out now about this Iowa Hawkeyes football team, and Ty, I know you saw this. This has to make you go 6 to midnight about what's potentially around the corner. Here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when the Hawks are big-time dogs, uh, not only do they typically cover... Um, Sometimes they outright win, you know, two of the three times in the last, what, 10 years. And I remember those games very well. I'm sure A.J. does as well. When they were big-time dogs to Ohio State, Ohio State came into Kinnick and got the absolute shit beat out of them by the Hawks. And then, obviously, Michigan, you know, same deal. Now, yeah, two of those... Uh, yeah, but what about against Ohio State, 29.5 point dog, at least 54-10? Well, sometimes that's going to happen. I believe, uh, what, what year was that? I think that was the Nate Stanley era. You know, he was still kind of finding his groove, kind of, you know, getting getting acclimated to Iowa City and to the Hawks. And that, we all remember, I mean, that was, a, that was a great Ohio State football team. 2015, that might have been Cardale Jones. That that may have been 12-gauge. And, and when they... It was uh, 2022. Oh. Just a little bit ago. Oh, so Spencer, Spencer Petrus was playing, so even oh, more. He absolutely fucking sucked. So, I mean, Iowa had absolutely no chance to win that game. We're fine with that. No big deal. But like I said, I mean. Dalton, Dalton, De- Deacon. Deacon Hill, baby. Deacon Hill. Deacon yep. You're talking about Spencer Petrus now. We're Deacon Hill, though. He's- well, that, that's where we're at, you know. Deacon Hill looks like fucking Joe Montana compared to Spencer Petrus. So, you know, what does that tell you about him? Uh, he is hitting the portal, by the way. So, uh, some I don't know, Dort College, uh, beautiful college in Iowa. is like a seminary D3 school, I'm sure. You know, Spencer Petrus is going to go light up, you know, the Iowa Conference. And- nice. And, and set all their records. But I, I'll be honest with you, Deacon Hills, look, he's looked better each and every week. He took a little bit of a step back last week. He was 11-28 against Nebraska. But good blu- defense. blustery wins, good defense, Coach Rule. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Black Friday, playing for that vaunted Heroes trophy that everyone talks about and everyone loves. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. He can't turn the ball over. He knows that. 17 what? 17-11. Two defensive touchdowns and a field goal? Yes. Okay, awesome. No, no, we'll say one defensive touchdown, one one nice little, you know, 
They're going to matriculate the ball down the field. Wow. Ad- Addison sure. Ostranga. Against Michigan's defense. Absolutely. Addison Ostranga is going to catch a four-yard touchdown from Deacon Hill. Love it. And then on the other side, you know, what do you, what do you want? The Hawks keep uh, – they keep Michigan out of the end zone. They kick three field goals and then – you know, Iowa at the end of the game, Tori Taylor runs out of the back of the end zone for a safety in, and that's wow. all she wrote, 17-11. Okay. All right. I love wow. it. That's how deep we are on this Thursday. One half of the hammer. God, Cowboys Town Diggs, who's back. What do you I doing? just want to let you know that Iowa's team total for the first half is half a point. Yes. Yeah, so over over under a half. And for the game is six and a half. So disrespectful. Half? <laughs> 36 yeah. years as a coach. First half team the total people's coach half. Chuck Pagano is here. Eight, two, and one Thursday night against the spread. Baby coach. Speaking of Thursday night, joining us down, one of the voices of Thursday night football on Prime, one of the voices of college football for the last 28 years. He's not happy about things. Ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, Herbie. Herbie, I saw you taking some notes there while Ty was giving his response. Iowa, Michigan, how do you feel about how Ty feels about the game on Saturday night? I'll tell you what, you got a legendary coach there. Kirk what I would love for Chuck to be able to do is to share with Ty, oh, and Ty can oh, get this whoops. over to Iowa City. Can they cross the 50? I think that's more the question about this game is can can Chuck come <laughs> up with a plan to get the Hawks across the 50 in this 60-minute contest? Chuck, that's, what, you, that's the, what are you saying to a the, team that is offensively inept as any team that has ever been offensively inept in the history of the game, taking on a Michigan defense that won the game last week against Ohio State, who's number one team? What do you think they need to do, Chuck? Just take care of the ball, right? Just take care of the ball. Can't turn it over. Run the ball, but we've got a the punter, right? You've been talking about sure. the punter. Six so four two thirty. Herbie, right. Herbie, he's going to pin him down there, right? You yep. get a three and out. They got to kick it back to you. So he's only going to need maybe ten, eight, seven yards to get across the fifty on one of these possessions. Sure. So hell, if we can't get that done, they have. Yeah, but, but just want to let you know they have that, not. That Michigan punter hits bombs too. He ain't Tory Taylor, Kirk. You know that he's an American. No, he's no, pretty but, good. but we're. Well, maybe we got to find a fish. This isn't going to be a punting contest, is it? I mean, they're going to let J.J. McCarthy play, right? But we're not just going to punt back and forth. I think there's a chance. Uh, You know, and that Blake Corum guy is right back there. And And then then some of this. (laughs) But I was ready for that, right? I mean, against Penn State, they ran it right down your throats. Not saying that, you know, it's a different animal than this Michigan team who's back-to-back Joe Moore award-winning offensive line mm. and Blake Corum, who literally took 32 straight runs in the second half sure. of the game sure. two weeks ago. And Jim Harbaugh's back oh, for the first time in three oh, weeks. They're going to have yeah. that type of energy. Mm-hmm. They're going to have that type of juice. And I get it, you know, because we've been saying this. And, again, I, I brought it up earlier. You know, Michigan squeaked by uh, Maryland, beat them 31-24. But we can continue to act like Michigan's the fucking Tom Brady-led uh, Patriots if we want. That's <laughs> that's fine by me. Everyone else can do that. Everyone else can say that you know i'm still gonna i'm gonna bang the drum for my hawks because that's what you're you're a blast that's what a fucking iowan does kirk okay i I will die bring me back on my shield on saturday i love that larry larry station i'll be very uh, what was uh what was uh harman that uh harman back they had if they could bring him back this game I mean, Chuck long chuck long would be oh god i would kill ronnie harman ronnie harman brad banks Dallas Brad Clark, Banks, oh, Dallas Clark, Clark, Kittle, George Kittle, Bob yeah. Sanders, well, yeah, funny Bob enough, yeah. Sanders. Pat Anger, yeah, oh, oh baby, yeah. Mitch King, Mitch King, Robert Gallery, yeah. oh, AJ Eads, yeah, Van Ness, how about Yanda, Marshall, Marshall. Yanda, Yanda, oh my God, Chad Greenway, 
Abdul Hodge. Love Chad Greenway. They're Chad playing Greenway. for those guys this weekend. They are. Yeah. That's who you're playing for. That's right, and they know that. All right, let's move off the 21-and-a-half-point game spread, okay, <laughs> for a lot of other big games happening this weekend. We saw you on Pardon My Take on the Internet. He's fired up. Yeah. Fired up. You're fired, fired up about up. it all, Whoa. obviously, Herbie. How do you, We asked uh, Saban about it, about how a potential – SEC champion might not be in the college football playoff. I think that is one of the things that is potentially brewing in your mind whenever you're thinking about what Selection Sunday could look like this year with the the parity across the entire country. How do you actually see it shaping up? Not not what you want to happen, okay? Not what you think should happen, but what do you think actually happens in this entire thing, Herbie? Well, Well, let's talk results. Who do we see winning? Is is Michigan going to be able to get by Iowa? Let's just for <laughs> just for fun. Let's just say they stumble across the finish line and win that one. Okay. okay. Michigan, we know is in. Um, we got a game tomorrow night that I'm on my way over to call Oregon and Washington. I I think the winner of that game mm-hmm. again. I think they'll be in. Washington undefeated, but Oregon's only lost is to Washington. If they win that game, I think they're in a pretty good spot. Okay. At least for list for this argument. Georgia wins. They're obviously a lock. They'll be the one seed. Alabama wins, and that's where all hell breaks loose. And I have—I couldn't tell you what I think is going to happen. I have no idea. Um, the Texas result is big because everybody talks about Texas beating Alabama and how that could help them if Alabama were to win. Florida State's the wild card with a backup quarterback. How do they look against Louisville? I mean, this is the first time I can remember. We've been doing this the 10th year we've had a, a four-team playoff, and this is the first time I feel like maybe since 14 that it's going to be really, really uh, chaotic. No matter Really, no matter what happens, I think there's going to be chaos, and there's going to be people with their feelings hurt, and you and I and anybody that has an opinion on this will be hated by everybody. Well, pretty much the way it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's getting pretty loud. seems like it's getting pretty AJ, loud. AJ, we're going to go to you next. I see you got a thought. Yep, AJ. Yeah, I think so. What happens next year, Kirk, when there's 12 teams in? Are we going to have what, 15, 15 people pissed off? No, like, then we're going to argue at 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and we all hate each other down there. We just move the bar down a little bit. Uh, there's still going to be chaos. I mean, think about right now. I can't read. I can't see what we got there. But if you look at the poll and the rankings right now, think about – Who's sitting down there at 12, 13, 14, 15? That will be next year's argument. You know, I, you're, you're not going to have the same kind of anticipation and excitement on, on this weekend. This weekend is only going to secure a bye. You know, this weekend is only going to secure home field advantage in the first round. It's not going to be the difference between getting into the tournament and being left out. Irby, we got a be- home field playoff game. There's going to be a lot to get excited about. Louisville could be in a wedded yeah. end situation. There's going to be a lot to no, get excited about. A bye is a big deal. A, a home field is a big deal. But being left out, being left out and not given a chance, that that's, that's a bigger deal. Yeah, it's a heartbreaker for somebody and – if Louisville you go, wins, you went blue. You went blue today, huh? Yeah, because I knew you were coming on with those steely blue eyes. You're welcome. I li- I'm just saying I like it. I'm just used to black. Do you have anything else? I'm AJ used- went black. AJ's black every day. He, he yep. has become. AJ, you ever go? You AJ, that's a new thing for you since you've been a part of this. You didn't go black. Like that wasn't your thing in high school or college, was it? When did you go? When did you start going all black? Black tape. 
this guy? Uh, probably, uh, you know, after I was on here for a few years and I was realized I didn't want to have to make any decisions choosing shirts. Okay. So I have seven or eight black long sleeves, three-quarter sleeves I wear. Shout out to you, me, Steve Jobs. Right. You know, just kind of decision is like already team. made. Right. Team Uni. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I can't Connor sweat did, through, Connor sweat did, through black either. a little bit of an individual. He goes with like the wolf shirt and different different things. Hey, Kirk, 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 you're doing a lot of hosting. Why don't you just shut up and answer the question? <laughs> huh? how, about, how about that? <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, excited for the college football weekend. Excited to watch Oregon Washington tomorrow night. That's going to be a good one, too. Kicking off championship weekend in a massive way in Vegas. Can't wait to hear you and Fowler on the call. Let's yeah. go, boys. Let's go, boys. Woo. But tonight, here we go. This is going to be the one. You know, overs have not hit in primetime games for the NFL this year. That has just been the case. Defense has won today. Ugly football has been on display at big, big Big levels. Now tonight, though, hottest the Dak Prescott-led offense has been for the Dallas Cowboys. The defense has record breakers all over it. The Seattle Seahawks are coming off a bad game against the Niners. Pete Carroll's not going to let them go back-to-back with a bad performance. This could be a great one. What is your feeling towards this evening, Herbie? And talking to the teams, how do you think both of them are kind of handling it? I don't know if Dak's ever been in a spot as as a pro where he's playing with more confidence than he is right now. You know, I think if you really go back and study Dallas before their bye, they, they were more conservative. They, they weren't taking the shots. Um, they were kind of feeling things out. Remember, Mike hadn't called plays in three years. So I think it was a combination of a lot of different things. Um, I think after the bye, they obviously went back to the drawing board and, and decided to move not just C.D. Lamb, but a lot, of, a lot more pre-snap movement, a lot more shots downfield. Um, I think in the last, since from week eight on, last five games, Dak Prescott has 14 vertical shot touchdowns because he's, he's doing a better job of having protection and, and taking those shots. I think also you just showed Brandon Cooks. I think that's the thing that gets overlooked. CeeDee Lamb gets a lot of the attention, but I think it's the supporting cast around Dak Prescott. The offensive line's been healthy to build continuity. Brandon Cooks is getting more and more comfortable. CeeDee Lamb is obviously now clearly the guy that they move around and get him isolated and create matchups. I think Pollard, remember that injury he had last year in the playoff game against the Niners? I think he's getting healthier and feeling better. So I just think overall that they're in a really good place. Now you could say, look who they've played. That's fair. It's about to get real for them. Philly next week at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit. I mean, those are all, there's about eight teams that are legitimate shot to make a run to the Super Bowl. And those are four of them right there that Dallas is going to have to play. So we'll see how they do tonight. Um, on paper, you know, it looks like they're going to be able to take care of business. But as you guys know, um, anytime a good uh, program or a good team like Pete gets backed into a corner, they've lost not just last week in embarrassing fashion, but three of the last four. They they, they went from being five and two to six and three to now six and five. Still alive as a wild card in, in the the NFC. But this is one of those you-better-do-it-now kind of games, and they've got some behemoths ahead of them as well. So to me, can they run the football? Um, Abe Lucas is back at right tackle, which is huge. He hadn't, been, hadn't played since week one. This is another one of those offenses everybody wants to blame the quarterback, but the line's been trashed because of so many injuries. I think they're healthier. I think they've got to be able to run the ball and stay out of those third and sevens and third and eights, 
where obviously Dallas and, and DQ, they, they crank it up as well as anybody in the league. So can they run the football and get some balance? I think will be a big part of the game. Yeah, let's talk about the trigger man, though. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah, speaking of that, Kirk, you kind of mentioned how Seattle started well and then now they're kind of you know nosediving a little bit. What do you think is the problem with Geno? And then also we're seeing... Like on the internet now, uh, a lot of people are calling for Shane Waldron's job, the OC. And then anytime this kind of happens with Seattle, that it gets the question gets raised: like, well, does Pete Carroll still have enough in the tank to to kind of want to continue to do this? Uh, do you think they can turn around? And if they do, kind of continue to stumble here and end up not making the playoffs, do you think it's possible that Seattle kind of blows this thing up and goes in a different direction? Well, let me first just say, and I think Chuck can. Uh, really relate to this and appreciate it. Um, I think offensive line play currently in the NFL, if you look at the teams that are good, we just mentioned the teams in the NFC. And if you look at Kansas City and and Baltimore and the teams that are Miami, the teams that compete in the AFC, not just having a good offensive line, but having a healthy offensive line allows you to be a good quarterback. It allows you to be a good offensive coordinator. It allows you to be a good running back and a good receiver. I'm an offensive lineman fan. I always have been. I just love what they do, and they get no attention. And it seems like the only time we want to acknowledge the offensive line is when we're ready to fire a quarterback or an offensive coordinator. Guess what? Right now, Dak Prescott is playing at a level we haven't seen in a long time. It's easy to point the finger at Dak Prescott and say how good he is, but if he gets a couple injuries to Tyron Smith or who knows who goes down during the stretch run and all of a sudden he starts playing terribly, is everyone going to say he's bad now because he's not performing well? No, it's because of the offensive line. And all these teams in the NFL that are struggling, it's poor line play. There's never been a bigger gap, in my opinion. It's always been a gap, but never been a bigger gap between NFL offensive linemen and defensive linemen in the NFL. The defensive linemen keep getting better and keep getting more athletic and keep getting bigger, and the good teams have a bunch of them, so you have depth and they're rotating in, and you're playing me and Pat and Darren Brown, my buddy, on the offensive line. They got nobody when you get a couple injuries on the offensive line. So I'm not big on – like you, look, here's an example. These uh, you think Geno Smith, Smith went from being – a seven-year backup after two years of starting in New York, career's pretty much over. Russell Wilson leaves. Pete surprises everybody and gives him the keys, and he's the NFL Comeback Player of the Year, rewarded with a three-year, $105 million contract. And you think this year Geno Smith forgot how to play football? You think now he doesn't know how to, he's no good? No. Geno Smith is an established guy. He knows how to spin it. He but with a line that can't – they're running 61 yards a game because of their offensive line and their three losses in the last four weeks. So I'm not big on blaming Shane Waldron. I'm not big on bl- blaming Bryce Young. I'm not big on blaming Geno Smith. I'm big on appreciating offensive line play. And when it goes bad, nobody wants to talk about that. So once you, why don't all of us appreciate what Philly has instead of Jalen Hurts – why don't you appreciate the offensive line? Same with Sam Fran. All these good teams, it's because they're good up front, and that's what makes these skill guys good. Yeah, it's not just that they're good up front. The leverage that they're piecing into their plays 
for their offensive linemen to be even better than they already are is brilliant. Yep. We see it on In the Trenches every week. We do. You're preaching to choir over here, Herbie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you yeah. say, you guys, you guys. It ain't us, guys. No. That ain't no. us, you know what I mean? But no, is- I know you I know. I, I, I just... You know, yeah. I know, you know, even, well, you guys, Matt Cannon, I'm not saying he's a great coordinator or not a great coordinator. You guys can't stand him. I'm just saying, look at the way as they're off. As a guy who is now uh, credible in the NFL as an analysis guy and analyst, yeah, you should say one way or the other on if he's a good offense coordinator or not, I think. Well, I, I think his history has shown, you know, it's not been the best. Okay. Um, okay. He's been given opportunities. He had some great years when he was in, in some of the college uh, stops that he had. Did he? He um, never did. He had one. He never think, did. He's never had a good year. I don't just think. Just one at Pitt. One good year. Yeah, he yeah he had a, he had a couple good years. One. You don't think one. he had a good year at Pitt? Just one. Yeah. Pitt, we, NC State. No. Nope. LSU shipped him out quicker than they. Yeah, could. LSU got rid of him. I, I just I just I'm not quick to just throw an offensive coordinator over. The side of the boat. Three every years? time that we can't get first downs. And I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not saying Matt Canada is a great coordinator. I'm just saying it's easy when things aren't going well. Like like again, look at Carolina. Like everybody thinks that Carolina missed on Bryce Young. Yeah, you think that's fair to Bryce Young right now? Yeah, true, true, true. Got what you say. I mean, I'm, I'm just asking if Bryce Young were in Houston or Bryce Young were in San Francisco. You think Bryce Young knows how to read coverage? You think he knows how to throw a football? I think he again. does. We're not doing this again with Brock Purdy. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing. It. I'm not getting into it. This is Dan Rolovsky territory. We're getting into right now. We're getting into Dan Rolovsky territory. Right well, I don't. Okay. Well, what does that mean? You just said. <laughs> you said what I don't. That? Think, is everything all right? You want to step on his no, toes? I'm good. The league. I didn't know what you meant by that. No, he said if Mac Jones was in. San Francisco with yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he said it'd be like that. Yeah. And then everybody said, this guy said Mac Jones could be Brock Purdy if yeah. he wanted to be. And then Dan said, I didn't say that. I said, well, I, think like Dan, that. I think I think Dan's point is probably how quarterback friendly that system is. Mike and, and I think and I think he's saying that if Mac Jones were in that system, he'd be having a lot of success. I could see that. Well, and I think that's because Dan thinks to himself that if he was in that system, mm-hmm. he could potentially have this success. But I think we all understand that the difference between like Mac Jones and Brock Purdy is that uh, Purdy's an assassin. He's a killer, dude. How is he at Iowa State? I, I don't think I remember any Iowa State games with him playing. We couldn't beat Iowa. Oh, you don't? I don't think so. I don't think I do. I, I, Ty can Ty can break that down. He had a really rough game against Iowa. He had a rough game against uh, against uh, in the Iowa Iowa State his last time. Yeah, last th- time he played him three times. Actually, I think he, Kirk he never beat Iowa. Uh, he was pretty good. He was pretty good though. He was one of the better Iowa but State I mean, quarterbacks. But, but ever. Ty, that last game, remember? I think there was a pick six. Yeah. Um, Oh. It was it, it was a rough a rough outing. He had a great career. I mean, he had he took his lumps, but I think that's what makes him who he is. Is he went through he went through some junk when he was at Iowa State. But the fact he was a four year starter, mm. you know, who this year's guy that could be the closest if he can get into a system like that. You know, who it is who Bo Nix. Really? Because Bo of how Nicks. much football he's played? <laughs> played a ton of football. Went to hell and back at Auburn. Found out how to get it done when he was at Oregon. That's He's rough. thinking yeah. very, very fast right now. He's just got to get to the right system. You know, you can't put him in any system and say, wow, this guy's going to be a stud. But that kid's grown immensely. 
And he's I love the quarterback that went to hell and back and and played for three or four years. And that, that no one's done that more than him. Now to be clear, uh Jimmy G in that system was nowhere near as good as Brock Purdy is in that system. Nope. Trey Lance, obviously. Fair. In yeah, that system, yeah. did not mm-hmm. work out. Brock Purdy's a dog. I, I, that Absolutely is just what we've learned about him in the NFL. Let's go back to college talk because obviously there's a big weekend ahead. Go ahead, Conman. Yeah, Kirk, uh, as a fan of a team that's next big game is the last Thursday in April, uh, there's a lot of talk about the draft. And right now, um, there's some talk about Marvin possibly staying at Ohio State. I know there's been you know rumors about Caleb. Who knows who's even saying those things? Not sure. But do you see that happening this year? And do you see that happening more and more as the years go on with NIL, that some of these top guys, if perhaps like Marvin hasn't got that big game win against Michigan, wants to go back, get that done. Caleb, you know, the playoffs and also – Want some ownership, allegedly, from what has been coming out of his camp, per se. But do you see that happening with those guys and with a lot of guys going forward? I, I think Marv, uh, I don't, I haven't heard or talked to Marv since the Michigan game. I'd, I'd be shocked if he didn't come out. Um, I really think that it might impact people second, third round type of guy or, or later. I, I, I don't think uh, guys that are going to be potential first rounders, I, I think that they'll more than likely, especially a guy like a top five or top 10, I, I think you'll still see those guys come out. But you're, you, I mean, did you see Cam Ward, uh, the Washington State quarterback, I guess Ohio State and others are, are talking about trying to get him. And I mean, he's talking about a, a million dollars, $2 million, whatever it's going to be. And again, those are all reports i don't know if they're factual or not but it just shows you the kind of money that's out there for for some of these guys in the new world that we live in so um i i would be shocked if you're trying to see marvin harrison in your new england patriots uniform i'm sure he'll uh, eventually declare would be my guess but i think it's a fair point that you bring up and something to uh to think about you know it's not just a slam dunk anymore with with some of these guys maybe staying because of the money they can make go ahead AJ. Kirk, did you see the uh, the comment? We played it earlier in the show where Matt Rule talked about, hey, it takes $1 to $2 million to get one of these kind of elite quarterbacks through the, the transfer portal. Who do you, when, when Rule says that, is he talking to the fan base, to the boosters? Every, like, hey, yeah, you guys want somebody. We got we to gotta pay to bring them in here so it's not as easy as you may think. We got to kind of outbid other teams. Is that where we're at right now? And do you think he knew this is what it was whenever he decided to come back into college? Yeah, I talked with him about this you know and, and about you know when he left baylor to where he is now going to take another job this is before he took nebraska i had dinner with him in charlotte when he was fired and we were doing a panthers game and we were just talking about him coming back to college and if it's something he would want to do and and he loves kind of that true college experience and we were just talking about how different it is with nil and portal and you know, realignment and he had talked about how he still had a, a passion for it so i think he understood I don't think this is a surprise for him at all. AJ, as far as who he's talking to, you know, I think he's probably just talking to a few different people. I think he's talking to probably the boosters. I think he's probably talking to the college football community at at large, just to like, this is, this is kind of, this is real now. This is what you want to try to bring in a quarterback. Great idea. By the way, if you want to, this is what it costs to be able to bring in a good quarterback. If you want to try to find a guy that's established like a Cam Ward type of guy. So I think he's probably just saying it to say it and give some perspective as to kind of the that new world that we're in. But I think he's probably definitely sent a message. A lot of these guys, they get in front, they're like, hey, we're going to need $14 million. So 
that's where we are for this recruiting class. We got to get that All together. Right. Come on, boys. Everybody, everybody, here's here's the, you know, put put the money in. Let's go. I mean, it's just very bizarre, but I think you know what the answer to me is? Throw the small NIL money to the side, take it away, just let guys who are established, don't recruit guys. Share the billions of dollars that's in the 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 what would be revenue sharing. Create a collective bargaining agreement like uh-huh. we do in the NFL. That'll be partner up with the players entity. Let somebody rep the players. Yeah. And the go and negotiate with the players. Hey, here's the ESPN, the Fox, the CBS, the all the money that's thrown into this system. Here, the players are now they get zero percent right now. Here, you're gonna get whatever percentage. Yeah. Let's agree on that. Let's break away from the NCAA. Let's create our own governing body. Okay. Let's get uh, rules around NIL that we both sides are agree on. Let's get some rules around transfer portal. Both sides are going to agree on dates. Let's find somebody that can police this new world. Like that's their only chance moving forward. And that way you get away from this is stupid to like recruit Cam Ward and bribe him to come to your school. I, I just don't think that that's what NIL is for. NIL is for CJ Stroud makes a name for himself. He can make a few million bucks because he's Ohio State's quarterback. That's true NIL, and that's fine. But bribing high school kids or other kids that are at small schools to come play for a big school, that's not what NIL is all about. So to take that element away, you got to partner with the players and give them real money by letting them dip into the billions that are in that that, uh, that TV money. That's, that's, I think, the only future we have. No shot of that ever happening either because who's going to represent the players? Well, you, you, you bring former players and current players as part of a, a group, and you have, obviously, representation. Mm-hmm. And whoever what, – what's the guy's name that represents the, uh, the players' uh, union? Um, did he better. resign in the NFL? Did he resign? Used to be Maurice. Maurice. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you how it goes in the NFL with them. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even imagine in college with guys leaving every four years, the amount of trust and potential. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously there's – there's issues in every, no matter what avenue you choose, there are issues. But they got to break away from the NCAA. That's the first thing. Hell yeah! You got to break wow. away from all the other. You got to break away from all the other sports. Football has to be its own world. Hell yeah, Herbie. Football has to be and treated in its own way because it's 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 it's, it's it, it is its own world, and other sports in Title IX should not have to be a victim because of college football. So they need to break away create their own governing body and get down. Let's get roll up your sleeves. Let Greg Sankey and the boys figure out some answers and, and partner up with the players and break away from that antitrust laws and all the litigation, all the issues that they face and get it done, man. That's, that's our only chance moving forward. Hell yeah. We're on the side of that. I mean, that's like been a pipe dream. I think for a lot of us who hate the NCAA for a long time, but as we continue to move to this more business centric football, that is college football. It's it's why not? And I think there's a lot more people that are on board with it that are in powerful positions than ever before. And I think the reason is, is because the decisions that are going to get made this weekend on who can go and who can't and millions of dollars that can come to an organization and millions of dollars that can't tone is a question for you, Herbie. Yeah, Herbie, the game you're calling tomorrow night, Pac-12 championship, Oregon and Washington. Oregon's nine and a half point favorites, which I mean, Washington was favored at home and now there's been such a swing in the, in the points. Is everything okay with Washington? Is this just because ever Oregon's been a wagon since they played them is, is everything good with Penix? Cause I know like he's been around 50% completion the last three games, which is very abnormal for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on going on going into this one? 
Tone, that's a good one. I because I, I went back and looked, and I, I was surprised. I mean, it was in Seattle, awesome atmosphere. We were there, and and uh, Pat went crazy there. Uh, he was a big hit. Um, I, I would it was, say it was a big hit out there. Yeah, you were you were, and that right was the, that was the night with the uh, the pepper, the big huge pepper, yeah. uh, big pepper grinder, uh, Pat. Yeah, yeah, grinder. Yeah. Thank you to Seattle. Those people were very nice to me. I did not expect that. Normally, that type of place that has said those things about me, boy, they don't like the big dumb doofus coming to town. They were very kind. Love I love that place over there. Caitlin DeBoer. They, they love college. That's, that's one of the hidden gems of college football fans, Seattle, Washington. Unbelievably passionate college football fans, especially when they're obviously good. But, uh, Tone, to answer your question, I, I kidded Kalen DeBoer. I said, you know, you guys are big underdogs. Because he likes to poke at his team like any coach, try to get them fired up. They were they were fired up when they were underdogs over in Corvallis a couple weeks ago, and now they're now they're you know they were like three point underdogs that mm-hmm. two or three point underdogs that week. And I remember um, even Michael Penix brought it up to me that week, like man, nobody respects us. They're they're that kind of team. And I said, man, you should tell your team this week, guys. I don't even think we should board the plane. What the heck? I mean, they say we're going to get killed. This is going to be a blowout. You know, should we even bother going? I mean, it's, so I think they, they know it. They're fired up. They love the disrespect. Um, I think the reason Vegas sees that is I think what we all see. You can look at Oregon and say, well, they haven't played anybody. And then if you really understand and watch football, you can say, wow, Oregon is a really good team with a really fast offense, with a quarterback that's processing quickly and getting the ball out, and a defense that's flying around. So I think Oregon, they, by the way, look at the numbers in that game against Washington. They outplayed them in every single category. They just didn't win the game. Pinnock hit some big uh, plays against man coverage. So um, they probably looked at that first game. They look at the way Oregon's been playing the last four or five weeks, the way Washington's been playing the last four or five weeks, and – I think that's why you have that number, but uh, I think it's going to be competitive. I think Penix is fine. You're dead on again, Tone, because you watch that college game. I think you're right about Penix. I think he's been off. Now, keep in mind, Jalen McMillan, 11, is back, and I think he's been back the last couple weeks. Now he's closer to 100%. That gives him a real difference maker in the slot to go along with Polk on one side and Odunze on the other. So I, I see a shootout. I think it'll be a... A really good game, very similar to the way the, the first game went down. What happened to Penix after the game? Did you ask? What, what, was he just emotional because they won the game? Is that what happened? No, I think I think like a lot of these college guys that, that get into a high-profile position, they hold in a lot. I think he is beyond grateful for what Washington has provided him after transferring from Indiana. I think he's beyond grateful for that team. Uh, you got around it with Kalen DeBoer. I think it's real. You know, the love that they have for each other. And I think the moment was just, holy cow, after everything I went through in Indiana, I just beat Oregon. He's looking around at that stadium that was about to collapse. It was going so wild. And I just think it was maybe one of the great moments in his life at that point. He was just overwhelmed with emotion. And um, uh, he's just one of those easy guys to pull for, you know. And uh, he's a, a very quiet guy kind of reserved on a personal level can spin it got a great group of receivers and uh we'll see what he can do tomorrow night he's a lefty you know oh yeah, oh, yeah. lefty's always yeah, a lefty. Yeah, lefty. Yeah, lefty looks beautiful he's always a, he's always a lefty and give me an old line can you give me an old lineman uh deal uh, yeah you said it was me you and d d's like 120 pounds right now he's gonna get bull rush right back to ohio he tries to run his mouth you know what yeah. i mean Especially, what are you doing at that left? What are you doing on that left side? We're going to put you yeah. a left tackle. Well, certainly I'm playing. Uh, yeah, if I'm 
playing offensive yeah. line, I am at left tackle. <laughs> you know, what I mean? I'm not going to waste my talents anywhere else. You're, you're punting for us, and we got you at left tackle. Hell you yeah. got both duties. The thing about it is, you got to stay square, Herbie. I don't know if you and Darren completely understand that. Football has changed since you guys were at Centerville, Ohio. Shimmy, you got to make sure Shimmy. you got a good base. And uh, can I get a Tony Romo cadence, man? Yeah, sure. What do you want to go on? Uh, we'll go on uh, second number okay. or third number. Okay. Way, 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 You see that? You see that? We missed it. Do it again. Well, that's our fucking camera guy just jumped off sides right there. I mean, my bad. Come good, on. It's I good mean, that's I mean, a, that's a, Foxy, all good. You got too excited about it. I got Lane I Johnson. D on the call. We need D on the, uh, the penalty call there. We got procedure on the offense. He's going to be ahead. right next to me. I'm going to be picking him off the fucking ground every time he gets bull rushed. You know, that's going to be a whole other workout for me. It's like, all right, play's over. Let's get Darren Brown off the fucking ground. Head back, hands inside. You're goddamn right. I got one. I got one. Elk pride, AJ. Don't let him talk like that. Four uh, on uh, on first hut. First okay. hut. Who's the? We got to identify the mic. We got to identify the mic. I'm the fucking tackle. I'm where I'm one on one out here. I don't have time. You're the, you're, you're the brains of the operation. Ty will do it. I'm not Bakhtiari. Okay, I, I, that's not how I play. I am me an outside linebacker or defensive end or going one on one all fucking day. Damn right. That is what that is what we got. Ty, identify the mic, please. Yeah, you are the quarterback. I mean, fucking make it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Feet to the mic. Feet to the mic. <laughs> I still got this. Okay. Way. Way. What's up? <laughs> Did you see that? I was already out there. Shut down. That yeah. guy's still in his fucking stance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brett Williams. Opposing coach is calling for a penalty. Yeah, the, the, I'm the guy that J.J. Watts, like, he's cheating. Oh, yeah, you're kicking out early. I got you. Yeah, especially with how good these shoes are, too. They're going to be loud on that 4K camera. Hell you know what yeah. I mean? When I'm. When I'm hop-stepping a jump out there. Mm-hmm. It's all about staying square, though, and getting how, your spot. Hey, how would you handle Parsons? Well, that's the thing. I've actually – me and Hutch have gone one-on-one. That's right. Yeah. Washed his ass down. Yeah. Got a screen right fucking by way. him. Yep. He had no idea. He tried to run me off the stage. I said, good. That's what we want you to do. Mm-hmm. We're going yeah. right. to – Gotcha. Cam Hayward put me into a brick wall, but the ball was already gone. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that sucks for him. So I don't know what I'd do with Micah, but I got Cam and I got Hutch reps behind me. Mm-hmm. And I'm also 10-0 in fucking airport against randoms. How about yeah. that? So nobody's yep. ever sacked a quarterback whenever I'm blocking in the airport. So I feel pretty good. I'm going with big-time confidence. <laughs> nice. That's a quick first step. Thank you. You don't have the 300 pounds, but you got the quickness. That helps. And you got the punch. I'll tell you what. That left arm, that left punch is good. A couple months ago, you could have seen me at like 270. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Could yeah. have, you know what I mean? So potentially, you, gotta, you just got to get could you handle? Could you handle AJ if they had a stem and he came off that uh, from that second level? Right came now? Inside of you? Right now? Yeah. I don't think so. Look at that fucking head. You know what I mean? He, he's I, He's kind of getting smaller. You know, I pushed him at JMU after he made that shot for oh, Dale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Almost sent him off the stage. Almost sent him off the stage. What are you going at these from days? From behind. <laughs> About 235, Kirk. Yeah, I got pushed from behind on a stage. Didn't see him. Doesn't matter. Didn't affect me at all. But all yeah, balance. we're starting wow. everything. Everything starts with power. We start with power when yeah. you come off the edge. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. with me out there. Imagine what I'm saying too out there. Oh, because I'm getting in my, <laughs> you know, I'm in my oh, bag. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in my bag out there, so I'm running my mouth. Oh, I'm bodying you boys. Like Brandon Graham. Then I'm going to drop. Are you, are I'm going to drop. You drop the after the trip. game, after the play, every play, you talking trash? I'm just reminding them of what just happened on the play before, and don't want that to happen again, do we? Don't want that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm just. I'm a reminder guy. Positive. During TV, during TV timeouts, you're looking over from the huddle. You're talking to. The the, to your guy? Oh, we've rushed for 160 yards today. Oh, that's that's huh. fun. You guys ever give up 160? It's only three quarters in this. Uh oh, this is crazy. Holy hell! I didn't know you guys were able to give up that many yards. That's a 
Good work on you, 200. Guys. Holy hell. Hey, Pat, can they roll Can they roll your, your kickoff tackle that you made real quick, just to remind people Which how one? physical you are? Hey, 24 tackles, please. I mean, I no, the one more than some linebackers. The one where you killed again. There's a lot of those, Herbie. There's only one that was on Sunday Night Football, though. You know, well, that one. Let's that was, roll that one. That was a big one. Yeah, that was against Trinity yeah. Holiday. He's the smallest guy in the NFL. No, you keep that stat. Out. Also fastest. Yeah, I was going to say. The crack superstar. Yeah. I was an Olympian. At the yeah. time. What do you want from me? Last time full speed. Of, yeah. I, Cribs is my favorite tackle because he was huge. Josh Cribs. Massive. And he's I, a big dude. And good. he's a good guy, too. Ended up being a teammate of mine. Really good guy. Before the game, I just, like, peppered him with compliments about how awesome he is and, like, how awesome it is to be on the same field as him. And it, oh, yeah, for I can hear that. And, That's how you do it. And then yeah. I told him, like, hey, if we get in the open oh, field, like, don't run me over. You know what I mean? Like, run oh, around Look me out. just Look be out. a good guy. Look out. Look out. That's a lot of speed. Boom. Yeah, Bang. Yeah, there's a lot of speed on the other side there, too. You know what I mean? Uh-oh. Then you got All up right. fast, too. Well, I had to because I was probably concussed. <laughs> game ball. <laughs> game ball for that hit, Herbie. Game Thank ball. You. Thank you. Got to give Slam a game ball. Down. Down. Hey, place went crazy. That, that stadium right. want bananas. Your coach went crazy. I appreciate you. And all the guys, defense was coming on. Anytime I made a tackle, obviously defense was super pumped. But anytime I'm making a tackle, a horrible field position. Yeah, yeah. good luck. So like, <laughs> Go get him. So, like, as I'm jogging off the field, I think, like, Pat Anger came up to me and, like, hit me on the head. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to tackle. I'm like, they're at, like, the 50 right now. Like, this is uh, one first down. We're in field goal range. Yeah, I mean, you got to do don't it. hit me in the head after I make a tackle. That's the other thing. A lot of that for me. People hey. just come over and just start batting me on the back of that defensive lineman. Hey, Matt, that'll bang. <laughs> well, all right. Oh, this thing, it's a whole scene. All right, Herbie. You got to do tonight, pal. Do, and then you got to do tomorrow night. And you got to do Saturday morning. You got to change the world on Saturday morning. Yep, that's right. And on Sunday, four hours. Yeah. Selection yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Yes. Here, here, ben. Give us Ben. Ben. Oh, yes, Ben. Ben, take a dump in there. Hey, oh. Big Ben. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey, you've been crushing this season, Ben. You've been crushing it, pal. Star, Love you, Ben. Star of football this year, Ben. Look at that tail wag. Yeah. Hey, good boy. That's a good boy. But you need to get the uh, balcony with Ben because he likes to smoke weed, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where, that's, he's the, that's where he hangs out. Out here. Yeah, that's where he smokes. Look at this scene, though, huh? I love that Ben place, Jake. Amazon takes care of you. Wow. What's the address yeah. of this place? Oh, that's the uh, hell, I don't know. I don't even know where I am. That's the Four Seasons down in uh, Dallas. I know that place. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's I, the one. Bezos yeah. there? I do know that place. It's incredible. Is that a lazy oh, river? Oh, you got a lazy river, yeah. yeah what is that place river. called? I think, it's, I think it's Four Seasons oh, wow. in Dallas. Look at the green lazy house. river. Get in there, sir. Get in that lazy river. Go float. Go let the boys float a little bit. What's the golf course Put... right there, Kirk? Isn't there a golf course I'm right there? I'm going to soak in. A smoke? You soak. Soak. A soak. You soak. Your balls. Are you a soaker? Yeah, go soak. No. You don't soak? I, I don't think I could do that. What, in the lazy river? Yeah. They'll give you a little tube. Yeah, yeah. soak yep. it up. Because I can't float. I'm a human that cannot float. So that's, I can't either. Can't, I, yeah. No, I can I can float in the ocean. I, I had no shot in a pool. I just, my legs. You couldn't even float in a mega ocean. Down. Yeah, that they took me pool. to the Dead Sea, the floatatarium, <laughs> yeah. this yeah. thing in Chicago. It's a. You're, de- you're dense. You're dense. Yeah, I am. People say that about yeah. me all the time. They have no idea. I went right to the fucking bottom of this pool that was supposed to be the float. Floatarium is what they call it. Yeah. Same amount of salt compo- uh, makeup in here as the Dead yeah, Sea. I've been in one of those. You, you sunk in that? Right to the bottom. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Right in front of the front desk, too, where they were bragging about it. Mm-hmm. Giving a tour. And I started splashing because I'm drowning in there. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be quiet. Just like, you're supposed to just kind of like 
go to sleep in there. You just sank. Yeah, I died. I would have died if I did that. So I'm happy that didn't happen. I, mean, I think we're all are at this stage, except for some of the people who watch the show. All right, Herbie, good luck tonight, pal. Hey, one last question. Yeah, absolutely. Kenneth Walker the third's out. Yeah. Do you have any? You talked about Seattle. That really, only one of the only chances they have is if they can possess the ball, keep the ball, which they're 31st in the league, Herbie, in yep. time of possession. And without him, Charbonnet and I think Dallas. D yeah. Dal- is it D Dallas? DJ. Yeah, DJ, D- Dallas, DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas. Yep. Thank you. Um, how are they going to? Can they run the ball against Hank? I know they're a little bit undersized and a fast defense and all that, but yeah, I I, I would say this, Coach. I first of all, I don't know if the whole league has seen much of Charbonnet the way they will tonight. Uh, people right. that aren't familiar with him, I think you'll now if he has if he can get any kind of room. They got to get wide and then get foot in the ground, get north and south. Cause against that speed, as you know, you can't get, you can't stretch it. They got to find some vertical creases to be able to get him going. He's 215 pounds and has good balance. He will bounce off of people. Kenny McIntosh may get some reps. Well, the, the rookie out of Georgia, um, I, maybe even more than Dallas. He doesn't have a carry on the year. So I think that could help them. But I think Abe Lucas at right tackle is, is a big thing for them. They're playing the rookie Anthony Bradford at right guard. So I think those two together, they haven't played yet together this year mm. because uh, Lucas has been out since week one. So we'll see. I mean, I, 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 um, the only way when you look at Dallas, the only way you can move the ball is they are a bit undersized up front. They're incredibly athletic. You just got to stretch them and then get upfield north and south. This kid, Marquise Bell, you got to love him, the former safety who they 14. moved down to linebacker. He's 210 pounds playing Will Linebacker. So they'll they, they kill you with their speed, but you got to be able to run the ball with physicality. We'll see if they can do it. In the trenches yesterday, literally made an a emphasis of how there's a lot of undersized linebackers right oh. now because everybody wants to be able to run and keep up side to sideline. And then there's teams taking advantage of that now. There's teams yeah. just if, like. If you got the manpower up front, like a guy like you up front that can, that can sustain a block and work mm-hmm. up to that second level. We'll Thank see you. if they can. I? I mean, I get paid for my pass protection, but you're right. I will come off the ball if I have to, especially to set the tone for the boys. Speaking of setting, uh, setting the tone, Chuck Pagano is 8-2-1 and one against the spread on Thursday night football games this year. Wow. What are you going tonight? Coach, what are you doing tonight? Uh-huh. Hasn't made his pick yet, Herbie. Uh, whoa, oh, okay. whoa, 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 whoa. Ho! Ho! That's on me. I apologize. And maybe tonight, though, because you are in the greatest shape you've been in some, some time. If Seattle Seahawks can't get anything going, why don't you tell Pete, you know, why don't you let me live the glory days a little bit of quarterback? Why don't you let me get under center? Let old Captain Ford do his thing, and let's run a little option. What? I'm going to get tackled. I don't think so. Oh. See ya. And then act like you've been there before, right? I like that spat. Great spat, great shoulder pads. Shoulder pads, spat. Yeah, it's a different different time. Let him know. Time. Is that a gritty? Are you not are you not entertained? Huh. Are you not entertained? <laughs> what year was that? Uh, 91. 91. Look at you. Why is the guy grabbing your yeah, face yeah. mask like that? Hey, did you say get off my face mask? Mm-hmm. Did you see what I just did to a couple gophers? That was, that was big, big B, Bernard Edwards. I was like, come on, man, let go. Yeah. Joseph Scott Galloway was on that field, too. He's very fast. Yeah. Oh, four four like four one eight. Four one nine, something like that. He's great on that college football playoff ranking show. You guys always give the best coverage on that every Tuesday night, seven o'clock, just like you will for four hours on Sunday. So Hell pumped, yeah. Kirk Herbstreit. Four hours on Sunday. Can't wait.
What? Three hours. Two hours. What? What? Oh, One hour? hour? I'll, yeah, I'll be there. You and I are, they said you and I are going to be on the first hour. That's what I heard. I'm not a part of that roster. Thank God for yeah. everybody that's watching. You Ladies know. and gentlemen, we'll be watching this guy tonight. The voice of college football and Thursday night football on Prime, Kirk Herbstreit. Hey, See you in Atlanta. See you in Atlanta down there. See you in Atlanta. He's Dallas, Vegas, Atlanta. Damn. That's that a song? Three different wow. times. Atlanta. I was in Dallas, then Vegas, straight to Atlanta. Yeah, he uh, he's certainly a rambling man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Been everywhere, mm-hmm. and I think that Sunday show, if I'm not mistaken, is up there in Connecticut. Oh, oh he's going to Bristol. Enjoyable. And the only reason why I know that is because there's been a couple of people, him being one of them, sure. who have floated it by me, saying, "Hey, huh? Four hours selection Sunday." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not part of that. No, no. Oh. It's good for me not to be a part of that. I'm just going to watch like a fan. I'm just going to watch like a fan. Sure. Yeah. How about him weaseling Four out of hours? three hours? What was that about? I can't believe that. Was so was he doing it remote then from home? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. If he was to go up to Bristol, he'd be able to go talk to some people in, in charge and say, "What? Are we? we didn't want to do Bears-Vikings, but we want to do Chiefs-Patriots. The first ever flex in Monday Night Football history yeah. has been activated. Woo. The Eagles-Seahawks will take the place of Chiefs-Patriots. Uh, yes. On December 18th. That's the first time ever. They could have done it this past weekend. Uh-huh. The game that we saw four field goals winning for the Chicago Bears. Oh. And we heard a lot of people fall asleep in the middle of that game. Mm-hmm. And maybe go over to WWE Raw because CM Punk had returned. That's right. Or maybe visit uh, Squid Games, the reality challenge thing. Love yeah. that. Something because of how bad the game was. They could have done it then. Jaguars-Texans, a game that going into the season, whenever you're creating the schedule, could have never projected to be a big game. But now that we're in the season, to utilize the flex, oh, here's a big game, we could put this on Monday night, as opposed to the Bears, tough to watch. Vikings, in the middle of something, obviously. They choose to do it for Chiefs-Patriots. This is a game you've been calling for a flex for at least the last week or so. It comes to fruition. Do you think it's the right play? Uh, a thousand percent. I mean, absolutely. I, hopefully tonight goes well, because this will be back-to-back weekends with Seattle, or actually this will be three weeks in a row with Seattle, but I could not be more happy. New England shouldn't be in another primetime game until they have a quarterback in actually every single team that doesn't have a great quarterback who can't really score points. There should be some sort of, you know, pass for them that they can just say, hey, we shouldn't be playing on primetime. For instance, a week from today is Patriots Steelers on Thursday Night Football. They should just say, hey, look, guys, because you suck, you do not meet the 20 points per game threshold. You're not allowed to play in primetime. Yeah, it's just a new rule that could potentially be implemented, and I think Bezos will continue to try to implement that rule as the years go on. They're going to try to get into flexing as well. Congrats to Monday Night Football flexing. Also, congrats to these teams getting announced to be playing on Super Saturday, the Saturday showdown. The first Saturday NFL slate of games has been announced. Minnesota-Cincinnati. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel out here to Indianapolis, Indiana, in the Loud House, Lucas Oil Stadium. Good luck, Steelers, coming into that rompous atmosphere on Saturday at 4.30. And then Denver, Detroit wraps it up. We happen to be season ticket holders for the Indianapolis Colts, and this particular game had a TBD on it. Mm -hmm. So we knew that it was potentially in the running to be on Saturday. Very happy that it is. Also, whenever we get to NFL playing on Saturday, AJ, that means playoffs are right around the corner. Super Bowl is on the precipice. It's a beautiful time, AJ Hawk. Beautiful time. And those three games I think will be entertaining to watch. I think the last one, Denver, who are they playing again? Detroit. Detroit. 
Denver, Detroit. I'm excited for that. But hey, all these games, yeah, let's do it. Is and it really called the Loud House, or is that you made you made that? You know Crown that. That's Lucas Loud, house. Loud, house. Loud House. You know that. They call it. I thought it was a library. That's what it used to be called. Horsepower. Now that it has horsepower, it's Loud House. I do like the horsepower. It's Loud House with the horsepower. Loud from the away fans, too. And are we going to get another Jack Harlow concert Saturday showdown? No, 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 no. Jack Harlow is banned from Detroit. We can't let him back in. Banned from Detroit. Well, he had a horrible halftime performance, and the Lions played terrible. See you later, Jack Harlow. Yeah, but he said, this game is not over. Mm-hmm. This yeah. game is not over. Yeah, that really got the boys going, didn't it? He had that hood thing on, too. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, yeah, it was Great awesome. look. His brother looked sick, too. It's art. We don't understand art. We don't get it. I'm okay with anybody's art. Like that it. particular yeah. art's being yeah. watched by millions of people, so maybe you should think about that. Nobody but understood that. It's a tough Chuck, place for You don't get it, You're old not the man. demo, Chuck. Sorry, John Fogarty wasn't <laughs> yeah, playing, Chuck. Geez. This isn't <laughs> 1962 anymore. Yeah, Hall and Oates hate each other, so they, they couldn't do. play. Uh-huh. Okay, what, what sorry about that. Yeah. What was, was that? An igloo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was supposed to. Yeah, what's it supposed to? Be? As I drove by somebody's house this morning, like ice. It's a nice community. They have that out as their Christmas decoration. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Like I've seen a lot art. of that out. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. And what did he sing? I don't know one of his songs. He sang all of the bangers. You know what's popping? You know uh, that one. L A M O R O U S. I'm in the sky. That's actually Fergie, yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. That's, not, that's not Jack Harlow. That's not Jack Harlow. No. No, he's a G. But he sang it. Throw up he's the L. Yeah. It, right? Sex in the A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. M. Need more. Is- How much do you have to pay when you do that? When you sample it that much? So, I think, and I'm not in the music industry, I think you could just rip people's shit. Remember Darius yeah, Rucker, Rucker told us. Mm-hmm. Darius Rucker told us that because whenever we talk about wagon wheel, I was like, so how does that work, like, business-wise? Yeah. And he's like, you could just kind of rip anybody. What are they going to do? <laughs> and then it's up to them to come to you to collect? Is that is up to their people to make sure that, hey... They're sampling your stuff. You owe us this much money. Is that how it works? Hey, then we'll sue you in 10 years whenever you make a bunch of money off of this. That seems to be the music industry. I, I don't know if we know enough, but I know that Fergie was probably pumped. Oh, yeah. At Harley's, yeah. he was like, let me get that track. They performed oh, yeah, yeah. together at the, uh, what is it, the AMAs? One, one of these? Oh, I'm sure you love Dolly, though, huh? You love Dolly? Uh, that was Mike. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, see, Can you imagine? Of course. What an inspiration. You know yeah. how many... I mean, <laughs> Did you see How many Mary Kay's quote? <laughs> yeah, no, I did not see Mary Kay. Oh, Case. that was classic. What did Mary Kay say? It's something about um, nailed it. Going to see somebody about a, uh, a lift, you know, blah blah blah. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know. They're talking about Dolly. She's like, we're talking like, boobs. She's Dolly talking about Dolly's like, cans. What are you talking about? <laughs> she's never had a lift, Chuck. Those are natural. Yeah. How about her coming out there? What she? I'm not. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Dolly. She's been doing a lot of sports stuff, though, so oh, I yeah. like that. A lot of, yeah. She's a Tennessee, and then yep. obviously she yeah. was doing halftime in Dallas. Yep. Her coming out there in a cheerleader costume. Oh, yeah. Tony I, Romo was horned up. Yeah, was. yeah, Romo was all horned up. Yeah. Jesus, Jim, look at Dolly's cans. Look unbelievable. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jim, yeah. That, that was the <laughs> I one wish moment. he was kidding. She looked, she looked phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I, I did my not say that. <laughs> it, it, it did. basically did. He did. The, the, the video I know, allegedly, but the, the whole, uh, which we have to say, obviously, because we've gotten a lawsuit it. before in the past. I asked my wife, though. I assume she's a Dolly Parton fan. She said, I, I know of Dolly. I like Dolly. I'm not one of Dolly's, like, super-duper fans. Is that, what, is that always what Dolly, is that what Dolly just, that's what she does? I guess. I did not expect that That's at all. Dolly's game. 
She right on. She it. fucking crushed it. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. She, that and twerking everything. She might need a chair to sit down in every now and then. You know, that she didn't. Does she walk no, the whole thing? Seventy-seven years old. old. Who decides? That's a phenomenal. Who decides the set? I don't know. Like, was that the Detroit Lions? Right. Like Jack, you get. Four hundred and ninety-two dollars. No, that was Jack's. And decision. this is what you're able to put together. That's Jack's decision. And then Jerry's uh, like, "Hey, Dolly, whatever you want." Yeah. We'll I will say this: it was sponsored by Verizon, so I wondered if they were a big part in no. doing, like, picking the person. Uh, and no, the Verizon no. is awesome. Yeah, don't I agree. even Evan, think I, about I just saying, Detroit. Or I mean, I want a dumb Dallas. comment what by Foxy. Let's go ahead and mute his mic. Fuck? Okay. Good yeah, Verizon's Lord. a part of greatness. Verizon isn't going to say, yeah, let's roll out some bullshit. That ain't a Verizon thing. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Sheila Ford-Hamp probably said, like, hey, we have 450 bucks. We'll run down to Lowe's, get you the cheapest fucking inflatable we can find. What would you that expect up the and... outcome of the game to be after that shit? Well, that's what Foxy's saying. Yeah, that's what Foxy's saying. I mean, you pulled that off, and now you're Whoa. like, okay, same old Lions. No. They were getting their ass beat. Harlow that. said this game is not over. He did. Mm-hmm. All and I believe him. So I mean, is that fire it? me up. That is the thing. I listen to a call. I have a couple Harlow songs in a few few of my playlists. Mm-hmm. And Spotify told me you make a lot more playlists than a lot of people. Yeah, I do. I don't have faith in the AI creating, especially Spotify's. Yeah, yeah. That one is the worst. Worst DJ. So I got some Harlow songs in playlists, and they're good. You know, Nail Tech's pretty solid. Great song. Got a good little bop to it. Okay. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a couple others yeah, that obviously fair. are out there. Of course. I don't think I've ever watched a performance from them except for on game day and at halftime at Detroit. Both really good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that, is that what he's always like? <laughs> Over two. Is that what he's always like? I don't know. I'm just glad he's he just too cool to like, I, like humans are watching me? I it was just tough so. that Dolly followed him up. Like, there was no one, there was, was not a lot of winning. Well, well, and then Aoki. Yeah. yeah. Aoki's a showman. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just don't think, I think Jack is an artist, not a showman. I think that's what I'm, I've only seen him perform twice, both times. It's like, it's hard to be both. This guy doesn't want to be on TV, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that is kind of the, the whole thought of it. Is that what you feel too, AJ? I don't know what I feel about Jack. Sorry, I got a uh, vacuum going a little bit. I had some ashes on the on the desk. I had to clean up. <laughs> Thought that was Robo you know, reacting to Dolly. <laughs> I also I got distracted because someone put something of Tony in the group chat. I didn't get to watch it. I was excited to hear what Tony said during the game about Dolly. So. Sweet. Yeah, I didn't hear anything what they said, but obviously some Tony Romo's in it. He has his fastball again. He does. Yeah, it's awesome. He's all yeah. the way back, especially whenever that bland touchdown happens. Oh. And during the call, while the play's still happening, Tony's like, Jim, you fucking crushed that. That was, got chills. That was phenomenal. Here's a man playing football tonight as we dive into what Chuck Pagano's pick. Breaking an NFL record with a fifth pick six in one season. And Jim Nance calling this thing to perfection. Second and ten. There it is. This is history. If Brad can take it the distance, this will be the record. For the fifth time, has a pick six. It's never happened in the history of the NFL. And what a call by you. You got me with goosebumps. Yes, that was unbelievable. History was never- I love him. Uh, so yeah, good. the best. So no no other. Listen to it again. No other commentator is saying that no. in that moment. No. You know, maybe adding something. Mm-mm. They tried him through and out. Mm-mm. No nope. way. Nope. Hey, just okay. respect where yeah. respect is due here. <laughs> You're really fucking good at this game. That was awesome. <laughs> All right, let's get to the night. You think Bland gets another pick six? You think Dallas wins this nine-and-a-half point spread on a Thursday night football game? Seems like a lot of points. Chuck Pagano, you're 8-2-1 and one making these picks. Let's go to the bank. 
Let's go to the Paisan. Yeah. Your thoughts. Look at him on fire coming out. Oh. Hell yeah. On fire on these Thursday night games. Who do you like? How do you Ray like Lewis. it? Yeah, oh yeah. I saw you. By the way, you've gr- you gritty well. Yeah. Yeah. You Ray Lewis. What's that thing called? There's some squirrel I think is in the name. What's the name of the Ray Lewis thing? Killed a squirrel or no, I don't I'm not sure. It it's called something. Yeah, easy to. I just thought it was the Ray Lewis. It's called thing. I'm gonna dance and then rip your face off. Did you hear Tom Brady? He was like, Yeah, football isn't the same anymore. When Ray Lewis was on the field, mm-hmm. he was going to try to murder a human being in the middle of the football field whenever if I threw it that way. Yeah. So I just couldn't I couldn't throw that Do anymore. It. <laughs> Ray Lewis was the one person he thought of. He's played for 20-some years. Go ahead. Just called Squirrel Dance. You were right. Okay, thank oh, you. Baby. Nice. Thank you. Squirrel Dance is what it's called. You crush the Squirrel Dance Grab out there. that grass. Oh, fire, the flames that shoot up there. I got a chance to be there for the last time it happened. It was electrifying, as is you pick down to nine now. Down to nine is the spread. Chuck Pagano, please tell us who you're picking and how we need to go. Yeah, I just, I think without Kenneth Walker, you know, the third, Herbie just kind of flipped me a little bit. I know Conman liked to hear about Charbonnet and and, uh, this rookie guy. I can't even remember the back, the rookie's name, Dallas, whatever. Um, No, Charbonnet's a rookie. You got it. No, the other one he mentioned that uh, hadn't even Georgia. taken a, a rep. Oh, guy, can't, I don't know. I can't Kenny remember. McIntosh. But anyway, um, McIntosh is I there. believe. Yeah, he, he He's was a hell of a player last year. Dallas he, five. Ball in the back. Dallas five and zero oh at home, scoring forty plus points a game at home. I gave you the numbers earlier. People still listening. It, you know, gave you the numbers earlier about the <laughs> teams at fucking Seattle. Win against? Yeah. You want me to just? I'm you should say the, the numbers. I'm giving you. You should the say numbers. the numbers again. I'm saying that was three hours. Three hours and fifteen minutes ago. You know what I mean? Like, don't, okay, don't be scared Josh. to get repetitive here. You know what I mean? Oh fuck! Three hours and ten minutes. Ago. That was awesome. You can dive into them again. That was sick. You can, you can still you can still give those. I think they're still good because they're great numbers. Okay. So against Detroit, Baltimore, and San Fran, I'm talking okay. about Seattle. Three really good teams. One, they beat. Two, they didn't. They averaged on offense scoring 17 points, and on defense they gave up an average of 33 points. Oh. And on defense gave up an average of 430 yards. Yikes. Jeez. And, we th- and I think we think Detroit, San Fran, and Baltimore are good clubs. Obviously, San Fran just boat raced these guys in Seattle's backyard. I know their backs are up against the wall. They're 6-5. and five. Uh, they got to keep pace in the NFC. I know they they hold a wild card spot right now. All that all that stuff, but this Dallas team is on on such a roll. Dak Prescott is playing a, as good as he's ever played. Eighteen freaking touchdowns and two interceptions since week six. Woo! I mean, Cooks, C.D. Lamb, what? Gallup, what? Ferguson down what? the middle of the field, Tony Pollard, what? and then you look to the defense. Number eleven. Has 11 and a half sacks. Pretty good. Pretty good. Probably going to get a couple more tonight. Ooh. If Geno holds that ball and if they can't run the ball, it, it, it's like anything else. When these, these guys love playing from a lead. And if Seattle doesn't win the coin toss or if they do win the – and they, I, I don't see them you know, uh, deferring, giving the ball to Dallas. Because if Dallas goes right down the field, which I anticipate them doing, touchdown, kick off, uh-oh. Three and out or a turnover. That place is going Dur- bananas. Bland, yeah. bland with another Whoa. interception oh. that could be run back for number six. Oh. And, then and then all of a sudden, then it's 14 nothing halfway through the first quarter. Ball game. Then it's, a, then it's 
it's not going to be good. So I just think there's there's too much there, too good a team right now, uh, too much at stake. They learned their lesson early in the year uh, at Arizona. They thought they could just you know run out to the desert, roll the ball out, and everything's going to be fine. And and they got their ass they got their asses beat pretty good there. So I don't think that's going to happen again. They're not going to look forward. Big Mike is rolling right now. He's feeling really good. He's cooking in the and, place. And yeah. rightfully so. Shotty's, you know, Shotty's there working with him. Brian shot in armor. You know Brian when he's with us here in Indy. And Revenge game. Th- those shots down the field, that's, you know, his time in Diego and Norv Turner. I mean, nobody loved to throw the ball down the field more than Norv. So you can, you can see a little bit of that. And, and, and don't get me wrong, Seattle's got some dogs on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got players at all three levels. Bobby Wagner's still running around. Mafee, they haven't really had a chance. You know, we talked earlier, haven't really got to the quarterback a lot lately, but they got guys, especially in the back end. Spoon, Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Wool- I said Woolen, keep it close. Woolen, for a minute. Oh, okay. okay. Unless, unless what happens, what I said, if they, if they get off to a fast start, then who knows. But I think they keep it close for a while, and then Dallas eventually wears them down and pulls away, gets a couple turnovers. You like Cowboys minus nine? They're plus seven. Turnover Marvin. Yeah. Yeah. They're plus seven. Seattle's plus two, which ain't bad. So they, they don't, you know, they don't give it away much. They don't take it away much. So you like Cowboys minus nine? I like Cowboys minus nine. Okay. Right. Here we go, Chuck. Cowboys have twenty four explosive plays over the last four games. That's a lot. Ton. Didn't have a bunch early. McCarthy's in his bag. Dak Prescott said those plays are coming early and coming quick. He's already one play ahead whenever he's calling stuff. And when he starts cooking, you know, look at. Mm -hmm. He said revenge game for Shawnee. Remember, he was up there with Russ in Seattle. Yep. Same exact time. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to let him cook, huh? We don't want to. We don't want him to cook. We'd like him to run ball a little bit more. How about that? How about that? Is that going to be good? AJ, you heard what Chuck said. He's only 8-2-1. So he's got to figure it out, seemingly. Are you going to follow the trend? Are you going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, or are you going Seahawks plus nine? Well, I, coming into this, I, I pretty much made the decision that I was going to follow Chuck wherever he went. But I'm not exactly sure now after we're laying it all out. You oh. never know, man. Seattle might, might put up a little bit of a fight. But then I'm starting to think of Jerry Jones up in the box with his kids and different people. Like Jerry might kill everybody in his box if they take a step backwards and don't continue this dominance that they've had over the last couple weeks, and Dak continues to play well. So I think Jerry will find a way to will them to uh, to a victory. Yeah, give me Cowboys, minus nine all day long. I would do the same exact thing, nice. just because this doesn't – I mean, if we really wanted to be shops, shops. Sure. Mm-hmm. We can say, well, the public money's on the Cowboys. Yeah. Nine points is a lot of points. Yeah. Pete Carroll coming off a loss, even though they've had a couple here in a row, you would assume that he would have the boys be able to play. And in these primetime games, the team's offenses that you think are to show up don't show up. So it's like if the Cowboys' offense doesn't show up, are they able to just boat race this Seattle Seahawks team? I don't think so, I guess. But Dak Prescott playing his best football for the story. Yeah. I would like him to be able to continue to do his thing. Not that I don't like Geno. Love Geno. West Virginia guy. Come on, Geno. Not that I don't like Pete Carroll. Love Pete Carroll. Not that I don't love Seattle. We just sang the praises of Seattle. Great city. Just about Absolutely. half hour ago. Yeah. Favorites. Love the place. Love the Seahawks. Love their fans. Passionate fan base. Yeah. Passionate group. 12th man. Oh. Come on. DK. Wow. Yeah. Dog. We're going to see him on TV tonight. He's going to have this one. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's going to be doing really cool stuff. Just eats candy. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. Lockett. So good. Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. I like that name. Yeah. McIntosh was awesome. Yeah. At Georgia. We got to see him up close in purse. He had a Noel huge Farrell. return. They got last players. Jackson Smith and Jay. Very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. 
Ooh, did I just talk myself into Not this? enough. Did you? Mm. Ooh. Did I just talk myself into Seattle plus nine? They could nine? win. Seattle could win. Whoa. All right, give me the Seahawks plus nine. Wow, I love it. Oh. I love it. Hell yeah. Give me the Seahawks nice. plus nine. Just a couple more stats here. Cowboys, number one in scoring offense, number two in offensive efficiency, which accounts for who you play. Dak's the number one quarterback in the league mm-hmm. versus man when blitzed versus four-man rush out of the pocket and on third down. Okay. Uh, so give me that other team. Okay, okay. Dallas. Can Sounds I, good. Can I add to that real yeah, quick? Absolutely. Okay, Dallas. Second page of notes. Remember, you talk, did you talk about third down offense number two? No, no just that. Okay, so Dallas, third down offense number two. Somebody mentioned this earlier. Seattle's third down defense uh, is 27th. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're 25th in red zone defense, all right? Yeah. Dallas' time of possession is seventh. Seattle's 31st. Nice. Dallas' yeah. defense, all right? All right. Third in total defense, second versus pass, second in interceptions. This year, second in sacks, second on third. I've already mentioned third that. Down, yeah. Okay, Seattle, well, third down defense. Don't be saying the same stats. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be doing From it. From 12-10. You remember. Yeah. You son of a All place. right, give me the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm back on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I don't love it, though. Nine points is a lot for these Thursday. We don't know. This, this, this whole season's been ridiculous. We don't know. Yeah, that's why I'm not just I'm just not going to give this one up to you. Yeah. You know, in our against the spread picks. Like, this one just feels impossible. Maybe I should take Seattle. Maybe. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Huh? Nah, I don't want to. Nah. I don't want to. I'm, I'm a fan of what the Cowboys are doing. I love, I love when Big Mike is rolling. I really do. Better for the league. You played for him. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm so happy to see it. You know, because he's he's a ball coach through and through, right? Yeah. Pittsburgh. He, he's a yeah. He's a younger. He's a tough guy. Like he's legit. Wants to play old yeah. school football. Yeah, like Big Mike. He he values what what old school coaches value. And all he the shit that's, all the shit that's been said about him over the last couple seasons. And well, Kyle Moore was Rob Scoreboard. I've been there. I just want to win football games. Exactly. That's right. And then they didn't start that great. Now where they're at. You don't hear a lot of people saying Mike McCarthy's out of Dallas soon. No. Right. Well, Scotty Pulzine's coaching the quarterback oh. over there. Did you know that? Scotty T. Scotty oh, T. Scotty. Beast. What a legend. He did a great two-minute drill. Great two-minute drill for the Indianapolis Colts one time. He's a good locker room guy, too, Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. Threw the ball, interestingly. He was right next to me. Okay. His locker was right next to mine. He, he, lot of, lot of uh, revolutions on the football. I uh, love yeah. that. A lot of revolutions yeah. on Spinning. the football whenever he threw it. Sometimes gets sweaty and just fall out of his hand. Do you remember to a during training camp. I love that. Yeah, I love him like a son. Yeah, sure is. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Bet you do. A couple times he went like this, and the ball went. Bad. <laughs> All right, let's get. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, brother. I love you. Uh, let's get the hell out of here, yeah, brother. Let's watch this game tonight. Let's enjoy it. Let's get back here tomorrow. I'll be in uh, Atlanta. AJ will be right here. Should be a phenomenal feel-good Friday. I think we got the SEC Commissioner Sankey joining me, oh, Diner. Wow. I think there's a couple other guests scheduled as well. Should be oh. a big one tomorrow. And obviously, we'll be overreacting completely to what happened this evening. Just like any Dallas Cowboys game is overreacted to, yep. this one on primetime will certainly call for the same. Shout out to Shams Sharani joining us today. Hey, Shout out to Kirk Herbstreit for joining us today. Herbie. Good job, Herbie. Coach Saban joining us today. Thank you, Coach. Dan Orlovsky joining us today. And obviously the people's coach, our coach, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. What a day. Hey, baby, Coach. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Oh, Chuck, you want to give away some money, maybe? Yeah. Football? Got to do that. Enough with the putts. Yeah, spin the rock. He's been throwing the football around. We saw him earlier. Is football season or not? We did see him throw. See it, Chuck. Are you a football coach or not? Bang that thing. Time to play the game. The game. Um, Chuck, which hoop are you going to throw towards? 
This one right here, okay. Are you sure? Like are you it. sure? Like it. Uh, like it. Okay. Hell yeah. very Where are those jeans? Where are those jeans from? Those are sweet. They are very nice. Very chic. It's like the reverse baby gap. It's old gap. I'm a Fiji. This is number one. <laughs> a, they're AGs. AGs are good. Ooh, this is number one. AG. AG. Probably stretchy, I bet. Oh, well, yeah. It's like the page jeans, the AG jeans. <laughs> yeah. Stretchy. Yeah. That's two. Stretchy. <laughs> He's going to hop on a Peloton immediately after this and ride his ass all the way back to Boise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't do Peloton Boy. anymore. Really? Dana yeah. White shut them down. I know Dana doesn't do do- yeah, Peloton. You're out on Peloton? You stopped doing Peloton. Stop. Oh. Still on, yeah. All right. Okay. Sure. See what side you fall on. What happened with that whole thing? I don't know. I just saw that. I saw Theo Vaughn was Dana? Just Yeah, he's not a fan of the guy who runs Peloton. Some of the things he said. Yeah. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things that run stuff. Like, for instance, one person who runs one particular company just said, go fuck yourself to an, to another guy that runs another company. Yeah, wow. That. that was right in that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Those are powerful guys, too. Very, yeah. And we'd like to say, let's keep this thing afloat. Yeah. Okay, let's exactly. keep, let's make sure we keep X the alive. The world. Oh. Please. We need it. Need it. Right, Chuck? All right, Chuck. Why is everything blacked out on X now? Huh? What do you mean? You got to you change this, you, too much porn. You got to change the setting. What are you bopping? And you guys what are you doing? <laughs> what are you looking at porn for on her? I guess there is a lot of porn. <laughs> on There's a lot of porn on X right now, yeah. I, I, the only reason why I knew that is because under one of our tweets two days ago, mm-hmm. I went down there and some guy just flopped his dick out as a response. <laughs> is that <What>? right? <laughs> Are you serious? You got a dick flop under the tweet? I was like, what is, why is this the penis? I don't know. sent that into the group. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. that was, There's I, was, I was very surprised. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? AI has changed the suckbot game. Big time. Oh, that was an AI dick I saw? Possibly. Because I'm seeing a lot of naked AIs all over the place that aren't even real people. That was bananas. That was... <laughs> all right. Chuck Pagano now. Kind of like it, but really, it was a banana. I mean, it flopped out of there. I mean, it was, it was, I was just scrolling. It was well, afternoon. Yeah. It was you can't 40. be on X in public anymore if you're looking at your comments. See, mine isn't like, yeah, exactly. My it's con- a nightmare. Mine isn't like that. Normal. It's never been like that. That was the first time where that happened. I'm like, yo, this is X. And then I bring it up in the, in the, the think tank over there. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what you that guys was, are all that like. Was, that was D-Butt's fault because he said penis yesterday. Your guys' algorithms are certainly something. I've yeah. never got that a dong right. flop. Usually it's just You're photos of right people stuff. like, hey, check it out. Tons coming out of his sickness. Who Did knows the guy say, doing? like, this is what I think of that take? No. It was just like that a penis sweet. Yeah. Out. I think he just wanted people to know the potential like sports takes that he's got that. Oh. Like, that's he what got that thing did, on Did him? your sports take make his penis flop out? I don't know. I, I didn't see Because that. that's a good take then. I didn't read the caption. It was hard. Was it an orangutan response oh, maybe? These orangutans got me fired up. They ain't going to eat this. They ain't going to make me eat this. Try shoving this down my throat. Chuck, what are you doing? Flopping your... Chuck. Chuck's flopping his meat all over. That's what it was. I didn't know that's what it was, though. I didn't know that happened on it. I I was very startled. Was it a gift? Was it a gift? It is. No, it it was video. Home video. All right, oh, wow. let's move along. Just, hey, figure it out over there at X. Please. Yeah, put your shorts down. Please. It's the best platform on earth. We need it. It's the greatest. It's been through so many different changes and regimes. Can't die. No. All the Can't good die. All the good shit you see on IG and Facebook, guess what? We saw that two weeks ago on Twitter. Yep. Boom. X. Excuse me. Sorry. You know, artist formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. That can't die, that platform. No, it won't. It can't. The penises will keep it alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those dogs. That's what I'm saying. Floppers. We need those to do the gone. That was no, what I'm saying. No, the penises make the world go round. That is not true. Mm. You're right. You're right. That was very feminist of me. 
No. Both. No, that, that's, not the, that's not the word. Opposite. It was sexist. Sexist. Well, sexist sounds bad. Feminist sounds like I'm a good guy. Tony, no, you are Tony, digging, digging yourself, yourself a deeper hole, brother. <laughs> yeah. He's back. We're all on the we're all on the right side of this. Less dongs on X. Yes. Bingo. Please e- clean it up. More no, love. It should be equal. We're equal. No, clean up True. all the everything on there. Just let it go back to being the thing that it was. Yeah, please. Well, we can't censor everything, you know. Equal rights all for right. all. Start, start your own dong Twitter. Just <laughs> create that donger. They've, yeah. they've done that. Boom. That's a good name. Donger? Can't you mute all dong shots? Is there a section I can mute all dongs? No, it's not like spam. I've only seen one. I'm saying I'm, uh, now that we've I'm talked saying, yeah, about I it, haven't... my phone's open. I mean, it's certainly yeah. yep. mm-hmm. that's bad. Oh, yeah. it's open. Yeah, too. they got it. And congrats yeah. to that guy. I, I understand why he's doing it, but, but what I'm saying is he shouldn't be allowed to do that with his yeah, dong I on agree. my Twitter. I agree. At least he's still posting on there. A lot of people not posting on there. Not a lot of people. Just yeah. a few people that was yeah that have a large. It doesn't sound like that's going to change either. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> It's an aggressive take. It was. Said it that twi- crowd, no pop out of the crowd. Yeah, I said it twice. No. Got the pop the second time. Did you not hear what I said? That's what I said. Go. He looked like an alien. Scene. Yeah. It, he was like triple the size of the guy that was interviewing him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is Elon Musk 6'11"? Yeah. He's been training for MMA. Yeah. He's a fucking house right now. Well, just work on spaceships and shit. Just, mm-hmm. That's it. You know what I mean? Fix the dog uh, cone thing, too. Yeah. We need dog cones better. Uh-huh. I'm sick of my dog having to walk in. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Figure that one out. More flamethrower stuff. That's fun. Yeah. Tunnels. Tunnels. Puddles? Not the, the tunnels th- in Vegas. Oh. Not the one under and AJ. In Chicago. And in Chicago. I saw a loop idea this week for a high-speed train. I saw that. That thing. Was... Where at? So it goes uh, Detroit, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philly, New York, Montreal. What's Toronto. it, just Rust Belt? It's a rush. It was like a northeast like, court. Boston, yeah. Boston was part of it. It was sweet. Yeah, that'll happen. If, if Montreal is part idea. of it, it ain't Rust Belt. Cybertruck's happening, right? Everybody's saying it's really good. Yeah, oh, you yeah. got to sand it. Huh? Yeah, they're saying you have to sand it because it's stainless and it's going to get weathered outside. You're going to have to uh, sand it down yourself to keep the paint nice and shiny. Well, and they say it's like properly sized, too. It's not, it doesn't look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's there not was a also a video of a guy trying to take it up like a half an inch incline. The back wheels are just spinning. It, it is, it's not getting great reviews so far. Let's worry about Cybertruck. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. Enough with ruining X. Yeah. Let's just keep X going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Need X. You know what else we need? Hmm. What's up? We need 20 people in Favre. Yeah. You go now, Chuck. Come on, Chuck. You go now, Chuck. Chuck, these people are on X. These people are actively watching X become what it is become, and mm-hmm. you can change 20 people's lives in this holiday season. Come on. All you got to do is put that football into that hoop over there with that Pebble Beach three-quarter zip and those AG shoes and the on-clouds making you look fantastic. If you can drain this ball, 20 people, $500, going into the holiday. Oh. Ooh, it ter- turned over. Good throw. It turned over at the end. Throw, Good line. Good line. Viral here might help you. Ladies and gentlemen, 20 people, $500 are... Uh, uh, the people's coach, Chuck Pagano. All he's got to do is make one shot for the... Didn't. Actually, didn't. Too strong. Didn't, yeah. Well, All right. This one's it, Chuck. You got this one. Drop that hammer. Chuck, before you uh, before you throw this next ball, what you just said there is accurate. You know what I mean? Uh, I couldn't hear him. You say you look like AQ? Let's not do that. Yeah. We no. can't have back-to-back days of being Let's a sports... Throw. The throwing. I watched the throwing. Yeah, go to the mic. I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. That's cool. 
Have some fun. Get your laughs off me, AJ. All right. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? What are you talking Exploiting about? Exploiting this Come old on. man. It's all good. You can, Come you know, on. You yelled at me. Get the fuck of, get your ass into the restroom, uh, old man. Uh, right. how, many times, Chuck, how, how many times did we get our laughs? Oh, seven times. Okay. Seven times we got okay. Chuck Brown. It's all right. You're a good, that's a professional move. Go into the microphone because yeah. when you speak, we can't hear you without it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you doing that as an adult. AQ struggled yesterday. He made our whole show look bad. Yeah. yeah. Or a sports program. And we, Look like we have never played a sport in our life. Today, though, the segment was awesome. Today, that though, always you, awesome. You can change everything. Come on, come on. You bury Bring this. It. All Bring of a sudden, it. our show has legitimacy. Yeah. And twenty-five people win five hundred dollars. One throw of a football. Oh, Ooh. that was good. That's the one, though. Just a little more to the left. You're in there. Come on, Chuck. You're in there. Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano buries this ball. That was oh. never had a chance. There's <laughs> Alabama football reserve. Coach Saban was on there. Maybe that's a little. Oh, that's yeah, national yeah, championship. Okay. That's oh, wow. Oh, he's going. Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano makes a sh- oh. oh. Ladies and gentlemen, the man you're looking at here in the three quarter zip in the great jeans is a uh, people's coach, Chuck Pagano. He makes this. Sh- oh. oh. Right in there. I see it, Chuck. 20 people, $500. All you got to do is repost this post, say something nice to somebody, get in the same reply, but the easiest way to pay you so that 25 people could win $500 going into the holiday because Chuck Logano could sling picks. Great work today, Chuck. Great work today, boys. AJ, I appreciate you. We'll see you all tomorrow. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. Goodbye.